warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 344. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hi, I'm Trace Balloon. And I'm Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the Mads are back, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Mmm, I love leftovers, especially pop culture ones. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that... I sounded very professional there. <laughs> I agree. The only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake, and, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, that was that was our submission here for the uh, the podcast awards. Jake, very, sounding very Whoa. professional this week. Yeah, we sounded really relaxed that intro, right? Yeah, how, how, should we should should we sound sound like high strung? <laughs> no, no, I think it was good. Yeah, I don't know, a little too relaxed. You know what I mean? And you lure them in with that kind of shit, and then you scare them later. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's, that was weird. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the way I started that one off. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't your worst. Yeah. Oh, I'm Middle glad you're, you, 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 you want to talk about bad intros, Jake. You look in the mirror. <laughs> look in the mirror, buddy. Oh, my top five are amazing. I'd love to hear them all back to back. Top five, more like, uh, yeah, top 10. We can go even more. We can go deeper. Top 20. <laughs> Give me a fucking top 20. <laughs> Yeah, I've had some good ones. My favorite was when I forgot my line. Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, anyway, we did, we made it to the, uh, the slate nominee list for the, uh, podcast awards for TV and film. That's awesome. When do we get the results for that? Ah, fuck if I know. I don't know. That, that, all I wanted to do was just make the slate, slate nominee list. We're not going to win, you know? So it's not like, it's not like, I just wanted to make the list. We made the list. Yeah, that's awesome. Our name's out there. Our name's out there. Yeah, exactly. With the big podcast. Exactly. I just, you know, I was like, I did it. I entered the thing and I just really wanted to like, uh, our listeners to feel like they were involved in something. Even though we're not going to win, I wanted our listeners to feel like they had a, they had a part in this. And they did because we got nominated. We're on the, we're on the nominee list. Our name's there with like probably all the other people that entered. You know, they probably picked everyone. It's not like, they- it's not like there was probably no one eliminated. 
there's like 87 podcasts nominated. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many people entered this thing. We're not alone this week, Jake. Thank God. Oh my God. Oh, yes. oh my God. The banter between me and you this week. What the fuck? <laughs> what the- <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that I, may be bottom 10. I just feel like, yeah, I feel like a married couple that has nothing to talk about anymore <laughs> with you. You know what I mean? I just feel seriously. I feel that some weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, first of all, like, and even we don't, like, we haven't even talked about sex in years, in years. It's, it's, it, it, <laughs> not tonight, right? <laughs> oh, d- don't worry. I'm not bringing it up. <laughs> Nothing's coming up on my end, buddy. <laughs> Flaccid as fuck, dude. Oh, thank God, thank God. Yeah, no shit. You can read your fucking. You can, yeah, what, yeah. What are you, what are you doing in this relationship? You playing crossword puzzles? You doing some Sudoku on the couch? <laughs> that, that sounds like me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking at fucking. I'm looking at fucking porn because I'm not. I'm not getting it in the relationship. So I'm looking at some fucked up shit on the internet, man. Like my yeah, dude, I checked your browser history just a few nights ago, and I was my eyes went wide. I clear that shit every night, dude. No, I know tricks. Oh, uh, do you? Oh, yeah, but you don't do them in the bedroom. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, now now you're embarrassing me. Oh, well, you know, we need to talk about this. You know what I mean? This is, this is why things aren't happening. This is why. Oh, this this is why things aren't happening. Maybe if you fucking get off the couch and stop playing Sudoku all fucking night, huh? Instead of instead of playing Sudoku, why don't you read the Kama Sutra, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Welcome, Neil. Welcome, Neil. Hi. Let's make this let's make this a menage a trois. All right. In order to do that, I got to bring in our other guest because Jake's not going to be involved. So we'll bring in we'll bring in Steve Mizell from the uh, Seen It Movie Reviews podcast. Welcome, Steve. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm sure you're just thrilled to fucking be here. <laughs> yeah. How's how's everything how's everything going over there at Scenic Cast? It's good. It's good. Uh we're doing uh we got you know the regular movie. It's COVID put you is, is COVID, it, it, does you does COVID put out for you? Oh, uh, you know, you know, time, time again, you know, when, when it's time, you know, sometimes, you know, it's you know, he's 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 getting a little older in age now, so you know, it's just like sometimes just like, you know, it's like not not the best, but you know, we're, we, it's it's going. You know, not not like sound like you and Jake. You know, it's just like, oh, I, you know, I don't think we need to like we. I don't think we need any like spice things up to like you know try things something new. But you know, we're, we're doing good. He Jake is not down for anything new. Nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> I can't get his attention. I try to I try to dress all sexy. You know, I'm just strutting around, dressing all sexy. Nothing, nothing gets this guy's attention ever. This is weird. Yeah. This has gotten into some weird territory, dude. <laughs> I will, I will. If you want, I'll film the thing you got going with Neil and Steve here. <laughs> you are such a fucking cuck, dude. You are such a fucking cuck bitch. I will not, I will not take directional, uh, direction from you, sir. <laughs> no, no, you won't even know I'm there. <laughs> oh man, you fucking cuck bitch. You just want to see me get pounded by Neil. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I, you know how I, I, I went to Reddit and I found that fucking, you know, bread stapled the trees subreddit. Oh, I love that. I my, love that subreddit. My new favorite that I'm really getting into is, uh, <laughs> the subreddit 
<laughs> the subreddit mildly vagina. Oh yeah, give me some examples. It's, what? It's basically it's called mildly vagina, and it's basically things like objects or just you know things out in nature or just objects, whatever it may be, fruit, food, whatever, and it just turn looks like a vagina. So they call it this, and so people take pictures of stuff, and it just looks like vaginas. Like there's a guy standing next to this boulder, and it it looks like a fucking pussy. <laughs> I have to check out so the subreddit. It, it's almost like a can it pass the the scanner test? Like, is it a vagina? Is it not? Sort of thing. Like, will this get flagged? Oh, I know. Like, this is a whole subreddit where that's all people do is just post this. Like, somebody churned some butter here, and the butter, like, the way they churned it, it looks like a fucking vagina. I want to fuck this butter now. <laughs> they might as well call this butter, like, I can't believe it's not pussy, because it looks like a fucking vagina, this butter. This is insane. I'm looking at what else? This waste, there's a fucking waste basket that looks like a vagina. <laughs> So <laughs> should find the site, find the subreddit. Oh, it's amazing. My grape look, my grape looking kind of thick, and it's <laughs> it's a grape that kind of looks like a vagina. Oh my god! There are. Uh, oh, is this the hot ones? Yeah, these are the hot ones. These are the hot ones because you can click on hot, new, or the top ones. I want to see the top ones. I oh. just found the Reddit post. Same here. Yeah, there's are, a pair of sliced in half. What's that, Steve? They have, su- have subcategories, Steve. Okay, I was like, I'm curious. Like, do they have requirements? Like, you, it has to be this, or like, obviously, it has to be similar to a vagina. But like, I'm like, you know how, like, with the uh, when you were like the the bread and stapling it, like oh, they have yeah. certain rules. Well, this one is it's about the community, a subreddit for all things, which at least slightly resemble a vagina. And nice. it has 89.2 thousand members. And there's 57 online right now. So fairly, <laughs> fairly active. It was created back in January 16 <laughs> of 2014. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't see the group rules. I'll look into that later for you. I'm going to join it though. And I just, I, the old man in the boulder is amazing. It's like the most amazing thing I've seen on the internet all week. I know that, but doesn't it look like a fucking like a tilted vagina? Oh, oh undeniable. Yeah. I want to fuck that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just want pictures of me fucking everything in these. Photos. I will film that for you. There you go. Yeah. You, of course you would. Cause you ain't putting out. Oh man. Oh man. You guys ready to jump in? That was fun. Did you hear about, uh, did you, did you hear about Marty Janetti from the Rockers? Oh my gosh. Did what, I ever? What the fuck is going on with that, man? You're talking about him admitting to killing someone and possibly other people. Yeah. And saying where the body's buried on social media. Yeah. And well, he did an interview and he was talking about it in an interview. And at the end of the interview that I heard, he was like, yeah, I've been advised it's probably not wise for me to talk about this, but here he is talking about it. <laughs> he made somebody disappear when he was 13. He like talked about beating somebody in the head with a fucking brick. Yeah, and then burying the body and he he talks about it like he's done it multiple times too. Like this is just one instance where this exact type of thing happened kind of kind of speech. What the fuck? How does this go? Like, uh, like how does this happen? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's his Facebook post. 
I always thought Shawn Michaels was the crazy one and Marty Jannetty was the uh, level. rational yeah, one. Yeah, he was the level-headed rocker. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Little did I know. No, it's the quiet ones, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the it's the ones that seem level-headed and quiet that are the ones that are wielding a brick and killing people. <laughs> and then bragging about it. Oh, my God. Dude, is like, is something gonna happen with this? Like, is he, are they gonna investigate this? Is this gonna be like an R. Kelly thing where like years from now, people will want justice for like the dead people that Marty Jannetty killed? Uh, TMZ says it did, um, start a police investigation. What a fucking moron. Yeah. I'm on the New York Post right now and they're saying there's now a police probe in Georgia. This is a deleted post on Facebook basically saying they should have looked at the, Chattahoochee River or something and he goes into detail of how you can make someone disappear and he was 13 and that was the first time he did it oh my, hold on. working at Victory Lanes you said Chattahoochee River and I'm looking at <laughs> mild vaginas and it kind of looks like a vagina the Chattahoochee River like, <laughs> but go ahead I'm sorry no 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 <laughs> yeah he, he says this whole like two paragraph post oh my god like, the title of this hold on the title of this is the <laughs> is the chattacoochie river <laughs> that's that's clever go ahead sorry steve <laughs> uh he, yeah let's let's see he was in the bowling alley buying weed from a uh, guy working who worked there and he put his hands on me and he dragged me around to the back of the building and uh he said that was the first time he, that he made someone disappear. Oh my god, that starts off kind of like a porno. Like you're behind a bowling alley, getting ready to buy weed, and somebody drags you off, and next thing you know, they're sucking your dick. <laughs> we're, yeah. off, we're off to the races, but instead, he just fucking beats the guy in the head with a brick and makes him disappear. Yeah, it's pretty gross that the whole thing's kind of like a derogatory, like, anti-gay killing, too. It is, is that, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, yeah. yeah. He calls him the slur, you know, and then that's why he tries to put his hands on me. He's basically saying he's like trying to come on to me and uh, so he wasn't going to have that. So he murdered the guy. Jesus. That's he's fucked 60 up. 60 now. <laughs> yeah, his exact verbiage is, that was the very first time I made a man disappear. <laughs> so he's done this multiple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't Possibly. wait to see his next Facebook post. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna follow him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into uh, iTunes reviews. Hold on. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dubach and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole who's dead. Got, I got drinking two kinds. I got two kinds of vodka this week, gentlemen. Oh yeah, what you got? I got the the blue Tahoe that uh, Yaden got me, so I, I'm going to finish that bottle hopefully tonight. But I also got this uh, Svetka mango pineapple. It's a mango pineapple flavored vodka. I'm, let me smell it here real quick. Holy shit, that smells amazing. Yeah, oh my that's god, be good. Oh, that smells so good. What are you mixing it with? Uh, I got some uh, cran pomegranate juice. I don't know how that's going to taste. <laughs> Doesn't sound like the best mixer, but drinkable. I, yeah, but see, I'm starting off with just like the blue Tahoe vodka, and I'm hoping like once that's gone, 
I'll be so fucking drunk that it won't matter. <laughs> I like those odds. Yeah, I like those <laughs> odds as well. All right, what have we got here for the uh, old iTunes reviews? We got one here, and it comes from I love this. This is very actually. This is kind of clever because it just it hit me what this person's iTunes handle was, and uh, it's it's their iTunes handle is big as whole. And so it like it sounds like big asshole. Oh, way to sneak it by the censors. Yeah, I yes, I give them points for that. Yeah, I like it too. Not yeah. bad, not bad. You got to do what you got to do. They'll they'll fucking just not even print that shit on I iTunes. I know iTunes is like, I don't know, man. Like, can't, what what happened? Like, why can't people just? F- Drop the F word on fucking iTunes. Like, why does everything yeah, have to be what, so fucking... What 10-year-old kid is scrolling through iTunes reviews? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't... Oh, these iTunes reviews. I don't know. I guess it's like you don't see, like, people, you know, like, on Amazon talking about, you know, like, a product or something like that. Like, I <laughs> love... fucking toaster. <laughs> I love this fuck... Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I love this fucking vacuum cleaner, you know? <laughs> so, it fucking sucks. Um... <laughs> This one's titled uh, Five Years, and it goes out to say, this show is pretty poggers. What's poggers mean? Aren't those those little, like, tiddlywinks toys? I, I don't know what pogs are, but, like, how is our show, like, how do you turn that into, like, a fucking, like, adjective? And then how does that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then how does that, like, translate to, like, our show? What is, do you guys know what poggers means? Is that, like, a fucking, is that, like, a British thing? This show is yeah, pretty poggers. So Gen Z, we don't know. Is it? Fi- yeah, is this Gen Z bullshit? Poggers? Is it a callback from something you've said maybe a hundred episodes I've ago? I've never maybe? said. I've never said poggers. Okay. Neil, uh, any any idea? Can- <laughs> no fucking idea. <laughs> and no one's googling poggers. poggers. N- not, there's not a single person. I have no idea what that is. I'm gonna Google poggers. Poggers like I'm meaning. Thinking like bonkers? Poggers meaning. I googled it. It looks like Marty Genetti killed one. What is the meaning <laughs> of poggers? <laughs> Nowadays, poggers refers to a specific emoticon available on Twitch, which depicts a surprise-looking Pepe the Frog. <laughs> All right. Uh. <sighs> Urban Dictionary has it. When something cool slash exciting happens, and their their example is, dude, my mom just died. Poggers. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> what was, the fuck? Was Marty Janetti involved in that? <laughs> and when he fucking beat her face in with a brick, it kind of looked like a mild vagina. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, the, 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 tying it all back is not working. These jokes aren't working, Jake. No, no, they were good on their own, but yeah. together, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's I, not Voltron. Yeah, well, I, you know, beating a woman's head in with a brick and then having like the aftermath, the mess of her fucking bludgeoned face look like a vagina <laughs> is probably not the funniest thing ever, right? <laughs> I don't know. Your delivery is pretty solid. <laughs> I think it's because I expounded upon it a little bit more. You know what I mean? It definitely got funny. Usually explaining the joke makes it less funny, but in this instance, I think it did enhance the joke a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Don't post that on the subreddit. They'll have a police investigation on you. Anyway, Jake, our show's pretty poggers, according to uh, Big Asshole here. 
And uh, he goes on, this person goes on to say, don't regret a single second of listening to as much PCL as I have over the years. Not even that one weird episode. Brian made fun of that one dude that didn't watch one of the shows they were going to review on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A while back when you guys reviewed, oh, this is where, okay, this is where, this is where these reviews you, you guys lose me. You guys lose me on this stuff. When you, when you treat the review as if it's an email and you start asking us questions in the, in the, in the iTunes mm. reviews. Oh, you know, I hate that too. Yeah. A while back, you guys reviewed Castlevania. I believe you said something about the writer being interested in doing a Metroid one. If they didn't go with a cartoon option, what do you guys think about Brie Larson playing, uh, Samus, uh, or, uh, Charlize, uh, Theron? Keep up the great work, guys. I'll be listening till either you're dead or I am. Wow, ominous. All right. right. Wouldn't it be fucked up if this guy, this guy died before this episode never got to hear our answer to his question? (laughs) Now that's fucking poggers. Oh my god. So, what, what, uh, who would you go with when I, I don't know. Uh, do we answer this, Jake? Are we doing this now? Is, is this a thing we're doing now? Answering questions in iTunes? Reviews? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, and I've seen this question all over the internet this week. Um, I, both of those are fine candidates. I'd be happy with either of them. I, I really would like to see a live action Metroid movie though. I think that of all the Nintendo franchises, that, could be really cool like it's not just super goofy and out there and could work you know what happened to the the legend of zelda anime they were going to do that addy shankar was going to be involved yeah yeah i don't know there's been no talk about that i want them to do and for the oh go ahead go ahead steve uh for the samus though would you want it like um how carl urban did uh what was it dread i think would just have her Helmet like on the entire time for the most of the movie. Yeah, yeah but I think you do just like the first game yeah. where you don't take the helmet off until the very end. Like it's like Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. You know, you, that's how you end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you, you know, at the end of the movie, you see that donkey deck, right? <laughs> yeah, you see the skin, and then you hit the credits. Dude, that dick, <laughs> that dick was pretty poggers. <laughs> that dick was poggers. It was poggers as fuck. I saw that movie in the theater. We had, we had, we had, uh, me, me and a buddy had just gone and seen Starship Troopers. And once it ended, we went like directly into, uh, Boogie Nights and just like watched the rest of that movie. Oh, what a great double feature. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Cause like we saw Starship, yeah. Tro- I, this was my second time seeing Starship Troopers in the theater. And then we went in, like the scene that we entered that movie in, and a lot of, there was a lot of entering things in that movie. But like the scene that we entered in was like when he's in the hot tub and he's talking about like how he sees his name in bright lights and how the lights are so bright that even the sign can't contain it and it just blows up. And, and it said Dirk Diggler. And once I saw that scene, that hot tub scene, I was like, yeah, we're staying and finishing this. This is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I love that fucking movie. One of my favorites. Oh, it's so good. Heather Graham. With my parents. What the fuck, Neil? <laughs> At what age? When it came out. I mean, I, let's see. What year was that? Ninety-seven, I believe. So I was uh, fourteen. Jesus Christ! <laughs> awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was. Oh, that. <laughs> and I, I saw Basic Instinct with my parents, and that's the weirdest thing I, I ever did. But Boogie Nights is next level. Yeah, my parents are interesting people. <laughs> I saw 101 Dalmatians with my parents. That's basically the, the live action or animated? Yeah. Animated. Alright. I, I was just trying to, that was a palate cleanser because your parents are fucked up for taking you to those movies, guys. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm not saying mine were any better. Mine were terrible people. Um, are terrible people. Um, yeah, we're gonna go down a weird path right now. <laughs> I remember a time, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> mm. I was trying to think of what the best double feature I ever saw was, and I think it's Army of Darkness Groundhog Day back to back in the theater. Damn, that's good. Yeah, so, and yeah. same thing, we just hopped from one to the other, and I think Groundhog Day had, it was like 10 minutes in, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm staying and watching this. What if they're like, you know, they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna re-release, we're gonna give it like, we're gonna do a, like a whole new Groundhog's Day movie, and then, um, as a trick, they just release the original Groundhog's Day. <laughs> oh, that, that would be fun. Would they show actually like trailers with new footage, but then boom, same movie? I don't, I didn't get into all that, Jake. But, but <laughs> like, 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 like it, that's the thing that you do is like you then try to dissect it a little bit more. And it's like, that's where it falls apart for me and, and everyone else. <laughs> like the illusion is gone now because that, yeah, that's not possible. <laughs> You're getting too much into the, into the ruse of the whole thing. And like, it was just a joke. We don't need to, let's not, let's not break it down anymore, buddy. All right, all right. I just wanted it to be the perfect joke. I know it. it that is never going to happen on this show. <laughs> mm. I'm starting to see why you guys haven't had sex in a while. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking you tonight, Steve. You better watch out, buddy. I'm just to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, did you? Oh, oh God! I was. Um, thanks for the iTunes review, there, big asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, I went to. I went. I heard about this on the radio. If you go to sleepstandards.com, you'll see probably the most amazing dream job I have ever heard of. Here's. There's a section on sleepstandards.com, and it says. Couple dream job, get paid $3,000 to have sex and help us find the best mattress for intimacy. Now, Jake, I know you're not going to want to get involved in this one. All right, buddy. All right. I know we're out. You can use the money, though, so find yourself a partner. There's a submission form. They're looking for five lucky couples that can take part in their experiment. We'll send you a new mattress every week, and all you have to do is give us your honest reviews on how good that mattress is for sex. That's right. You can get paid for doing what you do in your regular everyday life, sex. They got a job description here. And that you have options to remain anonymous if you want to protect your privacy. How does it work? The experiment will last a total of eight weeks. So the five chosen couples will have to test out eight different mattresses. If you're chosen, we'll send you a mattress each week. Each time we send you a new mattress, we'll swap out the old one. These aren't any random mattresses, though. They've been rated as the top eight mattresses for sex currently on the market. 
Every week, the five chosen couples will test out each mattress, particularly how well it fares when it comes to sexual activities. They'll be required to write extremely honest reviews for each of the products they test out. In addition to that, you'll also have to rate each mattress on a scale from 1 to 10 on the following criteria. I think they should have used the Toss It, Taste It Tupperware rating. But that's just, <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs> that's just that's me great. personally. But here's 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 the uh, here's here's the diff- here's the scale. Here's the different things: bounciness, noise, firmness, edge support, comfort, cooling, and then there's an overall score. And then what you'll get is three thousand dollars cash plus one free mattress of your choice. That is that is pretty fuck. I the reason I'm saying this is because I want one of our listeners to fucking win this. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> Someone should get in on that. Are you going there right now, Steve? Are you doing this? Uh, yeah, I'm typing it up right now. I'm looking to see if there's any fine print of like, uh, we are not responsible for any pregnancies. You cannot come after us. Uh, oh yeah, intentional pregnancies. We will not pay for anything. <laughs> I want. I yeah. Like I wonder. Like. Because he's gonna be like, I wasn't planning to have any kid, but you told me to have sex for eight weeks. They do have terms and conditions here. <laughs> I hope people send those mattresses back as fucked up as possible. <laughs> oh my god! This one sucked. Broke a leg. <laughs> yeah, bounciness. You you really don't want it to be all that bouncy, right? Hmm. I mean, well, I, I would rather have a, a a mattress be bouncy than like water beds. You cannot fuck on a water bed. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no stability. Yeah, I don't know. Bounciness is you want it. I guess you want it to be firm, but yet still bouncy enough to like you know have it do a little bit of the work for you. I got you like yeah. a good pair of shots. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to fucking bounce off the bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fucking smash your head into the wall. Yeah, it's like, you don't want to fucking like trampoline. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it really depends. One on thrust too you hard. Are. Yeah, one thrust too hard, you're out the window. Yeah, it's like you're fucking. It's like you're, you're fucking on flubber, and you end up out in the fucking road and shit. You know? Fuck that. Oh my god. <laughs> Ah, let's go back to my, what, what's on mildly vagina? <laughs> what's on, <laughs> I don't know anymore, Jake. Uh, yeah, so go to sleep. What is it? Sleepstandards.com. Uh, I hope one of our listeners went, got an email here. And here's the thing. The best way, you know, my favorite emails are Jake. They're like quick and to the point. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Least favorite is like, fantasy theory crafting of what's oh, going to happen God. next to the movies in the marvel movies like yeah this is and then it's but then it's not, it's not just like one fucking like you know like three sentences in the theory it's like a whole fucking like they are monopolizing the show jake like i understand <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if blah blah blah, blah i know blah. and then it's like and then like yeah here's it here i am fucking 10 minutes later still reading this fucking goddamn thing <laughs> oh fuck we got one from micah Sounds like a nice guy. He goes on to say, dudes, it's me. Hope everyone is well. Is everyone well? Yeah, very yeah. well. Yeah, sure. Neil, you don't sound yeah, too Neil, well. <laughs> I don't know if we can go forward without Neil feeling well. Do we need to do a Neil wellness check? 
my dad's uh, bookkeeper broke her, shattered her wrist, so I've had to take over for doing the books, and I'm a little stressed out about it. But other than that, yeah, I'm doing pretty decent. But how did she shatter her wrists? On oh, so, uh, some stairs. That's what I was thinking too, Steve. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking she had a run in with Marty Janetti. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. Hey, dude. Yeah, I hope all everyone is well. So Neil's not doing well. I, I don't know. I'm as well as I'll ever fucking get. Um, a while back, someone mentioned the lack of great movie scores lately. If you're into movie scores, here's a few of my favorites. And, uh, I just want to point out, uh, to Micah, a few is three. Um, you listen. <laughs> How many does he have? Eight? Nine. Ugh. So like, basically, like, if I just give us a top ten then. Yeah, just give us a top ten then. Just say, like, here's my top ten. Instead of here's a few. Because, like, this guy could, like, if he's your friend and he's like, hey, I'll see you in a few, that could mean, like, he could show up, like, four days later. Like, you don't know with this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you can't make plans with that. No, you can't make plans with this guy. I'll see you in a few. And then fucking, like, 17 days later, there's Micah ready to go and do whatever the fuck you were going to do. And you're like, dude, that was 17 fucking days ago. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're a fucking lunatic, man. <laughs> fucking Micah. Yeah, it, I don't know. Here we go. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll name the. I'll, I'll name three of them here. I'll just pick three. Oh, I want to hear all nine. Oh, Jesus Christ, Jake! I fucking hate you. <laughs> John Duprez, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original 1990 motion picture soundtrack. Rupert Gregson Williams, Wonder Woman for No Man's Land. Wonder Woman's Wrath, We Are All to Blame. Hildur Guantador, I can't pronounce that name, from Joker. Yeah, I'm already sorry I asked for this. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear all nine. I want to hear as all soon nine. As you listed the original Turtles live action movie, I was like, oh, I roll. Now, ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow from Ex Machina. I love Ex Machina. Oh yeah, and then he goes on to list Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer here three times for Inception, The Dark Knight Rises, and Man of Steel, and then uh, Hans is doing the world. Uh, Hans is doing uh, the Wonder Woman eighty four, which I see no way is not incredible. Also, love you can find scores for many of the uh, uh, Batman the Animated Series episodes in iTunes, and then he, and now it's now we're onto something else. He's gonna. Yammer on about something else here, Micah. Oh my god. Micah, you're focused, bro. As a reformed diehard T-Wolves fan, I cannot bring myself to watch the Marbury doc. The Wolves traded Ray Allen for Marbury to pair with KG. Fox Sportnet, Fox Sportsnet recently aired a Wolves classic, a regular game from 98 against the Bulls. It's not a rich history, but his speed and ability to get him to the rim was upsetting. I was wondering what you thought of the NBA's bubble and game so far. I think it's been great having games back, minus the shitty in-game sound effects noises arenas typically have. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to make it all the way through, but certainly among my good pop for the week. Anyway, yeah, I watched, um, yeah, I watched like the opening night when they came back. Um, I enjoyed the game, I, and I'm glad that they're piping in the fake sounds. Like I, like I know some people love just listening to like. You know, the sounds and like you can hear the squeaking of the shoes and stuff like that. I always got 
super bored watching like the NBDL games where it was like the National Basketball Developmental League and there was like, you know, scouts and just a few people in the audience and like, I don't know, I got, they, they bored me. I like the sounds of the fans and stuff like that. And like, I just kind of get lost in the, in the game just listening to that. So I'm, it fools me every time. Like I know it's just like sounds that they're piping in, but I think it just feels like a more legitimate, I don't know, I just, it just sounds like a game, so I'm more into it. So, and then they have yeah, like a. F- I agree with that. It's super eerie. I, yeah. I read they used the EA video games to get all the sound effects from. Oh, really? That's cool. They um they makes sense. They uh they they're having they have a virtual audience, so it's like people watching from home, and they have them like on screens and stuff behind behind the players where the players are like in the in the stands and stuff like that, which is pretty wild just seeing like a virtual audience there. So you get to see people react and stuff like that. So. Did you see the Cubs game this week where someone had a, a weekend at Bernie stand up? Yeah. The- yeah. They had Bernie back. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad the NBA is back. Oh, and uh, there's a, there's a, uh, if you're a basketball fan, there's, Crackle has like a 45 minute documentary about Serge Ibaka from uh, Toronto Raptors and stuff like that. And so he's a player that comes from the Congo and it's an uplifting documentary and it's free to watch on Crackle. So you can check that out, everybody. Don't know what's wrong with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What are your symptoms? I don't know. I don't know. My symptoms. Jesus Christ, Jake. I don't know. What the fuck? What are you, WebMD all of a sudden? (laughs) I'm just trying to help. I give WebMD my symptoms. They're telling me that I'm dying next week. Oh yeah, that's they the always go to the do. worst. They always go to the worst thing. I've got like this fucking, I've got these bumps in my hand, like this hard lump in my hand. And I was all freaking out about it. And I went to WebMD, like, what is it? They're like, oh, it could be this. And like, they were talking about how my hand's going to tighten up and I'll never be able to like open my hand all the way. My fingers will fucking like get all deformed and shit. And like tighten up and I'll never be able to stretch my fingers out all the way. And I was freaking the fuck out. And I was talking to my dad about it. My dad was in town and we're getting pizza together. And I'm like, yeah, I got this fucking bump in my hand that it just came out of nowhere. It's this hard lump in my hand. And my dad's like, I got it too. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay then. All right. This is just a family deformity that we share. So <laughs> the family bump. Yeah, the family hand bump that we share. It's weird. Like it's it's like this bump that came out of nowhere. I don't know if it's like I don't know what the fuck it is. I have no idea. I'm not gonna get it checked out either. If it ends up killing me, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've had it this long. I've had it this long. I got one of my fucking and now I'm getting them. I got like one on my foot too, on my right foot. This fucking bump. It's fucking weird. They don't hurt at all. Yeah, they. If I keep poking at them, they fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like it's like you know your body, you know your body, and like some, like all of a sudden, like something's like out of place. You're like, what the fuck is that? Where's that? Where'd that fucking thing come from? Holy shit! And I was like, I, you go, I go to WebMD, and they're basically saying like, 
yeah, like the fucking like tendons in my hand are going to tighten up and I'll never be able to like fucking open my hand up again and all this shit. And I'm freaking the fuck out. And WebMD, WebMD just wants to freak everybody out. Never. Just, yeah, just, that's oh, yeah. They just want to put you in a state of panic. Yeah. You're always dying. Whatever symptoms you have. Oh, you have a cough? You're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stubbed your toe? You're dead. You're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. We're all gonna, we're all gonna paper cut. Oh man, that's like that's like you're you're leading towards coma now. <laughs> oh man, paper cuts are the worst though. They really are. They're <laughs> fucking terrible. They're fucking terrible. They're f- Did you ever watch that Jackass? Was it a Jackass movie where fucking Steve-O gave himself paper cuts in between the oh, webbing? Yeah. In between. Oh, I think, in, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. He, yeah, he yeah, gave yeah. himself oh, like two and a half or whatever, one of those. Yeah, and he gave himself paper cuts yeah. in between the webbing in his fingers and his feet. And then, like his, you know, like, uh, like your lips, like, um, where your oh, bottom lip and yeah. your top lip connect oh, on the oh. sides. He gave himself paper cuts there on his fucking mouth. Those guys are that fucking terrible. Those guys are fucking nuts. I can't wait. I can't wait though. Didn't they say that we're going to get a Jackass 4? Yeah, it just got uh delayed I think a year because of the coronavirus, but it's it's definitely happening. Like the release date just got pushed back by I I don't know if it's like production's done or whatever, but it sounds like it might be in the can already. Oh my god. I cannot wait. I love those Jackass movies, Steve. They're okay. I like I mean I, of course I liked them when I was younger. I do feel like once they get older, though, like when I was, I went to go see that one uh, he did with the when he did the um, like that that throwaway um, like fake Disney World attract like or not Disney World like Six oh, Flags. Yeah. What was it called? Movie. Adventureland or no? It was yeah, it was not Adventureland. It was it was something like that though. Where yeah. like it just like they're getting to the age where it's just like it it really looks like it hurts. Like before it was it was funny. Now it's just like. It just, it looks like it really does hurt them. You're just like, man, why are you doing this? That's what I love. I fucking love it. Like, I, oh my God, I saw Jackass. Well, I saw all of them in the theater, but like I saw Jackass 3D in 3D and I fucking, I love these fucking movies. I love yeah the Jackass I've only, guys. I've only seen them on television, like when they were on MTV and stuff. I never saw, I never like went to go see them in theaters. Oh my God. If you go, like, oh yeah, I'll check this out. If you go to a theater on opening night to see Jackass and with a packed crowd, it is so <laughs> much fucking fun. Oh, I'm it sure. is so uh, yeah. much fucking fun. <laughs> that does so, sound like fun. Guys, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. Like I'm, I'm talking to like our listeners, like they're kindergartners. <laughs> Guys, we're gonna. I know, very condescending, right? <laughs> Guys, we're gonna, we're gonna. No, I'm talking to hey, like <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna eat snacks. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. exchange stories, and uh yeah, we'll be right back, and we'll have a good pop band pop. All right. Sounds great. Cool. back 
<laughs> Thrilling. Mm, that break was poggers, man. <laughs> I don't know. That was one of my least poggers breaks, honestly. Oh, I, ooh, shit. Oh, it's crazy that me and you would not agree on something, Jake. Well, I mean, there were two separate experiences, to be fair. I, You had a big old nice piss, and I just kind of just sat here. So, Why, you got to pull back the curtain and let everybody look at my <laughs> dick urinating? <laughs> you got to pull back the curtain on my fucking look, look, on my bladder. Talking about our sex life, I thought I didn't know this was off boundaries. <laughs> dude, dude, you crossed or the you crossed the line, sir. <laughs> you crossed the streams. You fucking crossed the line. <laughs> hey yo, ah, Steve, you're still here. Jesus, all right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, you know what I love? I love going on Scenic Cast. I fucking love it because we can spoil the shit out of stuff. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's always it's fun. I have the spoiler free section. I, I'm sure not a lot of people close out afterwards, but it's nice to try to talk about yeah the movie you've seen just to give like. It's also nice to like because sometimes when I talk spoilers, it's like I don't really feel like I need to give the full description of it because if you're listening, then you know what it is. So it gives me an excuse to actually go over like. The whole like description and like the notes and like how it's doing with like the Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. I can go into like the director and things like that. So it's a nice little out of the way to get more discussion out of the movie. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, email from Micah. Micah. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, movie soundtracks. This sounds fun, and you know, it's just like, whoa. No, I. And he's and he and he's like, dudes, it's me, and he's excited, and man, we just ah, oh, Micah, <laughs> I, oh man, he's Micah hates us now, doesn't he, Jake? Uh I think it's the kind of hate he'll get over in a few days. All right, we uh, no, Micah, thank you for taking the time to write all of that stuff. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Do you his fingers were, were set ablaze just typing that thing. Just, man, just his fingers were going nuts. Do you think he typed all that on a, on a computer? Or do you think that that was a fucking, like a, like a, on his phone? If that was on it, dude, if that was on your fucking phone, dude, I commend you. Is that a lot of phone typing? That's a, in my opinion, that's a lot to be typing on a fucking phone. I, 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 I you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty good at typing on my phone, to be honest with you. I don't mind. Oh, it at I'm all. sure you are. You're so good at everything, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish you were good at being humble, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the fucking best at being humble. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's move on into good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Yeah. 
Tupperware party. You know, I am still watching Benson on the Roku channel, Jake. Oh, has that been going well? Oh, man. I'm just a few episodes in. It's funny as shit. I can't believe how fucking funny this show is. Robert Guillaume, fucking hilarious. I love this fucking guy. Fucking great. It's it's a great watch, man. I highly recommend it. If you got Roku, if you got a Roku, they got three seasons of Benson on there. I highly, highly recommend Benson. It's very <laughs> what, a, what an exclusive get for Roku. It is a very, well, I was excited when I was just like, oh my God, they've got like, I think they've got like two or three episodes, uh, seasons, excuse me, of Facts of Life. Uh, they also got like, you know, the first, you know, couple seasons of Who's the Boss. You know what pisses me off is you can't find silver spoons anywhere. You can buy the first fucking season on iTunes or Amazon or whatever the fuck, but no other seasons are available to stream anywhere else of Silver Spoons. I maybe I want to wonder why that is. Maybe I want to see post puberty fucking Rick or, Ricky Schroeder. But no, I got I'm fucking I'm one season in. That kid never his balls never drop in the first season. So I'm I'm There's just a- I'm just stuck there with child Ricky Schroeder. He hasn't even be, he has not become the Ricker yet. Remember the Ricker? He called himself the Ricker when he was like a ladies man. I'm yeah, the, he gets on one of those cop drama shows too, right? Yeah, that was, that was after Caruso left NYPD Blue. Then he ended up showing up on, and that, and, and they, they might as well just call it NYPD Blows. I don't know. I never watched it. Was it a good show? No, I think it just had a lot of hype because it was one of the first like national television shows to have swearing and, and nudity. mild nudity. Yeah, they showed Dennis Franz's ass in that. <laughs> yes, they did. Who the yes, fuck wants did. to see Dennis Franz's ass? <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> There's been lots of uh, Who's the Boss revival talk in the news this week. Oh, we're going to get there, man. We're going to get oh, there. Oh, I'm sorry. Again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, look at you spoiling shit. Just like, I didn't know that would be on the agenda. No, it's totally on the fucking agenda. Like, I'm gonna let that fucking slip by us this week. Me? <laughs> you're gonna, like me, I'm gonna let that slip by? Oh my god, we're, t- no, we're gonna definitely be talking about who's the boss. Oh, let's see. Oh, I finished I'll Be Gone in the Dark. They had the finale Sunday. Neil, did you watch that? Uh, I'm not completely caught up yet, uh, but yeah, I've been watching that week to week. Is that something you were watching, Steve? Hi, Steve. Are you on it mute? It is not. Oh. It is not. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to hit my screen. I'm trying to hit the mute. You know how to. No, I. Oh my God, you are frazzled as fuck right now. What is going on over there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my mean? God. This hey, just settle down, buddy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Steve. I'm just fucking. I know. With you. I know. I know. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'll be gone in the dark. I Tupperware. It was. Fantastic. Fantastic. All six episodes. Fan fucking tastic. It's just like, if you're not watching it, like if you love true crime and you're not watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark, you're, you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I, I'm loving it so far. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely excellent. I mean, I'm a big fan of My Favorite Murder and I've talked about Jensen Holes on here before. So I've, I've heard the story multiple times, but not as much about Michelle. Um, as that, as all we got in the dark goes into, which is really fascinating stuff. What, who, what, did you say Jensen Holes? Jensen and Holes. Remember we talked about this? Paul Holes, you said he was a porn star. He's yeah. the guy who was the, uh, the, um, who found, uh, the, the Golden State Killer. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, interviewed I, in the show. First, I thought you said jets and holes, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was thinking, daughter, Judy, what's going on there? Um, <laughs> whew, man, I had a thing for Judy when I was a kid, dude. Oh, yeah, who yeah. did? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they got, and then when I got older, then it was all about Jane, his wife, you know? And then if I was really fucked up, I was all about Rosie. So <laughs> I wanted to bang that fucking metallic bucket all night long. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, we're all there. And what's great about her is if you fuck her, she'll clean it up. Um, yeah. Gets good. a little grouchy about it though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that she does. Oh, cranky Rosie. Oh, cranky Rosie. Uh, American Pickle. This, uh, this dropped on HBO Max. A simple Jewish man named Herschel Greenbaum works in a pickle factory in Brooklyn. One day he falls into a vat of brine and stays there perfectly preserved for 100 years. He comes back to life and goes to stay with his great-great-grandson, Ben, in contemporary Brooklyn. It's directed by Brandon Trost in his solo directorial debut. It's written by Simon Rich, based on his 2013 short story, Sellout. This one stars Seth Rogen in both Green Bomb roles as Ben and Herschel. Also stars Sarah Snook and Jorma Tacone. And yeah, this dropped on HBO Max. This was originally supposed to be with another production company and then Warner's got involved and then it was supposed to, I think it was supposed to be a theatrical release, but then with COVID they dropped it on HBO Max. Um, I guess I'll start. Neil, did you get a chance to see American Pickle? I did. What did you think about Seth Rogen's comedy American uh, Pickle? And yeah, just let me know what you thought about this one. Well, I thought the premise itself was very silly. Um, it's, you know, it's basically a redressing of a fish out of water story, which is fine. Um, I did, I did appreciate how they did the logic sidestep right in the beginning, like just yada yada the whole how does he survive for a hundred years. I thought, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, and I like Seth Rogen, but I don't think two Seth Rogans is ever a good thing. Um, I I thought the stakes overall felt very low. It, it it didn't feel like they were really working towards anything great in the movie. Um, I still liked it better than Desperados, Stephen, but I'm going to definitely give it a the lowest possible taste it. Okay, yeah, taste it, um, Jake. Lowest possible taste, like low low taste it. Oh, so what? What didn't just say a low taste it? Yeah, it's it's basically on the line of low taste it and toss it. The, okay, it's the uh, so it's the lowest of low taste it's then. Yes, yes, that's that, you're correct. It's the highest of toss it's. <laughs> this is the <laughs> highest of confusion. Jesus Christ, um, Jake, what did you think about American Pickle? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit higher on it than Neil, but I also wasn't over the moon for this. Um, I'm just right there at a regular non-confusing taste it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought Seth Rogen as Herschel was really good, really fine acting. Um, I, to me, the biggest problem of this movie, and I, 
I think Neil kind of touched on this a little bit was it has lots of ridiculous and silly conceits. And so the drama doesn't really work as hard as it should because of how kind of silly those ideals are. But on the other hand, I'm never slapping my knees with laughter either. So it like didn't really nail either side of the coin for me. Like it definitely could have been a lot funnier. And because it was so ridiculous in nature with how the plot kind of moved forward a few times, I never really felt the emotions or the weight of how the characters were feeling for each other because the movie didn't never took those things serious until I'm supposed to take them serious. So if you could follow what I'm saying there, it's just like, I don't know. There was just a lot of twists and turns between the two characters and what ends up happening with them that were so unbelievable that when the movie wanted to elicit emotion from me, it just never quite got me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, this was not a waste of a time to watch. This this was a fun 90 minutes. I just It's something I'll never revisit, and it wasn't all that hysterical or dramatic. I have a feeling that Steve loved this movie. I just have this feeling that Steve really liked this movie more than anyone on the podcast. I really feel like that, and I'm dying to hear what Steve thought about Because you, Steve, for some reason, I feel like you, yeah. you enjoy stupid shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. I, I, that also makes me think that you're probably going to toss this then because we're usually opposite on things. Oh God, uh, you 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 enjoy the dumbest shit. I I will not disagree. Sometimes dumb shit is really really good. Yes, like there uh, is like yeah. there is dumb shit that's out there. You consume said dumb shit. Yeah, and 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 love it. Is this because of sausage party? Yeah, yes. I knew it. Yes. Yeah. No, I know, I know, I agree. Uh, thanks to Kenny though on, on, uh, my podcast though, I've definitely got a lot more critical with my rating now. So the 2015, 2016 rater of Spoiler Steve is not the same as 2020. Oh shit. Uh, new but, and improved. We got, oh, uh, new and improved, uh, Steve here. Yeah. So that's your, that, yes. Yeah, so speaking of edgier, this barely edges into a high taste for me. Because I actually thought it was very creative, not as of um, uh, like the, the idea is very okay. First off, the the movie feels like something you'd see in the late nineties, early aughts, early two thousands. This you is know, a, it's, it's, it's a fucking it, it basically it's it's an Adam Sandler movie without Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. It is, it is. Um, it definitely falls into that category. But um, I thought it was very it, it, not that it was very predictable, but I I was very. I found it very amusing of how they kept my attention of how they progressed the storyline. Um, I, but honestly, I think the only reason I'm giving it such a higher rating is because of, I, I thought Seth Rogen did a good job at both Herschel and, uh, was it Sam? I think it was as yeah. his, this Ben, Ben as a the descendant. So I thought you could really identify both characters. So, you know, for me, I thought that was a really good job because this, that's what the movie falls upon on this one actor. Like, yeah, there are other actors and actresses in the film, but it's mostly Seth Rogen that's, uh, carrying this movie. And oh, I, thought I know. Really and a like, good job of doing it. one character has a beard and speaks in a European accent and the other one does not have a beard and speaks <laughs> in an American accent. 
wow, what a fucking acting clinic. I mean, I'm talking about like the actual arc they go through, what, how, what they believe in, what they do. Like it's two polar opposite characters. And while, I mean, Brian, you might feel like it's very, uh, one dimensional of those characters. I thought he did a good job at like, I'm not saying this is a masterpiece. Dude, but dude, dude, dude. Don't go on the defense. That's not, not bad. I'm just being a dick. I'm like, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't go on the defense. I don't. I don't hate this. Brian, when I come on here, I'm already assuming that we're basically at a bar. We're sitting at the bar. Yeah. And it's like, all right, what time is it? How many are we in? Let's do this. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I fuck people. You don't understand. Like, I fucking, I love Steve, yeah. and I love, I love seeing it cast. You guys are fucking great. Um, no, I know, but like, but Jake's right. Like, there's nothing rewatchable about this. But like, this isn't like, this isn't gonna like, um. I don't think you'd be disappointed with it unless you're not a Seth Rogen. Like, you have to be a Seth Rogen fan, of course. But, you know, I don't think this is a disappointment, like, if you are a fan of him. But this isn't, like, like knocked up or anything amazing. But I thought this was very creative, what they were mm. able to do with the storyline. I'm going to give it a solid taste. It. I, I, okay. I'm going to give it a solid taste. I did not hate this movie. I don't feel like this movie knew exactly what it was doing. Um, but maybe it did. Maybe, maybe they knew what they were doing here. But for me, it just felt like it, it was so, such a weird story. Like I, I, I just, you've got, you know, you've you got a guy who's, who's pickled for a hundred years, comes out of this. Everyone who he, he knew and loved is now gone. Um, he finds out that he has one remaining like relative and it's his great, great grandson. And then you're, you're expecting like, it's going to be kind of like this. I was at first, I've been watching perfect strangers. I thought it was going to be like, what's it going to be like for this guy to live, you know, in the, it's a fish out of water story, live in the modern world. And it's, you know, and it's what's, it's going to be like perfect strangers. And one's going to be like drive the other one nuts. And then it turns into like this whole rivalry thing, like an angry rivalry. Like this, like there's a, it's very mean spirited. And I was like, and I didn't know who I was rooting for in this one because there are times where it's like the movie makes you want to feel bad for, you know, uh, Herschel who lost his wife, you know, she had passed on, you know, it's been a hundred years. And then, but there's other times where this movie wants you to feel bad for Ben who, basically gets arrested because of Herschel and then yeah. that affects like his future going forward. He's developed this app, the company that was going to get behind this app and, and, and basically back it, and it with funding backs off of this whole thing because of his criminal record now, which basically was all caused because of Herschel starting a fight. And so it's like, now I kind of feel bad for Ben. And so like, and then it's just the the story just gets more and more bizarre. Then I think they try to get into like, you know, kind of like modern day politics with what's going on in some of the movie and it, the movie's all over the place. But what did work for me is that it really held my attention. Like no matter what they kept fucking throwing at me and how bizarre this movie fucking got, it held my attention to the point where like, I didn't want to turn it off and I wanted to see like where this was going to go. Um, I don't think this is like the best way to fucking make a movie. Uh, I think it was all over the place. Like we know that Seth Rogen is like notorious for getting high. And I felt like he 
probably helped with the story here and probably got (laughs) super high when he fucking like was helping develop the story, you know, with uh, Simon Rich here. But uh, overall, I liked it. And to say that I won't ever watch it again, I can't say that. I might actually watch this again. It's, I think this movie is, um, like if it, 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 I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, like on my own, kind of like, yeah, let me watch American Pickle. But if I'm fucking like, if I'm fucking like, you know what I mean? Like if I'm just like hanging out at home or whatever and I'm flipping through the channels and it's like on and it, I might just start like picking up like wherever the fuck they oh, are. Yeah. If they're 32 minutes in, I might just fucking sit there and watch the rest of it. Like, oh my God, I remember. Th- you know, it's, it's like the same shit with like little Nicky and fucking, you know, those Sandler films. Like, it's like the water boy. Like if those pop on, like I'll just fucking, you know, if it's like fucking TNT or USA or whatever the fuck, I'll just like watch the rest of it or whatever. But. Uh, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't hate this movie. And I don't, and like I was giving you shit about fucking Seth Rogen in this one. I think he did do a fine job at separating the two characters. One was very kind of like sweet at the beginning and then, you know, um, kind of, you know, the character does, the, the characters do change and evolve throughout this movie. So yeah, I, I, I do think that like, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but like, you know, usually in this type of, in this type of story, you'd probably get one of the characters trying to get rich and famous in a way where they leech off of the other one. And I think that they tried to, to purposely not go on that route. Like you don't see the descendant of Ben uh, trying to make money. He's not doing all these interviews and stuff. You'd usually see that, I feel like, in this type of movie. And they, they try to not go that route. Yeah. So they definitely get very more creative with like how do you progress the story? How do you keep the tension? And I think like some of the things they do is – is pretty spot on and it does hit home with like what's happening now. So yeah. a lot of stuff is like suspension of disbelief too. Cause like you basically yeah. oh, got yeah. a guy who is kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, who is kind of you know, in suspension for a hundred years and comes back and like they reveal this on like this science channel and, uh, have this big fucking event. And then like nobody follows up on it. Nobody gives a fuck about this guy that <laughs> yeah. has it. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know, like, like, uh, so uh, a lot of suspension of disbelief in this. It's just a silly movie. I think it's worth a watch. I think for some people it'll, I think for some people like this will be like, oh my, they'll love this thing. They'll love this thing, you know, but I, I, I thought it was just fine. I thought it was just fine. Held my attention. I didn't hate it. God, I've watched a lot worse movies. So yeah, American pickle, an American pickle on HBO max. What a get for them. What a huge get for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I co-sign all that you said. It, it, definitely worth your time. And Seth Rogen, he doesn't put on an acting clinic by any means, but the gimmick of the movie is never, it's, there's two Seth Rogens on screen at the same time. How cool is this? He, he does a good enough job of making you think of these two characters as two separate characters. Two Rogens for the price of one? <laughs> Are you telling me this movie's two Rogens for the price of one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Makes it sound like a better deal in that voice. It does. It does. Oh, man. They should have me on the commercials for this thing. Two rockets for a pice of one? <laughs> oh, man. HBO yeah, Max subscriptions through the roof. Oh, my God. They're like, what else can we get this guy to fucking say about our fucking shit? <laughs> Two rockets for the price of one? 
man. Um, I watched, uh, uh, Peacock, Peacock, the, the, the Peacock Network. They've got, a, they got an original, a Peacock original called, uh, Hitman. Have you guys seen this advertised Hitman? No. Is it nope. the video game type thing? No. No, no, no. That's Hitman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm this, sorry. This is, uh, you damn well should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apology accepted. Um, it's called Hitman. And they're not men. These are women. This is a comedy. And Fran and Jamie are best friends and business partners. They just happen to kill people for a living. Having stumbled into a career in contract killing, the misfit duo are definitely not your typical killers for hire. This stars Mel Giedroik, Sue Perkins, and Asim Chaudhry. And I watched the first episode. I, I did not get a chance to watch. There's six episodes in all. Each episode is like 24 minutes apiece. Did not get a chance to watch all the episodes. Watch the first one. And I'm like, this show is just weird. It just kind of like dives in. It's got comedy here. Like they, they, um, it is, it is, a, it is an odd show. I don't even know where to really start with this because it's, they, they, um, the show starts off like they, they've got a van. They've, 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 uh, they've kidnapped a guy who they're waiting to hear from their boss if they're going to kill him or not. Because like he wore, I guess he wore a wire and kind of like sold them out. And so they're waiting to hear if they're, if they're going to kill this guy or not. And so they're just waiting for that phone call. And in the meantime, we other, we meet other, you know, hitmen that they know. And, and I mean, there's some comedy here. It's really weird. This, it's really weird what this show did to me. Cause I'm like watching it. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I kind of like these characters and how quirky and weird this is. I might continue watching this. Like they have no friends. It's one of their, it's one of the hitman's birthdays and she basically keeps the guy alive. She takes a fake phone call and says that, Oh, it was our boss. And he says, you can live. Do you want to go to my party tonight? She keeps him alive because no one else is going to show up to her party. And she just wants him to be there before she kills him at the end of the night. <laughs> so I, I, wow. I, I, I I kind of thought that was funny and I kind of like, it's weird how this show is so weird that you don't know really what you're watching and if you like it. But by the end of it, I kind of felt like I did like it and I wanted to watch more. So I, it's, I'm going to give it a solid taste it and that could go up or down depending on future episodes of this. All six episodes have dropped on Peacock and it's called Hitman. And it, I think this was pro, it feels, it says Peacock original, but it feels like it was originally, it's a, like a British show that they, you know, mm. that, that maybe NBC had, you know, developed, you know, overseas first and it's probably aired already somewhere. It's like just a like Sky Channel. The Sky Channel. Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, it, but they're just putting it on Peacock and calling it a Peacock original. So. I will give it a solid. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll give it a solid taste it and and maybe it, it did just enough for me to kind of like get into these characters enough to where I want to see more. This is by no means Frayed on HBO Max. Frayed is 
funny. It is smart. Um, that is an absolute Tupperware. Please, please do yourself a favor. If you have HBO Max, watch Frayed. That is an absolute Tupperware. Um, six episodes. Just an amazing fucking show. Um, I watched Deathstroke. Knights and Demons. This is now on video on demand. You can watch the first part of this for free for some reason on CWC. They've had it there since January. And I've, I've known about this for months, but I did not want to watch that first part and then have to wait till August to finish the whole fucking thing. So, and then like watch the entire thing again. So I just waited until they dropped the whole movie and watched this. Um, but if you want to watch the first part, you can. It's free. Like the first forty some minutes are on CWC. Uh, Deathstroke: Knights and Demons offers a new take on the Deathstroke legacy. Mercenary and master assassin Slade Wilson leads two lives: one as the relentless killer known as Deathstroke, and the other as a dedicated family man. When these worlds collide, forced together by the vicious terror group known as Hive, it is the killer and Slade who must fight to save his loved ones as well as what remains of himself. With his soul torn apart and his young son held captive, Deathstroke will have to atone for the sins of his past to fuel the battles of his future. This is a DC animated movie and it stars Emmy and Golden Globe Award winner Michael Chiklis from The Shield, The Commish, American Horror Story, Freak Show. He is Slade Wilson, Deathstroke in this one, uh, alongside Sasha Alexander uh, from Shameless as Wilson's wife, Adeline Addie Kane Wilson. Did anybody else get a chance to see Deathstroke? I saw no. this. Oh, Jake. You I saw. saw what did you see, Steve? I saw the first half. I didn't know that the second half was out until like an hour before we started recording. Cove was like, yeah, no, that's been out. The whole movie's now out. And I was like, what? So I saw the first half. You saw the first half. Where did it end on the CWC app? Um, he gets a wet, it, it's revealed. It's basically, if you don't know who Deathstroke is, basically his whole family lineage is identified by the time the, the my break starts. Okay. If that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 Jake, you saw this. What did you think about Deathstroke, Knights and Demons? I liked it quite a lot. This was um, a very, very, very high taste it for me. Um, it's always really neat to see these kind of animated movies in the DC animated movie style where they go ahead and go, go whole hog into the R rating. And this one really does that. I thought a lot of the action sequences and sword fighting and explosions it was really cool to see in this like mature DC animated universe form. Um, I'm not the most familiar with this character. I hadn't read a ton of Deathstroke comic books. So the family lineage and learning who was who all kind of came as surprises to me. So I did get kind of caught up into the drama of it. And yeah, I had a really good time with this. Steve, you saw the first part of this. Tell me what you thought. And then also let me know if it was enough to make you want to watch the second part. Yeah, I didn't know the second half was out. I would have watched it because I was really intrigued because I know I don't, I've been reading a lot of comics since like 2015, 2014. So I know a pretty good amount of Deathstroke and also mostly more because of like young justice and things like that. So I knew enough where like, it was interesting to me. Cause I was like, are they going the same route? Like 
are they really doing? Because they gave they left me intrigued enough as a comic reader where I'm like, they might be going a different route just a smidge. So they kept my attention up for when they started revealing things where I was like, okay, this is really good. This is interesting. It's not the same exact storyline, but it's enough where it's like, I, I really am enjoying what's happening with what they're doing. And I, I do want to finish this to see what happens. I didn't know who the voice uh, cast was, but they're, they are really good. Um, and I'm really, I'm just really intrigued to see how they're going to be handling, um, Oh, it's, it's not Django, uh, Ger- it's not Geromino, uh, what, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to see how they handle Jericho and, um, I forget his daughter's name, uh, cause she's some, cause, uh, like what's happening with her in this, in the movie, but. Oh man, I um, love, I love your names that you came up for Jericho though. You went Geronimo, then you went, <laughs> did you say Jenga? Jupiter. Did you say Jenga? Yeah, I, I you know you said Django. Django. No, you said Django. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. I, I thought your third option might have been Django, the fucking the block game. Yeah, that would mean that I might as well call it now because I did get <laughs> I, it. I don't know. Uh, you might have been, you might have even went to Jennifer Lopez. I don't know. Like you were going all <laughs> over the place, man. <laughs> I thought he was they, trying to come up with the villain. I thought he was trying to come up with the jackal until he got the correct name. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah, like, that well, one at, too. at one moment, I thought he was going to say Geppetto, who was the guy who fucking <laughs> who made uh, Pinocchio. <laughs> Then he was no, going to say Janetti, as in Marty Janetti, the guy that murders people with <laughs> bricks. I don't like, like you were all over the place, man. Oh uh, man, yeah, we saw Deathstroke at thirteen. It was crazy. Uh, no, but it, this is enough where I do want to see how this ends, and if it's out now, uh, I'm definitely going to. I won't. I, I will definitely try to find it. Hopefully, I'll, I'll figure out a, like find a maybe CW seat or something will offer the second half. Yeah, or maybe v- Voodoo will. If not, then I might just bite the bullet because it's, it's good. Like Jake said, like they are, this is just like how DC animation has been doing lately where they're, they're tearing the line of PG 13 and R where you get a fuck here and there. You get a lot of blood. You get some like, you know, soft, you know, soft core sex scenes and shit. It's just like, it's it's like, it's, you know, it's just, it's all that stuff. So I'm really, yeah, like this, you know, half of this fucking movie is, is just this fucking, uh, is just, it's Deathstroke and falling into pussy. And like, well, like you could, this would not fly with your website and Reddit, you know, that, that blog. It's like, we know what this is. Well, half of this, half of this, half of this movie is actually just fucking Slade Wilson is Deathstroke. Slade Wilson and his wife, his a- a- Adeline Addie, just fucking. Yeah. Yelling at each other, having, having like domestic disputes the entire time. Half of this movie is just them arguing about the fact that like he fucking, he cheated on her when he was in, uh, where was he? Where was he? Columbia or something? Where was he? He fucking, he cheated on her, banged some girl in some other country when he was doing a mission there. And, uh, yeah, he probably had her in the missionary position while he was doing his mission, but, Oh God! When they when they showed him naked on top of her, he was just that was yeah. wasn't didn't that look like the most like he was just like like literally just sprawled out laid on top of her like it did not look sexy or or anything. Do you remember that? With like, yeah, it looked a bit uncomfortable. It looks, he like like he literally like it was almost like he parachuted in and like just landed. It was like whoop like just like all right. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if if they were doing like a, if they were testing out that mattress from sleepstanders.com. dot <laughs> com. 
<laughs> I don't, it was such a weird fuck. He was just kind of sprawled out on this woman, Jay. Just kind of like had his arms out, sprawled out on her. And it didn't look like – it just looked like – I don't know. It looked like he, he was probably inside of her. But it just – it was just a weird yeah, yeah. sex position. Yeah, you got me very, uh, you know, acrobatic to, no, I just to like, go up against Slade it, well, in, the, in the, in the bedroom. I just think it's, I think it's one of those things where they were trying to make it look like, oh, he's gonna have sex, but they're not gonna fucking show an actual sexy sex position that we know. They're, we're well, gonna, it's like basically an, an, an crude animated missionary position where like her legs are there, like, it's all there, man. How do you it's make, so how good. do you make an ambiguous sex position? Well, they, they figured it out because that was fucking. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, it, because it wasn't fucking like, like, dude, if they would have showed fucking like reverse cowgirl, I would have been like, dude, that's fucking reverse cowgirl. You go, boy. Yeah. yeah but they it, did that in uh, the Joker's uh, movie when uh, with Batman and Batgirl. I didn't watch. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about when they had fucking yeah. Batgirl, fucking Batman. I never watched yeah, that. Yeah, DC anime has been doing that for years now. They're like, yeah, sex in movies. It's like, Disney, we'll show you. <laughs> Wait, rewind. Batgirl gives Batman reverse cowgirl? Oh, yeah. On a rooftop. <clears throat> oh, uh, audiences were like so pissed off about that too, Jake. It's like oh, yeah. I remember the outrage. Yeah. No. I didn't know. I didn't know it was reverse cowgirl though. I think it's regular cowgirl, but you know, it's, 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 it's like that. <laughs> Close enough. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> Why didn't they Thank fucking you. do that shit here? Like Slade looked like he was a fucking novice when it comes to fucking, <laughs> to fucking fucking. <laughs> it was so weird. The only thing he knows how to do is the military. It was like, it was yeah. like, it was like watching, <laughs> dude, it was seriously like watching Jason Biggs fuck that pie in American pie. It was so, it was awkward, dude. It's like, this guy is like so good when it comes to like killing people as being a mercenary and assassin. But like when it comes to fucking killing that pussy, dude, he looked like he fucking was like, he didn't know what to do, man. It was weird. It was a weird (laughs) sex position. I mean, apparently he knew what to do all too well with all the kids that he apparently had. He didn't know how to put on a fucking rubber. No. Yeah, Nobody. And this is on CW with barely any type of warning. So parents, like, fair warning from us that if anything, they just like, oh, your kids go watch Deathstroke? Hold on, please, hold I, on. I know what the CW seed stands for, the seed that he fucking put in her fucking <laughs> pussy. Deathstroke seed. Deathstroke yeah. seed in that fucking vagina. <laughs> I like this. I, hold on. I haven't even rated this thing. Um <laughs> I fucking, I dug it. I, I loved the, the gore, the violence. Um, you know, I mean, I think this is a great introduction to the character. If, if you're, if you're not familiar with Deathstroke, I think it's a great introduction to the character. You know, and of course, like Deathstroke, there's a lot of the comparisons to, you know, Ryan Reynolds and the, you know, the Deadpool character, you know, Slade Wilson. And, you know, the healing factor, the fact that they both use swords, that they use masks and everything like that. But um, I think this is a great introduction to the character. I love the fact that they did incorporate the family into this with the with the daughter, with Jericho. And um, I also love the fact that, like, they felt like this is just going to be purely a Deathstroke story. And we're not, we don't feel like we have to incorporate Batman into this one. I was shocked that Batman never showed up in this because that's all we seem to be getting from, from DC animated is like 
every story, Batman will show up. Like even the, the Suicide Squad movies, um, you know, Justice League Dark, the first part of that. Yeah, just both parts of Justice League Dark, Batman's a big part of of those animated movies. Yeah. This is strictly Deathstroke, and I think that it it, it really worked. I, I enjoyed it. The violence, the level of violence in this one is fantastic. Um uh, I give it a high taste. It. I, I really fucking enjoyed this. Deathstroke, Knights and Demons, and uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, all, uh, you know, all the way to the end. I thought even the just the end. Like you knew it was gonna fucking happen. You knew it was gonna happen. But uh, even at the end, I was just like, yeah, all right, awesome. Hopefully, we'll get more of this. I don't remember uh, specifically because I saw this earlier this week. But they don't show the origin of how he becomes like one eyed, right? No, no. Yeah, okay, so if that's the case, then then this might be linked with the other movies where if you go to the one with Damien's origin, you'll see Deathstroke's, uh, like, Deathstroke origin in the sense of, like, how it becomes uh, one. I forget which, which anime movie it was, but it's Damien's introduction movie. Mm-hmm. Son of Batman. Yeah. That's a good one as well. Oh my god. I saw Berlanti's name all over this. Is this connected to the Berlanti universe? Like, is this? He, his name's connected in everything if it's not in the movies right now. Anything DC, television, or animated, I feel like he's got his fingers dipped in it somehow. His name isn't usually on these, uh, this wing of DC animated movies though. This is the first time I, I've noticeably saw his name on one mm. of these features. So I thought, and I'm not familiar with the Berlanti universe, so I thought maybe this was an animated, more mature version of a character that existed over there as well. I mean, we saw we saw Deathstroke show up in the Titans series in season two, but like this is the origin story and the story of Jericho is completely different than that. Is Berlanti involved yeah. in that? Yeah, he's, his name yeah. is in the Titans as well. Yeah, uh, Deathstroke's also. I think isn't he also in um, uh, Arrow? Yeah, Deathstroke uh, also shows up in Arrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, like, maybe it's because it's on CWC. Maybe it's like, maybe it's kind of linked to the other DC anime movies, but because of like, it's after the or it's, it's I don't know how they're doing it, but maybe it's just set up where CW has a deal. So Greg Berlanti's involved. It's just I feel like if it's CW and DC or DC University app because I think Greg Berlanti's also on Doom Patrol as well. I think his name's on almost everything. TV-wise. Yeah. yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, Time Warner has put this in a really weird category. Like, if you look at official list of DC animated movies, this does not count in that, in that list because mm. that mm. first half was, like, at one point, a multi-part web series I was reading. What I thought yeah. was weird was when... There was... Oh, go ahead. When Deathstroke was fucking that woman, she yelled out Greg Berlanti's name. <laughs> Oh, that makes so much more sense. That is Greg. <laughs> That's the name of the permission. The, the position is the Berlanti. <laughs> the Berlanti. <laughs> He's like, that's how all five of my kids were conceived in that position. We're gonna put it into this fucking Deathstroke Knights and Demons movie. Stand still, Addy. <laughs> so yeah, because this was completely off my radar for even coming out. Because I'm usually, you know, you know exactly what the next DC Universe movie is gonna be, and this was just boom, all of a sudden out on a Tuesday. Dude, it was like. They, they, well, they dropped it like sometime back in January, part one on CWC. 
And I was like, yeah. I was, I was going to watch it and review it for the show. And I was like, oh, it's just part one. I just want, I want to see, I want to see the full thing. And then like months later, I'm seeing that they're going to release the whole thing on video on demand and they still haven't released part two on CWC. It was like, they, th- what a, what a weird kind of like way to release a movie. Cause if yeah. you go to what, CWC, what? you literally watch the first half of this movie, Jake on CWC for free. And then it just like ends. You, yeah, that's you can't bizarre. find the movie on IMDb. It's only the show on IMDb. Like when COVID was telling me about it and you look on Google, it'll say the Dragons and Knights colon the movie. So it's like you can't even find the movie on IMDb. It's only the television show, which is like 12 episodes or something. So I was like – so Brian, when you when you text me saying this with this on the list, I was under the assumption this was a season premiere. I didn't even realize this was out in January. Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. This has been on my radar for quite some time. It's just, I I just, I just wanted to watch the full thing. I just didn't feel like what's the, what's the point in watching the first part of this? No, it led me down this weird rabbit hole too, where I found out about this other movie that was actually written by the same screenwriter as Deathstroke. That's not considered official DC universe movie canon. That's called Constantine City of Demons. And it's another R rated. Yeah, Yeah movie that where the first half of it was released on a streaming service but the second half was only available yeah. as part of the rent a movie package they did I that really they really want to see this they now. did it I with constantine matt ryan voices him he as did well. matt ryan voices the character in justice league dark and then um justice league dark apocalypse war and um he voiced him in that series as well and i watched yeah. the first few episodes they, they, they would drop these episodes they're like I think, and I could be wrong, correct me. I mean, if you have to, if you must. Um, but I think like each episode was only a few minutes long, like five to six minutes or yeah. something like that. And, I didn't um, watch them, but I know what you're talking about. Like that, that is correct. Yeah. And like they're, they're really good. They're really fucking good. Yeah. And the movie's a whole hour and 30 minutes, just like Deathstroke. So finally yeah. they have like a full movie of this and it's also rated R and they, the Wikipedia says it's the exact same Constantine character from those mm. two Justice League Dark animated movies that you mentioned, mm-hmm. and it's his prequel story from those movies. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to uh, add that to my list and check that out as well. Yeah. Maybe it's their way of um, trying to get a budget for it. It's like, like maybe DC Animated's like, we like the idea of the story. We'll give you a budget for 45 minutes of the 90 that you need, and if it gains enough – uh, like audience or enough like positive feedback, you know, do the rest. Maybe there's some deal or something that we don't know about or something, but cause Jan, like we have a whole eight months yeah. from the first half to August. So maybe something around March, like how did the release go? A lot of people are at least talking about it. So let's fund the second half. And they know that when it comes down Blu-ray, it'll be enough or maybe on digital that enough people will rent or buy that they'll at least make their money back. So maybe it's just something to, for DC anime to say afloat or something. Cause it sounds, I don't know. I like think, I think working. I think the whole CWC thing is weird anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. Their whole, their whole platform is interesting because everything's free, but there's like, but it's not, but it's, it's completely different from like how Hulu or anybody else does it. Like they have their whole, I don't know if it's Canadian based, but it's very, it is like different. Well, you can watch, I think like with the CW app, you can watch like, um, the latest five episodes of every show that they have. It's like a, it's a, yeah. like a rotating, you know, it's like a revolving door. Like, like and shows will drop the, off and new ones will pop on. So 
Yeah, and they're the only ones with Netflix that have like that seven or ten day deal where when the season's done, now it's on Netflix. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Deathstroke. What, what's it called? Knights and Demons. Is it Knights and Demons or Knights and I don't know. Knights and Dragons. Knights and Dragons. I don't know what the. I don't know. It's Knights fucking, and Dragons. I just looked it up. It's Knights and Dragons. There you go. Watch it. It's good. High tasted. I, I enjoyed it. The violence is like the violence. Uh, it's not as violent as the Mortal Kombat uh, Scorpion's no. Revenge, but I mean, you know, it's pretty damn violent. There's a lot of blood there. And they drop some fucking curse words, and you get to see fucking Deathstroke's ass and him perform this weird sexual position. <laughs> yeah, that that grenade in the mob scene made me go, "Oh, <laughs> oh my, that sex scene! It just looks so awkward." Like I, I felt so bad for the woman that was involved in that in that scene. And it like we never really got to see like anything as as far as like that woman and like why they fucking. Ran off and fucked each other. Like we, we no, never, they didn't really delve into that relationship that very well. Yeah. Oh my god. And his fucking wife. The entire. I'm telling you, half of this fucking movie is just her fucking bitching at him for fucking this other woman. And I enjoyed the Adeline character. I thought she was one of the best parts of the movie. Uh, I never I said that I didn't that enjoy like, it. Live in the first half. I honestly feel like that character is true to life. Like that's like if. <laughs> if <laughs> Like if if you fucked somebody else and you still decided to stay with that person, that's all you're going to hear about for like the next fucking 15 years is that one time you went to fucking Columbia and you did that awkward sexual position on that one woman. Everything's a lie now. Yeah, everything's a fuck. Oh my god! Like just, just divorce. Like shit. No shit. She should have left him a long time ago because all she did was bring that up. And like the fucking remember the kid, the kid was in the room. When she's talking to him, she's like, you know, remember that one time you, every time you leave now, I think about that one yeah. time you went to Columbia and you fucking, you know, you fucked that, you fucked that whore is what, no, she didn't but say she that. Gets, but like, at least with the first half from what I saw, she's pissed because she doesn't know Deathstroke exists. So like, that's why she's so pissed off. So I guess the second half is about one of Deathstroke's adventures after killing someone, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yes. They become basically tag team partners in the second half. Okay. So it's like a Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but with divorce papers? Correct. I just wish okay. that all three of them could have fucked each other. I think that that would have solved <laughs> all these problems. You know what I mean? But no eye gauging. No looking in the eyes. <laughs> then you got two more kids. <laughs> no shit, man. He's got like super sperm, dude. He's got it with his like reproduct. With his, he's already reproducing like with everything else. Like with his skin, it's like sure, everybody's ready. <laughs> oh man, yeah, wait till you see the kids that come from these like seventeen socks, dude. He fucking he like he like <laughs> he jerked off into a fucking uh, toilet, and this toilet made a little toilet baby. It was fucked up. <laughs> he wakes up one night, his socks attack him. It's like it's happening. <laughs> it's like a trauma movie at that point. <laughs> He's got little sock babies running around. <laughs> oh man, I watched uh, I watched Arkansas. This was this was on video Ugh. on demand. This was on video on demand uh, for a couple months, and uh, then Amazon picked it up. So this has been out for a while. I, I was thinking about renting this one, but it was like at a, like a forty percent or a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this or not. Um. 
Arkansas, Kyle and Swin live by the orders of an Arkansas-based drug kingpin named Frog, whom they've never met. But when a deal goes horribly wrong, the consequences are deadly. It's directed by Clark Duke. Stars Clark, Clark Duke. Um, this is Clark Duke's directorial debut from a screenplay by Duke and Andrew Boonkrong. It stars Liam, Hen- Liam Hensworth, uh, Clark Duke himself, like I said, Michael Kenneth Williams, Vivica A. Fox, Eden Brolin, Chandler Duke, John Malkovich, and Vince Vaughn. It's based on the novel Arkansas by John Brandon. And, um, Jake, I know you saw this. Now, Neil, Steve, did you get a chance to see this? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. I, Neil, we haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> what did, which has been refreshing. I don't know, but Jake has it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jake, how how did you feel about I the thought Neil was the favorite? I don't know. I Jake, how did you feel about the Neil break? I I dude, I was really getting into the Neil break. Yeah, Neil, Neil has really fallen from his pedestal these last few months. I know his fall from grace. No, it's been a sad. <laughs> don't listen to, to him, Neil. You've been great. Eh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Neil, right, what? Step back. What did you think about Arkansas? I mean, tell us, yeah, a, um, tell us a little bit about like this movie and then like what you thought about it. Well, um, I, I thought there was a lot of really fun performances in this. Um, obviously a lot of the guest stars have very short or small amounts of screen time. Um, but they made the most of what they, what they did on screen. Uh, I thought the lot of, there were a lot of really good individual scenes, but the overall flow was kind of choppy. Um, it seems like Clark Duke is a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. Thank you. Oh my God. Right. Like this, <laughs> yes, it, it, so much. it did it, yeah. this movie, like if you watch it, it feels like Clark Duke trying to do his best Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And for a first time director, that's an interesting way to go about it. Um, I, I, I like Clark Duke, um, as an actor from his time on the office in the last couple seasons, I thought he was pretty fun, funny on that. And I liked his performance in this. Um, I thought some of the cinematography was really interesting and almost like horror movie esque. Um, some of like the low shots and there was some, you know, slow pans into the characters faces. I thought that was all real fun. Uh, I love the, like the toxic, toxic Avenger reference in there. Um, the movie itself is, is almost like nihilistic and, and somewhat aimless, but I, I kind of appreciate that right now because that's kind of mirroring how I'm going about life. Um, but I, I enjoyed this movie. It, it, uh, as I said, there's some very fun performances in there and I'll give it a, I'll give it a high taste. It, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, if you have Amazon prime, it's, it's just a fun couple hour movie. Uh, let me jump in here real quick. Yeah, like this it, this movie you've got uh these these two guys uh, played by uh Liam's Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's uh brother and then uh Clark Duke, which I never saw. I never watched The Office, but I did. What was that movie he was in? He was in like um Hot Tub it? Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. And then he was also in that fucking Amish movie with Seth Green. You know what I mean? 
that fucking oh, where he was that? where the where the, the, the whole rumspringa thing and then like he fucking he falls in love with this Amish girl and then he did another he did a uh, uh what was it uh, and that's was it like sex trip or something i can't remember the fucking name of that sex word. drive sex drive he was in sex drive i think and he 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 constantly looks like a teenager and he's probably like 35 but he still looks like he and in this he fucking looks like he's like ron jeremy or something what year does this <laughs> what year does this movie take place in cuz like we get a we go, no, we go back to 1985 but like what 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 is the current timeline in this movie is it the 90s i have no idea no idea. It's, it's, it's this Arkansas based drug kind of like cartel. And it, it shows the rise of this drug kingpin frog. And these two guys work underneath him. Like nobody like in the movie has seen frog. They don't know who frog is. There's like rumors about frog and like, Oh, he's got a pool shaped like a lily pad and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, these guys are basically like, you know, drug dealers and they're, they're, they're transporting drugs all over the place. They, um, they get stopped by a park ranger and they've got, they've got this truck, all these, all these drugs on this truck. And they're worried that, you know, they're going to get busted and blah, blah, blah. And the park ranger is John Malkovich. And he's questioning them, like, what are you, what are you transporting? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, come to find out that John Malkovich is working for Frog and tells them that, you know, they're going to live with him and, and he's going to, what is it? Like, they're, they're going through some kind of like training or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, something like that. Something like that to like move up the ladder to like, you know, uh, Move up in the in 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 the drug business and and learn the business, and um, things kind of like there's a drug deal that's going to go down. They they go to Louisiana and things go sideways during this drug deal. When after the deal takes place, one of the people in Louisiana follow them back to where they're staying and end up murdering someone in this drug business and they don't tell anyone about the murder. Like you'd think like, you know, like something happens to somebody involved in the business. You would tell like your higher ups like, okay, yeah, we came back. This person's dead. What do we do? No, they try to like cover it up. They cover it up completely and just go on about their business Still like business as usual and they think that there's going to be no repercussions and um, the movie just kind of like ramps up from there. Um, I I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I I, re- I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I liked it a lot more than the critics enjoyed it. If you're looking yeah, at same. like, yeah, I, I give it a high taste as well. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think the ending is perfect. But I think like there's moments of comedy that Clark Duke brings to this. Um, his directorial style is definitely like inspired by like Quentin Tarantino. And I thought that as well when I watched this, Neil. It's crazy that you say that. But um, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. I'll, I'll give it a high taste. It. Um, this, this movie actually kind of surprised me. And um, 
you know, we, we get, we get scenes of like flashbacks of like the rise of frog and how he became this drug kingpin. They go back to 1985 and they show like where he was. He was the bottom of this rung of like drug dealers and then makes his way all the way to the top. And, um, I kind of like that this movie's break broken down into like five chapters, you know, and even if you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie, he'll have it broken down into like different chapters, you know, and this, this has the movie that's broke. I think it's like five or six chapters. You'll see like chapter one, chapter two, it'll actually pop up with that on the screen. Um, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'll give it a high taste that, and uh, yeah, this movie surprised me quite a bit. Um, Jake, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, it really, really took me by surprise. Um, this was a really surprise Tupperware for me, honestly. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff you guys are saying, though. Um, it was hard to not notice how Tarantino-esque it was, especially with the five chapters and the title cards and just the cinematography and the music. You can definitely tell he was a fan, but it never felt like parody. And I was on the edge of my seat this entire movie. I, I thought Clark Duke was hilarious. Um, I thought every little twist and turn just ramped it up even more and made it more exciting. Um, yeah, it's, it was, there wasn't a lot of exposition spelled out either. So you got to think a lot about like what the characters different motives for making the decisions they were. And I, I really appreciated that a lot too. It was very smart in that way. Um, I loved the soundtrack quite a lot too. Um, the Flaming Lips did a lot of the music, and they're one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, they even make an appearance in one of the bars singing a song, and I oh, thought really? that was all really tastefully well done. Yeah, I absolutely loved this movie. This was fantastic. I was blown away. I, you know who I thought was really good in this? The character of her, played by Vivica A. Fox. I thought she was really good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a it was, it was a very small part, but but yeah, she was really good. And I was. I, I thought, I was super Josh surprised Brolin's to see. Was good too. Who was that? Josh Brolin's daughter was really good too, I thought. Oh, Eden Brolin. She was very good. Um, and I was surprised that Michael Kenneth Williams showed up in this movie. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh my. From the wire. Yeah. I was. I thought the weakest actor was probably Vince Vaughn for me. Uh, he wasn't bad, but he, he never, like, they really wanted him to come off as this really scary, menacing, like, drug lord. And, and they crossed this weird line between like trying to make him somewhat sympathetic and very scary at the same time. So it never really kind of worked either way. And Did I, they de-age him? I was wondering that too. Like when they show him coming up, then they flash to the now. Like he didn't look any different. Well, to me, yeah. Well, to me, like he looked I don't know. He looked younger when they first showed him because at the end of the movie, Jake, like he's got gray hair. You can kind of see a little bit of the wrinkles, but like when they showed him, he did not look like swingers Vince Vaughn by any means, but he, he looked younger. He didn't age as much as the two people that he took on as protégés. <laughs> oh, I know. No shit. Steve, what did you think about Arkansas? Steve's on mute. Yeah, no, Steve, here, what do you here, think about your mute button? Steve, what do you uh, think? What do you think about? Uh, yeah, Steve, what do you? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I thought this was probably the, one of the worst pieces of film I saw this year. Uh, the fact that you guys told me Clark Gregg is, or not Clark Gregg, uh, whoever the fuck the the director is, um, Clark Duke, um, Hot Tub, Clark Gregg, Clark Duke, is that his name, Clark Duke. 
Clark, Jesus like, Christ, Clark, 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 Clark Gregg is the guy from, isn't yeah, that the guy from, from Agents uh, of Shield? Shield? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's close. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's not Clark Gregg. So yeah, Clark Duke, I thought he was the worst performer out of the entire thing. So the fact that you're telling me he's a director, like, even makes me hate this movie even more. Uh, I thought this was, this is going to be on my worst of the year for sure. The, I don't know what's worse, the writing or the performances, cause I don't know if, if nobody is delivering in it, but like, I don't know. I think Knock Around Guys is a better movie than this piece of shit. Uh, this is a huge toss. It don't waste your time. I can't believe all three of you like this movie. Uh, and, and Brian, I'm not that surprised to you because we are usually the opposite with things. And I might like shitty comedy, but like, this is shitty drama. This is shitty thriller. This is just shitty. I, I just like, there's an off screen death. Like, fuck this movie. I can't believe you guys like this movie so much. Oh wow! Jesus <laughs> Christ! Little dramatic. This is, a shit. this is a something you show of what not to do in movies. You want to see something good like this? Uh, I don't know anything else. Uh, a half decent, better version of this is Knockaround Guys with Vin Diesel from 2002, and that's a piece of shit. The only reason I like that because I was like 14, 15. I like that movie. Why are you and so angry? Like, Why are you so angry right I'm now? Sh- what's Dude, wrong I'm with so, you? I'm so, I'm so, well, I've had a couple what, of drinks. What's I'm going on? Are you- that you guys liked this so much. This is a this is a piece of trash. Well, look, look at you trying to shame us because we enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I really like the uh, I really like the off screen death. I mean, that was another example to me of like it not having to show everything. Like you uh, get to think about the okay. blanks. Actually, I'm, I think I think I'm going to Tupperware this movie now too, just to fucking piss Steve off a little bit more. <laughs> I, hope, no, I hope you do because you always give me so much shit over my things. I'm going to say I'm going to die on this hill. Fuck this movie. And fuck you guys for liking this. I still love you all as individuals, but fuck you for liking this movie. <laughs> wow, Steve. And Steve people, out. people think Not that the, people episode. think that this. people think that I'm mean and that I'm a bully. This is just this is a little oh, over. Please the- put your victim card away. It's one thing I hated. I'm so I'm so bully. <laughs> Look at me, Brad. I'm so I'm so. Hurt. Oh, I'm. Oh, dude, dude, you have not read the. E- Listen here, motherfucker. You have not. Re- <laughs> you have not read the emails that I fucking get from people so don't even don't even this is i'm not fabricating this shit there are people that legit i've been threatened i have been threatened i have been threatened that if someone saw me they would beat the shit out of me i dude what yes 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 you would not believe the things ridiculous that i read and what's funny What's fun? Oh, I was, I was telling, um, I was, I was, I was doing a podcast with, uh, Joe Stark and, uh, Dan Ramirez from Heroes of Noise, uh, Joe Stark of Starkcast. Um, and I was telling them about an email that I got from somebody. I have gotten to the point where it comes to like, when it comes to like the emails that people send that are like really mean, um, they, they, they pretty much let me know from either the title of the email or like the first, <laughs> or the first sentence. And so right. what, I have gotten to the point where I just delete them immediately. And okay. so like somebody sent me, somebody sent me this email and it was like, uh, it was like, uh, it was, it was titled like, uh, uh, listen here, Brian, the, um, uh, some, oh God, listen here, Brian, the ego, blah, 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 something or something. Or something. <sighs> and then, it, and then like you could read like the first sentence in the email in uh, like when I pulled it up on my phone, it said, first off, 
And then it was going to go on this tangent about me. And that's all I read. And so I, I deleted it. And then I went into my trash can and I deleted it from the trash. So I never read the email. So like this person thought that I read it. And like for the rest of the day, as I was like, I was working, I was driving around for the rest of the day. Whenever, whenever I thought about that email, I just started laughing hysterically because it was like, 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 cause like, there was multiple bullet points on this one. Cause it says first off. So like, I'm, I'm assuming that there's like, you know, secondly, and then like thirdly, and then lastly, and then lastly. Twice. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm assuming that there's a lot more to this email. And every time I like thought about that email, I laughed like uncontrollably. I laughed because it was like, Oh, this person, like they poured their heart on into this thing to, to shit on me. And, and I didn't read any of it. And, and like, so every time I thought about first off, and I'm like, I don't even know what first off, like what they were upset about because I deleted it. I just, first off, delete. First off, first off. And then like, I didn't get into it. I, I deleted the thing. I just, I laugh uncontrollably about that. Have no idea what you think about me, dude. Have no idea. I have no idea what your problem. I don't care. I don't care. I used to entertain those emails. I used to read yeah. those. And sometimes I'd get on the show and I'd talk about them and stuff like that. Steve, you, what? You were so angry. The fact that we like the, Movie. Oh my god. <laughs> he reminded me of those email flashbacks. Okay. Uh, no, honestly, it's only because, like, Brian, I've been on a few times now, and, like, like we both know that you like to get on the guest sometimes, and I understand, mm-hmm. and you've gone on me a few times. So, like, yeah. the one time I'm the lone shark, and sometimes I'll, I'll be like, you know what? You're right. Fine. Maybe, like, the time you were on with us with MIB, I was like, you know, I should have been harder on you for not liking it when I liked it. So I was like, you know what? Here on Pop Coach Leftovers, my third or fourth time on, I'm like, no, I'm standing my ground. Aww. I hated this movie. Nobody is going to tell me otherwise. That is so cute. That, like, not only, like, first, like, like Neil was like, it's all right. Then, then Brian's like, yeah, it was good. Then Jake's like, yeah, I really like this. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I wish I wasn't on view because I'm like, what is wrong with all of this? movie sucks. Like, like do we not see the same movie? So it's just like, it's better reaction, than Desperados, like, man. I, I, you know what? Maybe. No, and no, no, it's not. I would watch Desperados <laughs> over that. And if anybody wants to know what we're talking about, check out my episode of Desperados because Neil makes a great <laughs> entrance there with a new, with a, a breaking record there for us, but shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Steve, that is so adorable. I've, had a couple of drinks. It's... I've also had a couple of drinks. Oh Brian, god. So excuse me. Ooh, liquid, liquid courage. Liquid courage, Steve. Fuck you, Brian. Oh my god. You know what? Seriously, <laughs> even even when you're, even, I don't think I've ever heard Steve this drunk on a podcast. Even when yeah. you're, even when you're angry, Steve, it's just adorable. I just want to, I, pin, know, I, know. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to pinch your cheeks. That's what people are like, are you fighting with Steve? It's like, uh, fuck that guy. It's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel like you you're, you're trying to I feel like you're trying to attack me, but on the flip side, you're almost you're almost kind of doing that little sexual position that Deathstroke did on that Colombian woman. Like, you know it's, what I mean? It's like a fun wrestle. Yeah. You know, it's like it's puppies, like you know they're, like, they're biting, but they're not like hurting each other. It's like, "Hey, you." It's just like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like rawr. Um I I I I think I I think that this movie is uh I think this movie's a lot better than you give it credit for. I do. No way. No yeah, way. No. I do. No. I do. I don't think. I don't think Steve's ready for this debate. <laughs> ready? I am so ready because you're so wrong. I will prove every reason why it sucks. The only good thing is maybe the music and maybe the cinematography, but the writing. 
doesn't help where the performers are like, hey, this is our second take. All right, let's keep going. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, no one's even trying. It was was so bad. Oh, man. I like it that much more now that you said that. I mean, like, like, Steve, every time, I know, like, every time you say something, it's like, I almost love this movie a little bit more. Like, I wish. Fuck Arkansas. Not the state. Maybe the state. I don't think I've ever been there, but fuck this movie. Dude, I honestly, like, the more you keep talking about this movie, I want to turn this movie into a body pillow, and I just want to kind of, like, want (laughs) to snuggle with it all night. Better I than the do. mattress? I do. Those, uh, I do. Different ones? I want to like, oh my God. You know what I've been looking at on Facebook? Like they've been doing ads for these fucking, have you seen these gravity blankets? No. Yeah. Oh, my roommate got oh. one of those. He loves it. Dude, they're like dude. A weighted blanket? They're like a weighted blanket. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you like, like you fucking like, it's a weighted blanket, like a 25 pound blanket or some shit. And like you can adjust it and shit. And like it just like lays on you and it just fucking makes you feel like all warm and cozy and shit. I'm thinking it's kind of like being like back in the womb and shit. And, uh, people talk about how like they fall asleep instantly, like how they talk, you know, like it used to take them like, you know, forever to fucking fall asleep. Now they're like asleep within 10 minutes and shit. Yeah. I mean, I I don't have one, but my wife and I just got the sleep number bed and that's like been the, just like the savior. It's just, it's, really? if we're getting into like matches and sleeping wise, like the, because my wife loves like a much harder, a firmer stiffer, bed, firmer bed. And I am much more like soft, like, let me, let, let the bed like hug me sort of thing. Dude, so, dude, dude, uh, dude, dude, dude. So like, we got the like, sleep number bed and it's the best, it's the best investment we've done. We went, we, like, no joke. But which we side do you like, maybe. like, which side do you fuck on? <laughs> I don't know. It depends. <laughs> diagonal, side by side. What do you want? Uh, what, what if you're going to do a diagonal, do you have to have both sides in the same number now? It, 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 the number doesn't matter at that point, Jake. <laughs> Can you hold on? <laughs> uh, but, but Steve's no, like, true. my like, sleep, sleep number. number my like, sleep that's, no- that's the key. My sleep, <laughs> no, my sleep number is 69. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, dude. Like, like you, you guys would not be a good candidate for that fucking sleep fucking that sex thing. Yeah, but like, if like, because like we went through like three or four mattresses <laughs> in like seven years, and because like we just couldn't find the right one. Yeah, yeah, but you guys like, doesn't that like couples get paid to have sex and help us find the best mattress for intimacy? Does that sound like prostitution? Not really. They're paying. No, dude, 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 dude. Dude, they are paying you for sex. Yeah, but they're paying you to have sex. Sorry, they're not getting the videos or taking part in the act. Yeah, this is more of just like survey wise. Like this is where like that line, that legal line of like it's not porn. Jake, if I fucking paid you to hear about your sex, that's dude, that's fucked up, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. It's, it sounds like they're not. <laughs> I just want to say to hear about the what happens to the bed, not so much during the sack. No, no. Okay. Okay. No. I'm even if I fucking said Jake, I'm gonna pay you fucking you know three thousand dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a different mattress every fucking yeah, week. Dude, what you want to know? Jake's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, lay it out. You a check mark? Fill the blank. What do you want? What do you need? <laughs> this is make Mad Libs. <laughs> Oh man, I, I, 
I think I love Arkansas a little bit more now. And I think like I fuck that movie. Oh, I think I love it so much now. Oh God. Keep saying shit about it. Why would you bring that back into the conversation? I think I like it. It was awesome. It's not getting anything out of me. Oh no. It went from like one of my favorite things I watched this week. Yeah. What? What? Would you even put this on your top 20 of the year, Jake? Be honest. Yeah, possibly. I don't think I've Tupperware. I don't think I've Tupperware that much this year, to be honest with you. Fuck. Where's yo? Where's Finn and Johannes? Like, what? What is? What's Jake's record right now? What's 2020 look like for him? Because what the fuck, man? No way! No way! This movie sucks balls. Sorry, I'm done. Oh man! (sighs) (laughs) You you were on mute. Were you talking? Damn it! Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Little hello. <laughs> All right, let's uh, we're going to we're going to take a quick break. Actually, I'm going to take a I'm going to take like a 2-hour break. I'm going to watch Arkansas again and then we're going <laughs> to you. We can watch it together. Oh god, right, let's I'll guys at 10:45. All right, guys, yeah. We'll be back at 10:45. We're going to yeah, after we watch Arkansas again. And uh we'll talk about more pop pop pop. We'll be right back. <laughs> Oh my Steve god, that wasted. drunk that drunken Steve laughed. Steve, we're, we're, I know it's the family guy laugh. We are barely it's into the, okay. You're such a novice when it comes to drinking. Like, dude, novice, come on. dude. I'm like, dude, you don't <laughs> Drunken Steve is saving this episode. Huh? I'm talking. Oh, uh, we're not we're not even on I'm still recording. I was gonna say, are we still recording? Oh. <laughs> Michelle made a guest. We totally made yeah, that was a cameo appearance by Michelle. Guys, we'll be we'll be right back. Damn, these beats are so fresh. Snap! All right, we're back. Oh my god, Steve, standing yeah. standing up for yourself, sir. I've had enough. You guys, had enough. Give you, me my sword. You guys like this. Fuck you. You guys are all stupid. Fuck you. I'm Steve. What's wrong with you? You make fun of me for Sausage Party and you're going to like defend this movie? Fuck oh, you guys. Oh, Sausage Party was garbage. That was a like no way, party. sir. No ah, way, Neil. sir. That's a great religion. And uh, uh, I can't say the word. Fuck you guys. Oh my, Steve, have a few more drinks. <laughs> have a few more drinks there, buddy. Oh my. If, if I listen to some water, I'll tell you that. You're much. listening to a man get fucking drunk as shit right now is what you're <laughs> listening to. <laughs> I've waited all week for this. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, did you guys watch any of World's Most Wanted on Netflix? No. Until the first episode. I, I, Neil, I tried watching this. I, I got maybe 20 minutes into the first episode and I, it just didn't grab me. Like, th- I, I, I was watching, there was another kind of like drug cartel type, uh, documentary on Amazon right now that's so much better than this that dealt with, that mm-hmm. dealt with El Chapo. And this was dealing with El Mayo, the one that I was watching. And I, I, just, I really just wasn't engaged by this one. But like from the reviews that I've read about World's Most Wanted, it's, it's heinous criminals have avoided capture despite massive rewards and global investigations. The, the docuseries pro- profiles five of the world's most wanted. This is on Netflix. And I don't know. I, from what I'm reading, it's like they're saying like 
some episodes are great. Some episodes are not so good. What did you think? Yeah, I wasn't grabbed by this either. Um, it took me three different viewings to get all the way through the first episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not really in the mental space for this particular style of, of documentary right now anyway. Um, I think some of the other episodes might be more interesting because of the subject matter that they deal with. Yeah. Um, this just, like, I've heard so much about the Mexican drug cartels and the, you know, the Sinaloa cartel in particular yeah. over the last few years that it's a little, little bit oversaturated at this point. Um, but some of the other ones that maybe I don't know as much about, uh, might be more interesting. I'll give it, I mean, I'll continue watching it maybe, um, if I feel like it, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a taste it, I guess it's, it's well done. Um, it just, it didn't grab me either. So yeah. I could only get through 15 minutes and that was after two times of trying to watch it. So I, oh, I'll give it a low taste. Ouch. Yeah. I'll give it a low taste. It and some of the episodes might be better, but it's called World's Most Wanted. It's on Netflix. Uh, I did watch. Brian. Yeah, yeah, that's my name. What's I, up, I was, Steve? Yeah, no, <laughs> talk, talk to me, baby. <laughs> Brian, did you try? Brian, Brian, Brian man. Hey, Brian. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. Interrupt to tell you, I love. I know that you yeah, like man. that Arkansas movie, dude, and I know I didn't so like it, dude. But I, so I great. fucking love you, man. All right, I don't did care. You twice at fifteen minutes. Did you try like from the beginning again, or like ten minutes in? You were like, "Fuck this." I went like seven or eight minutes the first time, and then I gave it like another seven or eight minutes the second time, and I was like, "Fuck this." Wow. Yeah. It was so kind of. It was like it was like trying to listen to you talk about Arkansas. Makes sense. I got gotcha. you. That's got how you. I felt about World's Most Wanted. Okay. Okay. Like Fair it was enough. like it was like the world's most least wanted opinion. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'll go back on mute. Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guys, I'm I'm trying to rile up a drunkard. Is is what is happening right now? I'm try, I'm trying to rile. That shouldn't be hard. That's like <laughs> who's the drunkard? <laughs> you sir. God damn it, <laughs> I'm just I'm just your your new name is Michelob. Um, <laughs> what? No, no, sir. No, nay. <laughs> no, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you say nay? <laughs> yeah, nay, good sir. Nay. I will not take Michelob. I would take maybe Coors Light or something better than. Oh, you fucking... know, you know, you know what mas- Corona. You know what mascot? I, <laughs> no. no. You know what mascot I loved in, in, in alcohol? I was thinking about this. I, I love, uh, Keith, Keith Stone from Keystone Light. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yes, you remember? Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is. You don't remember Keith? His name was Keith Stone, and he was the Keystone. He was the Keystone Light fucking uh, mascot for a while. A guy named Keith Stone. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I loved Keith Stone. Very funny. Very funny. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah! I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah! He was like the. Um, the progressive guy for Keystone Light. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's funny. <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm Keystone. <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks premiered on CBS All Access. Uh, this is going to be a 
10 episode series, uh, the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships, the USS, is it Cerritos? Yes. The USS Cerritos have to keep up with their duties, often while the ship is being rocked by a multitude of sci-fi anomalies. It's an adult animated comedy. So this is a, this is an animated series. It's not to be taken seriously. It is an animated comedy, an adult animated comedy. It's developed by Mike McMahon. He's also uh, one of the guys behind uh, Solar Opposites with Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland of uh, of uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, Alex Kurtzman is also a producer on this. Lower Decks follows the support crew of the USS Cerritos in the year 2380. It stars Tawny Newsome, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid from The Boys... Jack Quaid from The Boys, uh, Noel Wells and Eugene Cordero voice Lower Decks crew members of the Cerritos. This dropped on CBS All Access. Did everybody get a chance to watch this one? Yes. Yeah. Steve, I'll start with you. I, Neil, Neil, you are like our, you're our resident Star Trek, probably like super fan. So I'll, I'll talk to you about this here, uh, uh shortly, but I, I want to hear from our resident drunkard, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about this, you fucking alcoholic? Not going to lie, Brian. Pretty proud of myself for getting a title on this show, uh, but I didn't see this one. You did? Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. Uh, Then uh, we'll be moving (laughs) on. He started it, then he blacked out. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, what's CBS access? I'm like looking, I'm like, there's no commercial, there's no co- there's no cartoons. Steve Steve is so fucking drunk. He watched he watched Deathstroke Knights and Demons part <laughs> part one again and thought it was part two. <laughs> he was like uh anyway. Um <laughs> Jake, what did you think about this? Oh, I thought this was so good. This is probably my, um, this, this and Arkansas were just so good this week. I, it was so wild seeing Star Trek have such adult humor and go that direction. Like it's just something I never expected Star Trek to do. Um, you know, and I, I love my fair share of Star Trek, but it can be very rigid at times and unwilling to kind of, just be goofy and be off the rails in the way that this show does. Like it, it took a lot of liberties with the Star Trek license and I think they paid off. I, it still felt very true to Star Trek. Like it wasn't so off the rails that you didn't believe it couldn't take place in this universe. Um, Oh yeah, this was absolutely brilliant. I loved the title sequence to this show. I thought that was just Uh, fucking on the mark. Brilliant. the, 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 The attack on the Borg. And they, they, yeah. they, they, the ship, the Cerritos literally watches this attack on the Borg and then just makes a beeline in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like any normal Star Trek series has these like numerous, like glorious shots of just the ship going from point A to point B. And this does that except like in a bunch of different embarrassing scenarios for the, for the ship. This and, feels, this show feels like it was inspired because we're dealing with, we're dealing with characters that are on the lower decks of the of the Enterprise. Now they do interact with characters that are on the bridge of the Cerritos, but like these are lower decks characters. Like these are characters that are like not important, uh, and they're and they're not necessarily like red shirts. You know what I mean? They're just like 
they're just like officers and, and, and people that are like not important as far as like, you know, as far as like the people on the bridge, you know what I mean? Like the real high ranking officers. And, um, it reminded me of, it felt like they were basically taking a page out of that Star Wars fan show where like you got to see like the, the, the janitors in the Star Wars universe. Do you, oh, I remember that. It was a live was, action thing. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a Star Wars thing. And like they, they were the, they were the janitors of, of like one of, of like the, of the Death Star or something. Or they were, you know what I mean? You remember what I'm, ta- you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I forget what that was called. It's, at first I thought you were talking about troops, but you're not talking about that. You're talking about, that was like a cops parody. No, they, like you'd literally see like these guys like mopping up like the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Except this goes even that extra mile. Like, because it's animated, mm-hmm. it's able to just get completely ludicrous. Like, when it comes to the, the virus spreading and the stuff they do with that. Like, it, it just, it really takes advantage of being animated. And it, well, this, I, this was the highest of Tupperwares for me. This, this is yeah. an absolute must watch and a reason to have CBS All Access for 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like, in this first episode, we see, like, kind of, uh, them going to a planet to give them communication so that they can communicate with the Federation. They feel like this, this life form that's on this planet is ready for communications with the Federation and they're setting up communication. And one of the higher officers gets bit by a bug on this planet and it turns him into kind of like a zombie. And then there's a zombie outbreak on the USS Cerritos and hilarity ensues. I, but I, I, I love, I think Jack Quaid is so good. Like you've got some of these, um, actors that are coming up that are, that are, you know, you know, the offspring of like, celebrities, you know, Jack Quaid is the son of Meg Ryan and, um, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid and, and, um, you know, and like, I think, I think he's super fucking talented. I loved him in the boys. I loved him in that one. Oh God, what was that rom romance movie that he did? Um, with the girl from, what was it? Oh, it's plus one, plus one. You can watch it on Hulu. And I think he's great in plus one. I thought he was fucking fantastic in that. And he's really, really fucking great in this. I also give it a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. Like, it's not, for me, it's not as good as Rick and Morty, but like, it's as close as you're going to get to seeing Star Trek go that route. And so I thought it was really good. Neil, what did you think about this? Yeah, I fucking love this. Um, I'm going to Tupperware right off the bat. It, it, it was excellent. Um, I, I loved all the little references to previous Treks, uh, throughout the show, especially there at the end. Um, so that was, there was a lot of really fun stuff for people like me who are big time Trekkies. I mean, they even referenced fucking cetacean ops, which, uh, <laughs> is a thing there. There's a, in, on the uh, enterprise D from the next generation, there's an entire room full of dolphins and whales, apparently according to the schematics of the ship. Um, I love the fact that it's a, it's a California class ship. And all the shuttles are named after, uh, national parks in California, like Yosemite, um, 
Redwood, uh, Joshua Tree. Um, I thought it was really fun to see Star Trek taken in a new direction and played more for the campiness of the original series. Um, and there, there was a really, really good interview with, uh, with Mike McMahon on a, a YouTube channel called Trek Culture, where he talked about how much of a Star Trek nerd he was and just how much love he poured into this. And you can really tell. And the voice acting is incredible. The writing so far is great. I mean, we've only got one episode, obviously, but if it stays with this semi Rick and Morty style, and semi Star Trek style kind of mixed together. It's, I think it's going to be a great, great fucking show. It's already been greenlit for two seasons. So great. like we're, awesome. don't worry about this show getting renewed for a second season. They already ordered two seasons. They have that much confidence in it. So I, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking loved it. Um, I'm still looking at the mildly vagina page on Reddit. Um, <laughs> Side note, but no, I loved this fucking show. Yeah. Star Trek Lower Decks on CBS All Access. So highly recommend this one. I think it's, uh, Jack Quaid so good in the series. Love Jack Quaid. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm really enjoying Jack Quaid. I think he's super talented. It's crazy how good he is. And it's like, it feels like he just came out of nowhere, but he came out of Meg Ryan's vagina years ago. He went to uh, was he, uh, NYU as well. Okay. Yeah, I was in a was play. Was he the main character? He was, yeah. Yeah. Boyland, yeah. Boimler. Yeah. Um, okay. He, he was in, I was in a play last summer with one of his classmates. Um, he said he was just, he was a really nice guy who was really, really good in class. So That's cool. Good to hear that. That's so fucking cool. Oh man. Yeah, I can't wait for the second episode. I feel like one episode was not enough. I feel like they should have dropped two. I feel like they should have yeah. dropped two. But they're doing I this whole like, watched it. Same here. I mean they're, but they're doing this whole like I think it's like thirty weeks of Star Trek on CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Um so they're doing basically they're doing the lower decks first season, then they're gonna follow that with Discovery season three. Ah. So it's gonna be every week you're gonna have a new Star Trek episode of something. Um I mean, I've watched this one three times now, and I fucking love it so what much. What do you think? What do you think about all three of these Star Trek movies being put on hold now? Um, I understand why they're doing it. it they're they're everything is so up in the air right now. They don't even know when they're going to get started making stuff again. Um, I'm disappointed that the Quentin Tarantino one seems to be dead because I oh, was God. interested did, to see that. Did you read the description of what it would have been? Yeah, which is one of my favorite original series episodes. So I was really excited to hear about that. Oh, God. That piece yeah. of the action. Uh, that's a great episode. And then um, there was the Noah Hawley one is not going to go forward. <laughs> they don't know what they're going to do with that. And then also like the whole like uh, they're going to bring Chris Hemsworth back. As yeah. Kirk's father. George Kirk. Yeah. And, uh, do that whole movie. So all three of these movies have just been put on hold indefinitely because they really don't know where they're going to do with Star Trek going forward. Like, it seems like everything is just going to be series based right now, which I feel like in a lot of ways, like 
that's, that's kind good. of like what we're looking forward to with the Star Wars stuff with like the Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I'm, I'm, I'm even looking forward to the, uh, what was that? The Rogue One spinoff. You know, the Cassian Andor the show. Cassian Andor show. But like, I mean, but I, I can't, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I want to see what Taika Waititi does with Star Wars, you know, in that, in those movies. Mm-hmm. I really do. So, yeah. Mm. Steve, have you passed out yet, sir? No, sir. I'm still here. All right. I watched, I, I haven't watched the whole thing. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the whole thing. I'm only about 30 minutes in, but I am going to talk about it real quick because I think people can, should, should start watching this. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, uh, there is a, uh, documentary and it just dropped on Crackle. You can watch it for free on Crackle or Popcorn Flicks. And, uh, it's called Cleaning Cleaning up the town, remembering Ghostbusters, and it's the cast and crew of Ghostbusters discuss making the film. And uh, it's got interviews from pretty much everyone. Like, they even dive into, like, the archives and give you old interviews with uh, the late Harold Ramis talking about uh, Ghostbusters here. And they talk about the script and how much it changed. Um, you know, it was originally basically like they were, um, ghost janitors and it was kind of like they, like, uh, they were just, uh, basically you would make a phone call and they would send out kind of like the Orkin man comes out there and takes care of like bugs in your home. You would call. Uh, yeah, Hepner, uh, Daniel Hepner, uh, which that joke didn't go over with anybody who doesn't know Daniel Hepner. Um, <laughs> great guy. Great guy. We had him on last week. He works, he, does he work for, is it Orkin? Does he work for Orkin or Terminex? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, we probably, he probably doesn't want anybody yeah. to know. Um, can I get back to this Ghostbusters thing, Neil? Sure. I'm fucking with you. Um, Ghost. <laughs> But they talk about how the script changed. Like the, the original Ghostbusters were supposed to be like you call in and like Ghostbusters was like a franchise. And so that they would just send out like Ghostbuster employees to your home to get rid of the ghosts. And um the movie was supposed to be about the guys that were the worst of the guys in the company. And it was originally supposed to star Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, and Eddie Murphy. And, um, it, that changed, of course, with the death of John Belushi. And then they brought in Harold Ramis to kind of be like a script doctor. And then they just thought after he started working on the script, like, why don't we just have him star in this? Like they loved, they loved him in stripes and let's just have him star in this. And then they added Bill Murray and, it's the interviews with Ramus are so good. Um, they have interviews with just like minor characters in the, in the movie. They talk to the, the woman that played the librarian in like one of the opening scenes with the ghostbusters. They have, they brought in the, the two actors that played the, the kids that were involved in that psychic testing that Bill Murray's character of Vankman has, you know, and they talk about, uh, um, you know, like their, their scenes and stuff like that in the movie. 
and uh, they bring in people from like uh, you know production design and people that you know made the creatures and and you get to really learn about like you know how this movie was made and how it came together because the deadline that they gave them you know they started talking about this movie I think in like May of 1983 and they said it's got to come out by June of 1984 and how quickly they had to pull all this together and how the script changed so much throughout this they talk about um, how they got Sigourney Weaver to get onto this film and how like they never thought that they would get somebody of her caliber. Like we're talking about the woman that played Ripley in Alien and how she did a screen test for Ivan Reitman, the director, and how he was just like blown away at the fact that she started to like, you know, change into, into like one of those fucking like demon dogs, you know? And, 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 and he was like, don't worry. I will never show anyone the fucking, you know, the, 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 uh, the audition tape here. Cause like she was really getting into it. And, um, I love this thing so yeah. far. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not through, I'm not even through. I think I've watched like a little over 30 minutes and it's a two hour documentary and it's, it's fascinating. It's so fucking good. I cannot wait to watch the rest of this. Steve, have you so seen cleaning this? Up the town? It clean it. Yeah. Cleaning up the town. Remembering Ghostbusters is what it's called. No, that, what yeah. I was going to ask like, was Whoa, what's up? <laughs> Did he pass that on his button? No, I'm here. I'm just thinking, I, I don't oh. want to interrupt. That's all. Oh, that's all you've been doing. Damn it. <laughs> like, uh, the one, the on? one thing that, that you're trying to avoid thing. doing is yeah, the was, one thing you've been asking. doing this entire time. <laughs> I was asking what, what, what channel this is on. Oh, it, you can watch it on, I, and I said this before if you were listening, but apparently you weren't. Um, nope. <laughs> it's on, you can, you can watch it on Sony's Crackle app or for free with ads, or you can watch it on Popcorn Flicks and that's F-L-I-X, Popcorn Flicks. So you can watch it on those two. I would recommend watching it on Crackle. Yeah, no, I was just going to add that like Ghostbusters is like historically like one of the worst production performances in general where it's like nobody knew what was going on. I think it yeah. was like the toys that taught us or whatever that they were showing us. So like, the movies that like, made us. or Yeah, movies that made us. Like they, they were saying like the whole production of Ghostbusters was like a miracle of what they were able to make. And like yeah. I'll watch anything that – like you have a documentary with Harold Ramis involved. I need to see it because I think he's a like a genius when it comes to writing in general because he really knew how to uh, tighten up a script whether he's yeah. in the movie or not. Yeah. Like, like he – like as a ghostwriter in general, like – Harold Ramis really came in and saved a lot of projects that you might not even know about. I don't even know about, like not like you, but just in general. So it's just no. He I, was. I, I, I want to see this. Like, he was this a sounds good. fantastic script doctor when it came to like coming yeah. onto this and like changing. Because like Ackroyd, like if they would have went with Ackroyd's original script, I, I this it would not have been the same movie at all. Oh yeah, um, no, he saved the movie. The, like they, they like. They shot things not knowing if like music was going to be allowed and they mm. shot it anyway because they were like, fuck it. We got to make sure. And they, they got lucky. Like Ghostbusters is like a, like lightning in a bottle, not even diamond in the rough. Like, they talked about, they talked about like the set and stuff like that. They talked about the, um, the firehouse that they used, the fire, the, the exterior, yeah. the exteriors for the firehouse that they used were actually a firehouse in New York, but the interiors were from a firehouse in, California, I think like San yeah, Francisco, no, like, that. like San Francisco. 
But they said, ironically enough, that both of these firehouses were built in the same year. So yeah. it looked like it, wow. yeah, it, it looked like, like the interiors worked, even though that we're talking about two different coasts here. So I, I'm, dude, I'm fucking blown away by this documentary and I'm only 30 minutes in and we're getting to hear from like all the people that were involved in the production, Harold Ramis, people that were in, involved in like the creature design, the set design, the puppets and things like that. They're talking about the creation of Slimer, um, how Slimer was inspired by John Belushi, who was originally supposed to be one of the Ghostbusters and how when he passed away, they still wanted to pay homage to him and throw him into the movie somehow and like his eye movements and the way he he would move his eyebrows and stuff like that was like, you know, Slimer, the way he would like move and act and stuff like that was a tribute to John Belushi. I, you know, a lot of the stuff I knew before, but they're really breaking it down in, in detail. And it's fascinating because like, I fucking love this movie. And like, they do go over a lot of the stuff that the movies that made us went over, but I still think that this is like a more definitive fucking documentary. Like they talk about how John Candy was originally going to be Louis Tully, uh, the character that Rick Moranis played, but John Candy demanded that the character be German and own a bunch of dogs. (laughs) And then they got into. Yeah. Then they got into the fact that honestly it was those two things, but John Candy was demanding a lot more money now. And, um, yeah. So watch this. It's called, um, uh, cleaning up the town, remembering Ghostbusters and you can watch it for free and it's on crackle or popcorn flicks. I recommend watching it on crackle. You will have to see it with ads, but it is really fucking good. Um, and I'm only 30 minutes in and I cannot wait to finish it. Uh, and the f- final thing I want to talk about, I don't know. Did anybody else have, did anybody have any personal good pop, bad pop that they wanted to go over? Neil? No. I mean, I just watch stuff week to week, like Titan games and Holy Moly and yeah. Patrol and Perry Mason. But other than that, no, I don't want to go over anything. What about you, Steve? Uh, did you see the tax collector? No, um, I can, okay. I have access to it now. I can watch it tomorrow if I want to, but I haven't seen it. It's like, it's getting destroyed on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like less than, it's got like a 20% or less than. Is it that low? Oh, sure. wow. I didn't well, that's the, for the critic the score. That's the critic score, but like the audience score is yeah. at a 60%, which is like the minimum. It's, it's a minimum for like an acceptable score. If you're at 59, it's rotten for the audience, but it's at a 60 right now. Yeah, I can talk about the tax collector. Um, what else have I, uh, I want, uh, I, I actually want to talk about, uh, I, I started watching Cheers because I, I watched Frasier like five times, six times over. Yeah. So I wanted to see what was going on in Cheers, most of that. Um, and then, uh, I did a Cheers rewatch. I talked about it on PCL a couple years ago, but I did a Cheers rewatch. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because like I'm watching it now knowing who Frazier is. So like I haven't yeah. seen the first two seasons yet. I started at season three where Frazier shows up because I didn't want to like it. Cause I've, I've, I've tried Cheers a few times and it's kind of boring the first season, the first couple episodes. No, it is uh, not. Oh my God. Those fucking coach is so good. Coach. He's co- good, but he's like there's, there's not enough of the, like I, I'm not a big fan of Diane. And I, I was love very Diane. Surprised when she leaves, Diane's oh, really? like my favorite character. I love Diane. Uh, I can't stand her, but like Rebecca's not that good. But like 
Cheers to me after like, cause I'm like 10 seasons in out of 11 and cheers to me is just another how I met your mother. Um, but, I like, disagree a hundred percent, but like how I met your mother focuses more on what happens outside the bar. You know what I mean? Like cheers is more of like what's going on inside the bar. So like, it's not the same exact thing, but it's, it's very, I feel it's very similar. Um, but like, I feel like Cheers gets better later on in seasons. I wasn't that big of a fan of Diane. I, I, but like, honestly, it was more of the writing with her because it was, it was very repetitive every year. Oh, you just said the same thing. I loved it. I loved the dynamic yeah. between Sam and Diane. I loved oh, it. Okay. Like, uh, this retired baseball player and, you know, recovering alcoholic who now owns a bar. And uh, in the first season, I think there is an episode where he falls off the wagon and starts drinking again. And um, uh, yeah, he, he does what at least when Diane gets married or tries to marry Free or right before Free. Yeah. There's like one season four, or season five. He's like off the wagon. They have to get Diane to like coach goes and finds her. So I love um, I love every season of Cheers. I think it's just a, just an incredible show. It's like one of the all time best series of all time. I love. I love how Cliff views like the U.S. Postal Service as like oh, a branch. Great. As yeah. a, oh, yeah. I think he once, views it as I'm like a branch of the military. 11. He th- he like that that uniform. He acts like he's like he's he acts like he's a fucking marine. You know, it's so funny. Oh yeah. I, once <laughs> once I'm done with season eleven, I'll go back and do the first two seasons. But I only jumped into it because of Frasier, and Frasier, the Frasier that I know from the series, doesn't really show up until like season eight. Like, it's like from like three to seven, it's like, it's a different, it's, he's more like Niles. Uh, and then they like, he gets more, or maybe it's just because of the bar, he turns into the Frasier that I know in Frasier. Uh, but it's very, it's very interesting to see the evolution of him because, you know, we're introduced to him being uh, a love interest for Diane, trying to marry Diane. Mm-hmm. And like, the show was smart enough to keep him around. And Kelsey Grammer does a great job at evolving him, but like, the Frasier that like we know from the show, like I feel like he doesn't show up until season eight. I think, and I also find it hysterical that his mom shows up in Cheers, but she's dead in the in Frasier, and in Cheers, his he has no, or his father's dead, and he has no siblings. But in that's Frasier, addressed. That is addressed in Frasier. Oh, I know. Oh no, I know. I yeah. know. I, I've seen all those all those episodes, so I know that's addressed. So it's like it's funny watching it now in cheers when he like talks about it i'm like liar liar because in my head i'm like you just don't want to tell you don't want to talk about niles you want to talk about your dad being a cost like that's just like like that's like my head yeah i've seen fraser already so it's but it's funny and like seeing his mom because they talk so highly of her in fraser so seeing her show up in cheers to me is like wow this is a big event but it's like it's not in cheers because fraser's not invented yet so it's just it's very interesting retro watching the series. Uh, what what's going to happen? Are they going to bring back like they were talking about bringing back having another Frasier revival show? They did, but and they said they were going to like acknowledge like how um was it John McLaney? Is that his name? Plays his dad? Um, like how he won't be involved because he passed yeah. away a few well, years ago. Well, I but... think they were talking about not having him back in Seattle, but having him in a, not in Boston either, but a completely new city altogether. Yeah, because at the end of Frasier, I think he goes to I think San Francisco or something. But like what, I, what I'm West worried Coast, about that is leaves. like I feel like it's going to be I think it's going to be just as successful as like I love Kelsey Grammer, I love the character of Frasier, 
but I feel yeah. like it would, I feel like it would be just as successful as like the Murphy Brown revival, which didn't only lasted one season. So I don't I, know. Frazier is different because Frazier, I feel like has had a revival. Like the only reason I know about Frazier is like my parents watched Frazier because like I watched Seinfeld with them, but I didn't watch Frazier with them. But watching it as an adult, I'm like, this is great. So like, I feel like if Frazier was watched a lot on Netflix and now it's on Hulu, if they do a revival, Frazier's one of those shows like Will and Grace that but could they actually did, go a few seasons. They don't know what the, here's the thing, Steve. They, there are three or four different, like, um, they've had like three or four different pitches for like what they would do if they brought Frazier back. I don't think that they've narrowed it down. They don't know where they want the character to go. That's if good though. I want, but that's good to hear though. Cause that, that means they're not just like, like they're, they're not just trying to uh, do a cash grab. They're actually trying to, what they do with Frazier, there is very, there was very, um, uh, edu, not educational, but just very, uh, like, like they, the thought process was more like the writing in Frasier was much so good. more etiquette it's than so good. Cheers, you know? Oh, and oh like, totally. They, 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 they expanded upon that character. That, that's, right. So it's I like, get it. so yeah. if they continue that again though, it would, like, I'm glad that they're not just like trying to like do like Will and Grace or like Parks and Rec. Like, let's just do like one episode. Like, no, they're like, Kelsey Grammer's like, it, like, I need to like the script. So. I'm glad that it sounds like they're taking it seriously where it's like, we're not going to just do willy nilly Frasier reboot. Like it needs to be worth bringing back. Frasier it is because like Frasier for me ends with him going off somewhere to like San Francisco. Yeah. Freddie, the actor, he's in the magicians or the magicians just ended, but he's a main character in the magicians and he's doing great. So Freddie can easily come back. Oh, his son, his son. Yeah, yeah, Frederick, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. like, so like, he can replace the John Mulaney's character as the father since he passed away. You can still have Niles, uh, Daphne, of course, they're married and everything. Roz, like, everybody else is still alive. Like, that could be an, an actual. I feel like that they. I feel like the, I feel like they would move him to a completely new city, and it would be a completely new cast. So you don't think Roz would come back? Or I think I, I think come back. I think that they would be cameos, just kind of like how Woody was a cameo mm-hmm. on Cheers. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so what? So what's Fraser doing? He ha- he's not on the radio, but he's still in. Uh, is he just have his own practice, like season eleven or twelve, like the last season of Fraser? Maybe he, he does his own practice. Maybe this is Fraser in his retirement years. Hmm. Okay. So I, I mean, I would say this about Frasier. Frasier is one of those shows that like, it's a comfort show for me. Um, and it got me through a lot of rocky times in my life. Like when I went through my divorce and I needed something to watch, like my divorce was like, it wasn't like, it was, it was rough on me, like emotionally. And like Frasier was like that show that I would watch throughout my divorce. And so like it really like helped me through that period of my life. So I love that show so much. Like I watched it when it was originally on. I watched it when it was originally on. I, I watched like the, the finale. I remember watching it the night that it aired, but like I've come back to Frasier. Like that's, it's one of those shows. It's like a comfort show for me. It's just so funny and it's so well written and. Uh, I fucking love that show. I just, I'm worried that if they tried a revival show that they would fuck it up. Like, don't fuck this up for me. Cause I 
fucking love that show so much and i love the yeah, characters so much and i loved it i loved them on cheers and the introduction to lilith on cheers is one of the funniest fucking episodes of television that oh, has ever aired dude she is perfect they never change her but like <laughs> she evolves but like she's lilith from day one mm-hmm. like that's the one thing like that's the one character that sticks and she is so fucking good she's like really i'm good. attracted to lilith like she's so good what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's very good. She's very good. Um, did you, did anybody get a chance to, uh, Jake, I know you saw this, but did anybody else get a chance to check out Peacock's series, Brave New World? No, I, I saw the first two episodes. I've watched the first two. Jake, have you gone further? No, I've watched the first two episodes. Um, I didn't realize Peacock had a paywall until this series. Oh, talk to me, dude. I'm subscribed now. Oh, yes. Awesome. I will. Okay. Yeah. Um, the series imagines a utopian society. What? What? What's going on there, Steve? Unsubscribe? What? You can, you, okay. You, there's, you can watch Peacock for, <laughs> you can, hold on. You can watch Peacock for free. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that they have available for free. You can watch the first two episodes of Brave New World on Peacock for free. But if you want to continue with that series, you have to pay 4.99. Now, if you want to watch all of their content ad-free, then you can add an additional, I believe, $5 to your subscription and you can watch things ad-free. Now, I just went for the 4.99 subscription that way I could finish Brave New World and that way I could watch, you know, shows like Hitman and other things that they're going to be showing on Peacock, but yeah, the Peacock, you can watch half of their content for free. Uh, the other half you have to pay. There's a paywall for four ninety nine a month on a subscription. Unless you have an old Apple TV, and then you can't even get the app. Mm. I had to get the app on my PS4, man, because they don't have it. It's like the HBO Max thing where they don't have it available on Roku. So I'm having to watch mm. Peacock and HBO Max on my PS4. But the series imagines a utopian society that has achieved peace and stability through the pro- prohibition of monogamy, privacy, money, family, and history itself. It is an adaptation of the 1932 novel of the same name by British author Aldous Huxley. It was developed by David Weiner. There's a name for you. David Weiner and uh, comic book writer Grant Morrison also helped in this, Jake. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you see? I didn't know that. Did you see his name pop up? Were you? Did, what? Are the, like when I saw Grant Morrison pop up, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I'm actually pretty familiar with the original Audeus Huxley novel here, and when I saw Grant Morrison's name popped up, I went, "Oh, that's that's basically perfect." <laughs> this one so much sense. <laughs> this one stars uh, Alden Ehrenreich. He played uh, Han Solo in the uh, Solo movie. Uh, Jessica Brown Finley, Harry Lloyd, Harry Lloyd, and, uh, Harry Lloyd, is that a combination of both characters from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like if they merge together. Yeah. So person. this actor's real name nice. is Harry Lloyd, which is the first names of both characters from Dumb and Dumber. That's, he's gotta be the, that's the dumbest name in all of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. This guy pees in his own jars and then drinks his own pee. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other main character, right? 
Yeah, yeah. You, yes. You've got the three main characters: Alden yeah, Ehrenreich, yeah. and then Jessica Brown Finley, and then Harry Lloyd. Harry um, Lloyd, okay. And then uh, Demi Moore also stars in this. Demi Moore, she, isn't she like sixty now? Uh, I'm not sure how old Demi Moore is. Let me get on the Google. Yes. Doesn't she look fantastic for 60, though, or whatever, however old she is? 57. 57. She looks fantastic for 57. Oh, yeah. No doubt. What, 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 how do you do that at 57? And it's not Botox. She's not doing that Courtney Cox bullshit. They're not injecting her with Botox. This is just, this is just. Unicorn blood. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like Demi. Oh, speaking of unicorn, I bought this, I bought this popcorn stuff. You ever seen the pop, what's it called? Popcornopolis or whatever the fuck that popcorn is with the flavored popcorn? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're really bright colored colored popcorns they've got one called unicorn popcorn and it tastes like lemons and berries now that sounds delicious it's really fucking good check it out people i I, where did i buy that i bought it at kroger's if you don't have kroger's i don't know go online look for it um it's really it's good it's a and 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 it's got all these colors like pink and all these little Colors, Jake. It looks, it does. It looks like, it does, it looks like a unicorn. Um, Jake, what did you think about the first two episodes of Brave New World? Yeah, I liked it a lot. This show is actually a Tupperware for me, and I thought it was one of those shows that they were going to release one episode a week, and then just realized a couple days ago when I went to watch the second episode that all the episodes are available. They're just behind a paywall. Yeah. So I've just been kind of waiting. You get a seven day free trial. And I was like, well, the next day I get off, I'm going to get this trial and just watch the rest of the series. Cause I was surprised at how faithful it was to the original book, which I mean, shockingly enough came out in the thirties. I don't know if you know much about this book, but it's one of those books, like almost like of mice and men and catcher in the rye. That's been banned in multiple states. For, that's another great example. Multiple schools, multiple states, multiple countries have at different times in history completely banned kids from reading this book because of, you know, it's anti-government viewpoints that they kind of present. Uh, this book is still banned in Ireland to this day, um, which is pretty wild. And I, the show did a really good job of adapting the book, but kind of pushing certain ideals to modern history. Um, the biggest example of that, I think, is the uh, the Savage Land stuff. Like, it's basically exactly the same in the book, except they've kind of changed the history of the inhabitants in the Savage Land. Where in the book, it was more of your, like, Indian-type characters. Where in this, it's more of your, like, white trash Caucasian-type characters. Um, yeah, this was, yeah, absolute Tupperware for me. I thought the special effects were really well done. Um I thought the second episode was even better than the first episode, but I loved the first episode too. And, um, both episodes have great cliffhanger endings. Um, I mean, I already know kind of the big aha moment that's going to come in the next two or three episodes. And I'm excited to see how they're going to deal with that. They're definitely foreshadowing that it's going to throw down exactly the same way it did in the book. Like the aha moment, if you know what it's going to be is definitely seed planted in these first two episodes already and yeah i thought this was absolutely wonderful great performances from everyone all around can't wait to 
blitzkrieg the next seven episodes i uh man i i think there's a lot of really cool stuff in this like you've got people that are they've got people labeled as like alphas and betas in this which i thought was cool but then also like on the flip side that you've got uh uh, things that have kind of been outlawed, you know what I mean? Like monogamy. So everybody, nobody, nobody is in an exclusive kind of like relationship. Uh, people just, you know, uh, if, if you have sexual desires, basically everybody is just like free game. Everybody, it's just like free love. They feel like, I feel like they feel like a monogamous relationship can also lead to jealousy, which, which, which can lead to like, you know, I mean, look at what happens. Like, like, let's look at, let's look, fuck, let's look at OJ. You know what I mean? Fucking what yeah. happened there with, with, uh, you know, them having problems in their marriage and like her looking outside the marriage and seeing somebody else. And then he fucking gets all jealous and fucking kills them both. And, uh, you know, they, and they're so far removed from that. They don't even understand the concept of why you would even have. Yeah, they, you know, they, monogamous they, they like, go, what, they, what even is love and what the fuck is that? They go to Savage Lands, which is an amusement park where people are allowed to break the rules of this society and you watch a wedding go down and these people are, it's like a foreign thing. They don't understand what a wedding is, what, what, what pe- two people, uh, basically saying that they've, they've saved themselves for the, for, for each other to get married and they'll never be with anyone else and, 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 and like to listen to them talk about like wedding and and marriage and stuff like that it's so virginity <laughs> virginity and how foreign this is to them it, it just kind of like i don't know i i think it's an incredible concept i think that you uh and what i told you jake in a message is i think that you have to watch at least the first two episodes of this to really get a feel for what this series is going to be and I stick by that. I really feel like the end of the second episode really kind of opens up what this show is. Um, but, uh, Steve, you watched this. What did you think? Yeah, uh, I thought it was, it was good. It just like, for like, I thought the first episode wasn't that great. Um, I felt like I was really interested in, um, like maybe 40% of the story in the first episode. And the second episode got really interesting. And you're right. You need both episodes. This is one of those shows where you can't, you can't bail after the first one. Like there's a couple of shows where like I have done that and don't get me wrong, but like for, for this one, I don't know the story. I didn't read the book. Uh, but like you need the first two to decide if you want to continue. I want to continue, but I haven't seen anything else on Peacock worth getting the subscription. So I haven't gone any further into the series. So I'm waiting to see what happens. I haven't seen this other Hitman uh, show you're talking about. So maybe if yeah, I get yeah, more interested yeah. in the other stuff that they, they have, maybe I'll get the, maybe I'll get it and, and suspend another uh, platform I have right now with streaming. But like, it's good, but like, like the budget feels like NBC. Like it reminds me of that, like that timeline or timeless or whatever that show was they had like two or three years ago where they had a movie to end it, where it's just like the, the, the production, the budget of it is just, it's not as good as what the story is. It's just like, this would be a lot better on HBO or FX or something even just like NB. I feel like, and even though NBC is universal, the fact that this feels like something that would go on NBC, but they're, they are pushing that R rating. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of, uh, sex and, and, and shit in the show, but like, 
you know, it just like, it's, it's just, it's their way of like, we can do the Netflix thing as well, but with our budget and I wish they had a better budget because it just, it, it doesn't feel as real as what they're trying to do because it has that, you know, channel two, channel four budget of what they're doing with like the blacklist and stuff. It's just, I wish they had, I wish the production, the stage crew, whatever they're doing, it just, it doesn't feel as real as what they're trying it to do. It didn't feel cheap to me. Like it didn't feel cheap to me. And I, 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 I think that like there's a definitely a difference between when you are in this like kind of like a dystopian world that they live in. And then when you go to the, and then when you go to the savage lands, I I see like the, there's a huge difference between the savage lands and the world that they live in, in my opinion. And like, I think all these people, all these people, um, Oh, another thing that kind of like, uh, that, that I thought that was interesting about this is all the drugs that these people are taking all the time. Oh, the Somna. And, and yeah, Somna. It's it's like a like um and it reminds me of all the designer drugs that people take today, Jake. It does it, you know what I mean? It's not like it's not crack, it's not heroin, it's not street drugs. It's these designer drugs that people get hooked on today that people think it's okay to take these drugs. But there's small amounts of like, you know, opioids and shit in these drugs. That people can get hooked on and you can easily find losing, you can lose yourself in these drugs and, and be reliant on these drugs. And, and you can get addicted to these drugs and, and, and these drugs can end up killing you. Um, uh, oh, there, there's also this, like this, there's this huge, um, um, uh, the storyline where the, the one guy falls off that platform and, yeah. and, and, and kills himself. W- w- was it a suicide? Well, that's the that's whole what, thing is it's like yeah. the one of the three main characters is kind of coming to grasp with the concept of suicide itself. It's yeah. like an unthought of conceit that he kind of doesn't but maybe is starting to understand why someone would have feelings like that and do that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked how it didn't – this is a show that – if you adapted it from the book, you could easily get bogged down with exposition and have it come across as a little bit too heady and too boring. And I thought they really did a good job. And I, this might be where Grant Morrison came in and not spoon feeding the audience and bogging it down with so much world building that you just kind of check out and don't care about what's going on. It does a great job of introducing characters that you first care for and then it's kind of secondary figuring out all these different rules and concepts that were going on in the world they live. I thought a perfect example of that is the show does establish that the women aren't having the babies anymore, but they never really come out and say that. But it's, it's there. You see the embryo plant. You see the, the scientists working on the babies and bringing them to life. You get that when they go to the savage land. And just even seeing a pregnant woman is something unheard of for all these people that, that come from the utopia. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really smart and just like, and there's a ton of other examples like this where there's all these things going on that they don't just have to yakety schmackety blah, blah, blah. This is how things are today, you know? And I really enjoyed that about this show. I think it really, uh, warrants a rewatch, honestly. I think once you get through this series, and kind of learn about everything going on. There's going to be a lot of stuff in these first few episodes that you might not have noticed the first time you watched about kind of some of the inner evils of the society that's happening. 
Yeah. Yeah, but like, well, I've been hearing like I did not read the book, but from my understanding, the book is like two hundred pages long, and it's like six, seven hours on audio, and there's like nine episodes or twelve episodes in the first season. So, like, like what are they expanding? And like, and for me, I think the biggest weakness is that the budget does not satisfy the writing. The writing is much more elevated than what we're actually given on screen. And this would be better with HBO. I think a 250-page book translated into nine 45-minute episodes sounds about like perfect math to me. Okay. I mean, okay. you know, I, yeah, I, just, I, I like it's not it's not the worst. Like, it's definitely intriguing. I just feel like I just feel like we're not giving like HBO or Stars or FX. I just feel like anything that's not net, even USA. I think would be a better job in production value than yeah, what we're being given. I guess I side with Brian a little bit more. I didn't normally. I'm really off put by what I call sci-fi channel special effects, and yeah. it kind of takes me out of the show. And I never really thought that with this. I, I didn't either. The, yeah. the mix between the way we the stark way things were in the Utopia compared to the Savage Land really helped that a lot. I think. I think if the whole place would have taken place in the Utopia, maybe it would have been a little bit like, oh, what is this weirdness? But. I don't know. From the the plane that they're on to the city to the buildings, I, I didn't. I thought the special effects were serviceable, and I never once thought they were bad. Okay. I mean, I don't know. To each their yeah. own, I guess. On special yeah. effects, I'm with you. I did. I did. Beholder. Thing, I didn't but. feel like it felt cheap. I didn't feel like it was like a fucking Game of Thrones level. But on the flip side, it's like. I didn't. It didn't feel like it was like sci-fi level, though. You know. So no, I felt. No. Yeah. I mean, the special effects aren't the draw of the show. I guess I agree with you there, but they're also not the detractor. And I, I'm one that's easily detracted by a show if it, if its intent is not to look cheesy, but yet it does. Like I can get behind you if you're like going for that style, but if it's the kind of thing where this is the best we yeah, can do, like if it's fucking then, Sharknado and you know that's what they're going for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. If that's the, the, I, yeah. the name of the game, then I can co-sign it. But I, I, I don't know. I didn't, and I, I even understand what you're saying, like comparing it to like a fucking like Heroes or a, um, a Blacklist or a, like I understand like that like category yeah. of special effects, and I don't even place it in that. I give the first okay. episode a taste it. I give the second episode a Tupperware with only like it. It only looks like it can go up from here. Um, is that because of the church scene? Because that is like that yes. is a kicker. Yes, like that's okay. that's. I feel like that's where this series kind of like opens up. That's why I feel like it was smart of them to release the first two episodes for free. I feel like they yeah. did that for a reason because you have to watch the first two episodes to really understand where this series is going to go. Yeah, they almost should have just had a two-hour pilot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I yeah, agree. I, yeah, this was very excellent. I that church scene was the moment where like if you're if that doesn't hook you in you're not gonna like this it. isn't the show for you exactly but more than likely if you like this kind of science fiction you know future utopia type of story that's that's the scene that's gonna get you and this was a lot of fun uh, great performances serviceable special effects <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i can't wait I, i'm super excited that i can nudge nudge wink wink not have to pay any money to watch the rest of the series yeah, i'm actually can- off work on Tuesday and we'll be watching the next seven episodes then. Yeah, you can just fucking leech off me. Yeah. 
sure. We're good at sharing each other with the street. I know we are. I know we are. That's the way we're it like, should we're be. Not a, it's more more of a what do they call it when it's like it's like an HR Geiger type thing where we're both connected at both sides, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, like I, I, I don't feel bad that I fucking give my parents access to my fucking Netflix account. Like my mom pushed me out of her fucking vagina for crying out loud. The yeah, least, the least I, you can do is give her some fucking Netflix. Yeah, mom, the least I can do is let you watch Mindhunter season two. <laughs> Thanks for fucking pushing me out of your veg. That's not mildly vagina. That's full on fucking pussy right there. Yeah. Hundred. I popped out of my mom's pussy one day on a very. No, it was not like Brave New World. Seven thirty in the morning on January third, nineteen seventy-eight. I went. I came out of that woman's pussy, and then fucking nearly thirty-six years later, I'm giving her access to my fucking Netflix. That's a beautiful fucking story right there. It's more than she ever could have hoped. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> You're the apple of her eye. <laughs> Are you guys ready to take a break and then come back and get into the pop culture leftovers news? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. You f- fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> Do you ever call your listeners that, Steve? Have you ever done that? Uh, no, not like that. I don't think so. We'll be right back. You fucking pieces of shit. You never done that? <laughs> no, I might tomorrow, but I don't know. Dude, that, and they, <laughs> what's why I can do that and they, they still come back. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's you fucked up. get this drunk I'm on wonderful. your podcast, Steve? Yes. Yeah, but I, to be honest, at this point, the podcast is done. We go like 3.30 max. Like we never, we never go past four. So. Oh, oh, you, yeah. you, you put, once you get to, once you get to that, you're just going to start. Blaring like, out Koba's name for no reason part. You're yeah, right, not like, recording. Like usually, like like towards the end, you can tell I'll start slurring. I'm like, yeah, what do you think of this? Or I'll like, or I'll ask Joe Stark, like, would you defend your family like this? He's like, yeah. And then Kenny's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trash. There's literally there there are episodes where I I don't remember what I said at the end of the podcast, yeah. and I have to be told by by people like, dude, that thing that you did. It's like, well, fuck, are you? I said that what? That, yeah, that was me towards the beginning. I stopped like probably after our Suicide Squad review. I was like, I can't drink that much again. And now I just drink that much when I'm on like a guest, like with you or something. Oh like yeah, and so you I'm just like, don't care anymore. Yeah. You're just like I'm on somebody else's podcast. Yeah, I'm, my mixer's not out. Fuck I'm, yeah. just, I'm on my phone. You know, yeah. it's like yo, let's do this. I'm not in charge. Like I understand how I don't. I understand how this thing goes. I don't have to do it. And I'm just like yo. <laughs> we can tell with how not ready with the mute button you are. Possibly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll be right back with the pop culture. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're not on break yet. We'll- <laughs> we'll be back with the pop culture leftovers news. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis. 
and shitting your body weight in Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. And hey, well, yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> we are back. It is time now for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Yeah, 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 read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Yeah, I got some Mulan news here from Dark Horizons. This is old news. Everybody knows this fucking shit, but we're going to talk about it anyway. In a surprising move, Disney Pictures has announced that it's live action Mulan. It's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be on, uh, SVOD and PVOD. It's, they're merging both. And, uh, specifically the film will premiere both in cinemas and on Disney Plus streaming services on, uh, September 4th. However, it won't come free with the standard Disney Plus membership fee, uh, that approximately 60.5 million subscribers are paying for. As of last month, instead it will be available on a premier access basis for a price of $29.99. Originally scheduled for March 27th, the film was meant to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, major theatrical release from the Mouse House this year. However, the COVID-19 pandemic forced Disney to postpone the film to late July, then late August, and then they pulled it indefinitely. Uh, so basically now... They are going to, if you have Disney Plus, uh, you can then now, uh, purchase the movie, uh, at $29.99. A lot of people thought that it was just a, a, a rental. Um, it's basically you're kind of like leasing it. So as long as you have <laughs> Disney Plus, you'll be able to watch it. So, so it's it, like buying something from iTunes. It, yeah, it, 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 exactly. Except you don't have no, to subscribe to iTunes. Yeah. Right. No, you do. You do have to subscribe to iTunes. And the only way to get into any type of iTunes store is if you have an iTunes account. And then you can buy but the actual you, digital you're movie. Not, you're not paying, no difference. You're not paying a monthly subscription for iTunes. No, you're not. But if you stop paying your Disney subscription and then come back with the same account, you'll still have Mulan. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you have to, you have yeah, to. You need, you need an account. You need a Disney, like, yes, you're paying the $7 fee per month, however you're paying it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's $30, but that $30 is that, that's it. Like, that's your digital copy. That's right. for the theatrical release, quote unquote. Like, if you wait seven, eight months, you'll probably get it for free if you sign up for Disney Plus then. But if you want it right now, September 4th, it's 30 bucks plus Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it makes sense. Like, you know, for like, don't get me wrong. Someone like you or me who are like with one person or by ourselves. And if you're not the biggest Disney fan, this might not be for you, but you got a family of two or three kids. You know, 
this is something that they can watch then for like five, six hours over and over again. You don't have to worry about finding something for them to watch because they've watched everything else on Disney Plus or whatever else service you have because we're in a pandemic. So this, like this, it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword in a sense, but I think this is a win for Disney. It's just, it's, it's more interesting of how will other studios respond? Well, I mean, for, uh, uh, here's the thing. I, I, number one, I'm going to say that I think that like, uh, for all the people that are naysayers that say like, this is not going to, you know, be a huge success for Disney. I think they're wrong. I think that this is going to, I yeah. think that this will be a huge success for Disney. I think people will shell out the $29.99 to watch this. Families will definitely be shelling out the $29.99 to watch this. I think they're going to make a lot of money. And I think that, um, I, th- I, I want to, I want to know what you guys think, but, um, yeah, Jake, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this is a good idea? Like, I don't think that, I don't feel like they're going to, like they're trying to start a trend here. I think me personally, I think that Disney just needs some money right now. And I agree. I it's, agree. It's they've either... lost so many money on the parks. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that they've had to postpone four plus times now. Yeah. I agree. I don't think it's a trend. I think they needed an immediate return on this movie and they realized they just can't wait on the theater situation anymore. It's either this or lay off how many people that work for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I do agree that this will be a, a gigantic success. Um, I think it'll also be probably one of the most pirated movies of all time, too. Yeah, oh, sure. I think a lot of the people that are just, you know, don't have families are the same people that are bootlegging all the movies, you know? So, and they're not going to pay 30 bucks for this. And it's going to be out there in HD pretty easy to pirate since it's going to be on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that kind of thing, you know, only the more people watch it, the more people talk about it, the more people buy it, you know? So I, I think this will be a, a rousing success for Disney. I think a ton of people will be purchasing and buying this movie. Um, and I'm excited to see it. I, I oof, the, the $30 thing is daunting for me, but man, I, it's going to be, I'm going to be really hard pressed to not figure out a way to see this movie. It's a movie I, I've been very excited for. Yeah. It's like, fuck man. It's like, like I got, you know, I had AMC a list and with that I was spent, I was spending 20 bucks a month. And I could watch three new movies every week at my local AMC. Like this would have just been an AMC movie that I would have just seen. And twenty bucks for an AMC A list subscription is cheaper than twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and you're getting for that you're getting like twelve plus movies a month. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, there was not many weeks that I did not max out my AMC A list subscription. Like I was watching, you know, at least two to three movies a week. But, but to be fair, though, like the half the reason they're doing this is because we're in the pandemic. Oh, that's a hundred percent why they're doing oh, more this. More than half, yeah. This is a hundred percent why they're doing this. They, this would have been released theatrically. Well, that's what I'm saying. This, though. So this, like, this, 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 this has already been sc- this has already been screened at the. At, they had a premiere for this movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So like, like, this is my question for you: is like, what do they do? Like, so you buy the thirty dollars thing. Does that mean in three, four months from now, like if you have Disney Plus and you pay the $30, do you get the bonus material on the Blu-ray three months from now? Like 
like like this is a whole new territory in general of like what Disney and any other studio can do because like theater chains, every all the laws have been changed. I think that comes with Disney just having Disney Plus. I mean, look at okay. what they've done with the uh, the Mandalorian with uh, the Disney Gallery show. Like this, right. this could just be like you know they could just release Disney Gallery colon the you know uh, Disney Gallery colon Milan. And but give how us do they benefit stuff. the people that paid for the movie? So do they – the people that paid for the ticket, do they get, get the gallery first? You know what I'm saying? Like how do they – like is that is this a one-time thing? Like is this an actual pass for something? Like – you know, I mean, well, if I, like, if I fucking, if I, if I rented King of Staten Island for 1999 and I only got access for that movie for two days, did I get any extras with that? No, I didn't. So do no, I expect no, any extras no. with this? No, I don't. But you get the movie forever though. So like what happens with the extras when the rest, cause Disney Plus has a lot of like Disney Plus bonus extras that are not on the Blu-rays. So what happens when that movie is available on Disney Plus. Do you have to pay that thirty dollars to get the extras now? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's definitely levels in. No, I just think if you have a Disney Plus subscription, if they want to come out with extras, they, it might just be like a Disney Gallery show. Yeah, and right. I don't really see what you're talking about, where there's all these extras for all these features that aren't on the Blu-rays. Uh, it pretty much seems mostly the same to me. I'm not either, but I'm just going with what Brian's saying with, with with the whole Disney Gallery thing. Like, if we're going that route, then you know, like, are you when this is released on material? when this is released on Blu-ray, then just like all the other Disney animated Blu-rays, they'll have an extra section under Mulan, and you'll be able to watch all that stuff. No, um, no, I get that, but I'm saying like when Mulan becomes available on Disney Plus, though, what happens to the people that paid? Ahead of time, is it nothing? Is it doesn't? Yeah, it doesn't it's, matter? it's nothing. It's nothing, and it doesn't matter. They already got going to the theater. They got to. They got to watch it. I'm not mad. I'm just curious of like how are we, like, how are we going to acknowledge this because this will be a topic. I don't like, think I it paid will be a for topic. this in advance. That's like if you went and paid to see a movie in the theater, and then when it comes out on HBO, you're not like, God damn it, I wasted. Yeah. 14 bucks seeing this in the theater. Now it's on HBO that I already have. What the fuck? Like, what? You, like, you have to leave you, the house, though. You have to wait like five weeks. So it's like I should have. So like, why like spend the extra? I'm just saying. I like, think that I think I think advocate here. Like, you're right. I, I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. I'm just trying like being devil's advocate. I think point. the Disney CEO Bob Chapek is going to come to your house and suck your dick. Like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I also don't think that I, I get you're playing devil's advocate, but I, I think yeah. it's pure fantasy. I don't think. A okay. single person is going to exist, and that's their mindset in real life. That okay. eight months later, when this is just a free title for Disney+, Plus, they're not going to be like, well, motherfucker, I'm going to go kill Mickey Mouse for screwing it's, me out. It's, 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 like, it's for the people that are hardcore, hardcore Mulan fans, people that are hardcore Disney fans that want to watch it right now. You'll get a chance to do it. You'll, you'll, you'll see it right now is well, what it is. Children who have have run out of stuff to watch. Yes. Yeah, those people aren't going to complain. They're going to brag to the people that are just now watching it for free and be like, well, I watched this six months ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're, yeah. they're going to be in that elite club that already paid the 30 bucks, that already watched it, and will feel right. morally superior to the people waiting to watch it for free. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. I was, I was just curious. I'm like, is anybody going to be mad over this? Like, if, if that's the case, then cool. I was just like curious. So like, you know. So one of the big questions that people were asking was, is, 
you know, that has come up with this is Marvel's Black Widow is going to drop in early November. Well, is this going to follow in the footsteps of Mulan? And then Disney CEO Bob Chappick, uh, he talked with Collider and he said, we're very pleased to be able to bring Mulan to our consumer base that has been waiting for it for a long time. Mulan is a one-off. That said, we find it very interesting to be able to take a new offering to consumers at that $29.99 price and learn from it and see what happens, not only in terms of the uptick of the numbers of subscribers we got on the platform, but also the number of transactions we get on that PVOD offering. So basically, they feel like um, they're going to get new subscribers out of this, which is a plus for them. And then they're going to get at $29.99 for people that are wanting to watch this. But he says it's a one-off. So basically saying this is not going to affect the theatrical release for Black Widow. This is not going to be the standard. I feel like they, they feel like 2020 is a wash right now, but they need an, they need this cash. They need this money right now. Otherwise you're, we're talking about massive layoffs at Disney. Um, if this movie does not come out, if they do not make any money this year, Disney is going to lose a lot of money. And that, that, that means a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. So like, this is a way to kind of like, I don't know, save 2020 and, uh, get them out of the red. Yeah, I agree with that. I also yeah. think like, yeah. it's hard, it's hard to tell the future. Um, I know he, I know he calls it a one-off. I read this collider article as well. But I mean, honestly, if the pandemic were happened to get worse or if we had a second wave, like, and this is such a gigantic success that they get so many more new subscribers and they make so much money off these $30 price tags that I could easily still see this happening with Black Widow. I can see it happening with a lot of different movies. I mean, if, if this is successful for Disney to do right now and things don't get better you know, before the end of the year or whatever. I, I could see a lot of theater, or not theaters, but uh, production companies doing similar thing where it's, you know, you, you pay more for a home release, but you're making something off of people. <laughs> Do you want to watch Fast and Furious 9, though, at home? I mean, is I mean... At this point, yes. I mean, honestly, they, they've got two movies well, in the can. Let me watch one at an home option. and I'll, I'll be back <laughs> to the theater for the next one, hopefully. I mean, like, if I the think it depends on the theater in the next six months anyway. Like, why, why not watch it now at home? And then if they do a, a short release in the theater, yeah, maybe if it's good enough and want to get the theater experience i'll go back and see it in the theater when that eventually can happen but a smart move to do more of this home release stuff at this higher um in order to at least recoup some of the losses you're gonna get from 2020 oh man neil you're going robocop right now bro. yeah neo you're you're dying <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> you have to pay twenty nine ninety nine and subscribe to Pop Culture Leftovers to hear the rest of Neil. Yeah, no. We just we no, just no. put it behind the paywall. Neil 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 has become give, one with the Borg right now. Yeah, I'll give Neil a minute to like try to like regain his connection, but I just feel it it, it, it depends on contracts. You know, because like some of these like uh Black Widow uh or, uh, Scarlett Johansson, she has points probably on the, on the movie. So is she gonna, is that gonna transition to Disney plus points? You know, like I'm sure that like they have to remake contracts then. So I don't think, uh, I don't think that'd Black be that Widow hard to renegotiate. Out. If Mulan's a rousing success and makes if, a shit if, ton of money. Yeah. If it is. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's test. a very hypothetical if. I think it will be a rousing success. Okay. <laughs> Just judging from the army chatter about it, it's going to be a big success. Oh, I think it'll be huge success for Disney. I really do. Yeah, it'll be giant, and I and I think it wouldn't be hard. I agree with you, Steve, that there would have to be some renegotiations because she's probably like promised, you know, a percentage of the box office gross, and they'll say, well, instead of that, you'll get X amount of the twenty nine ninety nine gross, right. And I don't think that'd be that hard of a hop, skip, and a jump for both Disney and Scarlet once they see the numbers that they get from Mulan. Yeah. But I do agree that it would be a bit of negotiating. I mean, if, if, if Black Widow dropped right now, I'd pay 30 bucks to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'd hang up this podcast and start watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. No shit. If you, can get me off this, if you can get me off this call with Steve right now, I'll fucking... <laughs> You, get, you want to give me Wait, twenty? Steve? You want to yeah. give me twenty nine cents? I'll fucking get off this fucking call. <laughs> well, fucking Steve, Jesus Christ! <laughs> God. Oh man, C- crazy move though. Like it definitely wasn't an announcement that really shook so- social media with lots of varying opinions about how valid of a move this is. I, I want to. You know, I would rather. Read that fucking email from Micah again, then talk to Steve Damn it. for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I knew it was going. Damn it. Steve, what are your favorite, so well. what are your favorite movie soundtracks? Well, Jake, fuck well, you. Jake, I'm fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Jake. Just tell us a few. Oh, oh which, which, which could be 17 at this point. <laughs> a few. God damn. Uh, here's just a few. And then he goes, like, oh, just rattles on. Rattles on. Police Academy 1, Police Academy 2, Police Academy 3, oh, July 7. <laughs> Not Police Academy 4, but Police Academy 5. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that one. We'll see what happens with this Mulan fucking movie. But TriStar, Sony's, this movie, this news comes from Deadline. Sony's TriStar Pictures has won a hot and heavy auction for I Want to Dance with Somebody, the feature film on the life of music. Music? I said music. How did I say that? That was fucked up. I'm getting drunk. I'm getting drunk. The flow went well. <laughs> keep going. Keep the going. flow went well until I said music or something. No, the once you caught music it. Gun. Once you caught it, you're like, ugh. Uh, the music of iconic songstress Whitney Houston. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. The Spoiler, s- this movie ends the same way the Doors movie ends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
The studio has already staked out a Thanksgiving 2022 release date for the film. Deadline revealed the project's formation back in April with the Whitney Houston estate, primary wave and Grammy winning music producer and Houston's mentor Clive Davis all aboard. Stella Meggie is directing. She helmed the photograph starring Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, Stanfield and her credits include Gene and Jones, The Weekend, and Everything, Everything. Um, so it's going to be a biopic about Whitney Houston. I have watched, I grew up listening to Whitney Houston. My fucking parents loved Whitney Houston. Oh, I, she's so good. I, she's, in my opinion, Whitney Houston is the single greatest female vocalist of my lifetime. I think that her voice is just fucking amazing. Like in later years, she, she lost her, she lost, uh, you know, her, her, her vocals. Like she, she wasn't able to hit certain notes that she, she was when she, like that she could when she was younger. But my God, like I think she's just an incredible, she was an incredible singer, just an incredible singer. Um, and, uh, I've watched a couple of, Whitney Houston documentaries that came out. I think there was one on like Showtime or something and went maybe one on Hulu. I can't remember, but I've watched two different Whitney Houston documentaries. Both of them are really good, but, um, this is going to be a biopic. And I mean, it, you, we know what it's going to get into. It's going to get, I, I mean, I, I, it's probably going to start off with her as a young girl, as a child singing in the church. You know, in the Baptist church growing up and then going on and, and, and getting superstardom and then meeting Bobby Brown, falling in love, getting married, doing drugs and just like the downward spiral from there. It, it might even getting to it get into like her time, you know, like filming uh, the bodyguard with Kevin Costner, stuff like that. But like she had this crazy kind of uh um rise to stardom she she was huge and she was huge with um and what's crazy about her is like it's kind of like a a lot of white america loved her and her music and like there's a backlash with um african american population with like her not kind of like embracing you know her african american heritage and singing Music that was more kind of like, um, uh, about, uh, you know, black culture and things like that. She was basically singing like white pop music and uh, a lot of white, like white people loved her music. Like I fucking like li my parents were listening to Whitney Houston. I loved Whitney Houston growing up. I still, if I hear, I want to dance with somebody, I fucking love that song. But like, you know, I'm, I'm, great song. it's a great fucking song. And she's just a, she's just, a, she was a, oh, just an amazing vocalist. And, um, I cannot wait for this. I just hope it's done right. I hope that this is done right. The casting, the casting, I already know who I want. I know who I want as Whitney Houston casting this thing. What are you guys thinking about this? Like, like Neil, what are you thinking about this movie? Um, is this something that you want to see? And like, I want, dude, I want to see it go dark. I want it like, it was not, I want it. I, I, you know, I want to see everything. I don't want, I, I want to see everything. I want to see the good. I want to see the bad. I want this to be a legit Whitney Houston doc. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as Jake said, uh, referencing the doors, 
movie. I, I want to see that kind of movie about, about her life because she led a very fascinating life um, between the drugs and the talent and how screwed she was by her management and her relationships. And it, it's, a, it's such a very interesting story that I would like to see done really, really well. Uh, I don't have any thoughts on casting at this point. Uh, I don't even know where I would start, but I'm very interested to hear what you want. I'll jump in. Cast. I'll jump in right now with my casting. Cynthia Arivo. Yes, that's wonderful. Oh my god, <laughs> Cynthia Arivo from Bad Times at the El Royale. That is who I would cast in a heartbeat. That's fantastic. She's a hell of a singer too. Yes. Yes. One thing that really annoyed me about that's awesome that she's a good singer. Um, one thing that really annoyed me about, say, like Bohemian Rhapsody is I'm not a fan of the actor just lip syncing the songs. That doesn't do much for me in these biopics. I know a lot of people don't share that opinion, but I would be disappointed if we had an actress that was just lip syncing Whitney Houston songs. I, I really want someone with some chops. That's why you did. Thing that was great about the Doors movie was that Val Kilmer sang all those songs. Well, yeah. and then same yeah. thing with uh, Taron Egerton. In um, Rocket Man, he sang he sang all those songs. Yeah, Jamie nice. Foxx did it, and Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really makes the movie for me. I, I know a lot of people praised Remy Malek for you know getting all the mannerisms <laughs> mannerisms down, but I don't know. It just didn't. It took me out of the movie being so familiar with Freddie Mercury's voice and those song recordings. I could never not think that it was just someone off to the side playing uh-huh. it over a speaker. But and uh, trying to, it. Dude, trying to find somebody that's even going to sound as close to Freddie Mercury. I mean, like I, I, I agree with you. I, I enjoy it when like the actor is able to like sing and, and, and do their own thing, you know, but like, yeah. You know, like a star is born, you know, Bradley Cooper did great in that movie. And of course, Lady Gaga, she can already, we know that she can fucking, you know, carry yeah, a She tune. can belt it, of yeah, course. Yeah. But like, yeah. but like, and I think like Freddie Mercury, there's like nobody that can even nobody. touch that guy. There's nobody that can touch nobody. that guy. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> like what's the cover song that fucking George Michael did that was the, he fucking covered a Queen song, and like I love George Michael, but like he he cannot touch Freddie Mercury. Yeah, no, it's rough. And another thing, I like just to bring that movie up again. Like that movie had so many problems with having the rest of the band still alive. Oh, Brian May, not, Brian May yeah, Bri- would would Brian May was like a roadblock to having the movie be dark and real and mm-hmm. actually touch some of the concepts and parts of his life that you really wanted to see explored. Yeah, and I would hope that. We've all kind of addressed with this Whitney Houston movie that even though we're big fans, we still don't want to sugarcoat what's going on here. We, we kind of want to see the rise and the fall. We want the truth. Yes. Who's in, who's in charge of the Whitney Houston estate at this point? Because her daughter died the same, like, tragic death. You know, like a very similar tragic death to Whitney Houston. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like like a month later. Yes. Almost, sure? an, almost an identical death. Yeah. Did anybody see Judy? I did. No, I want to. I did. Okay, so Judy to me is the Woody Houston to you, like like one in a million. Like, what if we did a film like that, where you get the last of Whitney? 
it's just her later years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I want to see the rise of stardom. Now. I do. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see young Whitney Houston belting it out in the fucking Baptist church when she's a young girl, all the way up to. I mean, I want to see everything. I want to see like her meeting Bobby Brown. You know, at all these things. I want to see. But don't you think that that would take away from the later years? Because we've seen that in all the other movies, Johnny Cash, uh, Elvis, any any of those like major movies that that like uh, the the coal miner's daughter, any of any of those like big. We've seen those stories. Yeah, I'm so glad that we what got to we see go the into later. Years? I'm so glad we got to see the later years of Al Capone in Capone. That was. I mean, that's not a good example. I know it's a terrible example. I'm just being a smartass. But yeah, I don't know. I think well, Whitney has so many years though. Like, like we we've seen the beginning of years of Whitney because we we've seen that story. How does she get? What if we see the later years? Like, we've seen the beginning. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think that, that I don't think as many people are familiar with Whitney Houston's yes. rise to stardom as you're giving credit. I for. agree. I 100 percent okay. agree with you, Jake. I don't know about her rise to stardom. I'm not saying that I don't know it that well, but like I'm sure that it's very similar to all the other film adaptations that we've seen because they're going to adapt it the same way. What if we see the middle version? Or we're, the ta- we're talking. Version? We're talking about a black woman who is basically singing for. I mean, basically singing for a white audience, like. And then, you know what I mean? And then, and okay. then to see like her fall from grace when she gets involved with Bobby Brown and gets involved and starts doing drugs and things like that. Like, but dude, we're talking a- like a three hour movie then. Cause she has a long fucking life with that. Like in general, not just Bobby Brown. I'm just talking about her life in general. I think that they like, can do this. Like- I think they can do this in two hours and 15 minutes, man. I agree. Two, two and a half max. Okay. I think yeah. Whitney Houston is like she's like a pearl. Like this is like you need to get this right. If we're if we're talking if we're talking Wendy Houston, we need a lot because she has touched everybody in every different way. I don't think it, I, I think it's harder to understand the fall if you just started the fall and it, you just don't feel the tragedy. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a a no sell to her legacy to only show the fall. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but I feel like with all the movies we've seen, especially for us, don't get me wrong. If you're like you know 15, 20 years old, you might not have seen, but like all these, we've seen it in the movies though. Think about no, think, like, about, the, think about think about the, think about the career. Think about the career of fucking Ray Charles and how how many decades that fucking spanned. Spanned, excuse me. Yeah, but and, like, but, but like with Goodfellas and all and Casino, all this, we always get like the hour and a half of all the good shit. Why don't we get an hour and a half of the bad shit? Building up to what happened to Whitney. Whitney has so much. Whitney is like an encyclopedia of herself. She has, her history is huge. Like this isn't any, Whitney is like categorized as like with like the Beatles. Like she's huge. But if you're talking, if you're talking, if you're talking about a, if you're talking about a mafia movie, to be quite honest with you, you see a lot of the good stuff that happened in the mafia. What was like the exciting stuff when they're, hold on, hold on, hold on. When they're on top. If you're watching Goodfellas, most of that fucking movie is like when the mafia was on top, when they were running things and life was so good and you're watching him going to the wedding and they're giving him all this fucking money and his, you know, his wife is like caught up in like this fucking lifestyle. And then like the last like, you know, you know, 30, 45 minutes uh, is basically like the fall of the mafia and stuff like that. And I mean, that was a great fucking movie. Scorsese fucking killed it with that movie. I think this movie 
movie, we need to see the rise and fall of Whitney Houston, the later years and stuff like that. I, I just don't, I don't think that we're going to get such an epic movie if we just get the later years when she's on the down. I think we need to see the rise of this character. Uh, we need to, okay. we need to see the rise of this character, uh, of, of, of her life and like where, like how huge she was. And then like the fall of that character and what led her down this road. And like, I think like once you see like the whole span of her fucking career, cause I think the whole span of her career is what makes the story so compelling because like, I mean, yeah. like we, I, I, dude, I mean, you're not wrong, but I just, I, I'm just sick of the first hour and a half of it. Give me the second hour and a half. Give me the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we've had so many theatrical events of that first hour and a half of what Whitney Houston would go through. I understand like that it's it's big and monumental, but give it give us that in the first forty five minutes, and then give us what's real in the in the next hour and a half, two hours, because we've seen it all in all those other movies that you just referenced and I just referenced. You know what I'm saying? Like we're in twenty twenty, we're in twenty twenty one. Give us something a little bit new, you know. I think it will be new because I think the descent isn't like this lever that you pull and then now it's the descent stage. I think it's going to be peppered throughout the whole movie. But like you don't think Whitney, but Woody Houston is not new. Like her story is not anything different than like the past hundred years of fame when it comes to music artists in general. Like, I, like well, Whitney Houston, her voice is amazing. Like she is monumental with that, but like her story though, like it's, it's, it's nothing new with what we've seen in movies. We could have uh, Clark Duke direct it and start at the end and then go back to the beginning. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm out. You're right. You're right. I you think, I think, I'm, I, out. I'm out. I'm out. I think there's a lot to, I think there's a lot to be, I think that there's a lot, a story here that they could really get in depth about as far as like, as, as many as these documentaries that we, watch about Whitney Houston, which I have watched. I've watched, you know, both of the documentaries that are the big ones. I still think that there's a lot more story to be told about like her. I think the biggest stuff that I really want to see is the stuff of her meeting Bobby Brown. I think that's where, that's where her life changed. That's where her life changed. And I feel, I feel like I honestly feel like she loved that man. She loved that man so much. She had to. That she fucking killed her. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. She loved that man so much. I want to see, and I feel like this movie, if it shows us like they, like she really loved him, she loved him so much. But then we see like how it affects her later on, you know, like if if it's presented as like a love story almost. Yeah. Or like a, or like a romance. Um, that could be really interesting if that's the centering of the film. Yeah. Because that is such a monumental part of her life. And, which made it a bigger part of all of our lives because she was such a great talent that was taken from us because of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Uh, if you haven't seen those documentaries, I think one of them's like, I know one of them's called Whitney. Um, yeah. No, the one was, was in theaters, I think last year. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of them out there. I, I think they're both worth watching. So um, but Cynthia Arrivo is my choice as uh, Whitney Houston. I think like you, That's a I great think fucking choice. If they don't cast her, they're oh, yeah. they're 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 foolish. 
not to. I think that uh, she's the she's the choice. Um, I, the next story that I want to talk about it's a casting announcement that I read on Dark Horizons, but I hadn't heard of the movie that was being developed. And this movie sounds amazing, but it was just a casting announcement. But what really brought, what really intrigued me about this is the actual fucking movie itself. Um, the Kissing Booth actress Joey King, which I have not seen The Kissing Booth. Has anybody seen The Kissing Booth? Nope. Mm-mm. I guess this is a Netflix movie. I think it's a Netflix film. Um, Joey King has landed a lead role opposite Brad Pitt in the action thriller Bullet Train. Based on the Japanese novel Maria Beetle, the story follows – listen to this. The story follows five assassins who find themselves on a fast-moving bullet train from Tokyo to Morioka with only a few stops in between. They discover their missions are not unrelated to each other. The question becomes who will make it off the train alive and what awaits them at the terminal station? 21-year-old King will play one of the assassins. David Leitch, the director and stuntman, once stuntman but now director of Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, will direct the film slated to begin filming in Los Angeles in the fall. I don't know about you guys, but this sounds... I don't have a lot to say about this one, to be quite honest with you, but it, it, it sounds amazing. It's, I love the concept. Five assassins are hired to go on this train, and it sounds like these assassins might be hired by the same person, different people. I don't know, but it sounds like some of them might be hired to kill each other. I, this, Antoine Fuqua is one of the producers on it. Wow. Yeah, this, so cool. this sounds, this sounds like an incredible fucking movie. This sounds fucking incredible. You, you had me at Brad Pitt. I fucking love Brad Pitt playing an assassin. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like a, he's going to be like the seasoned assassin. And now we've got this young actress, Joey King, and she's going to be, she's going to be like the young 21 year old assassin. And like, we've got three other assassins that are going to be on this train. And like, why? David Leitch knows how to do fucking action. And he knows how to do action, especially in, 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 in a small space, like a train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and there's no getting, <laughs> there's no getting off the train. You're on a fucking train. I mean, they're all on a train. They all have a job. What's their job? Who hired them? Was it the same person? Was it different people? Are they there to kill each other? Are they, are they all there to kill one target? Like what I, this sounds fucking incredible. It's called, it's going to be called bullet train. Oh my God. I cannot wait for this one. Yeah. This looks, I'm looking at the IMDB page right now. It looks, there's not much there, but it, it looks really, really good. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot wait for this bullet fucking train. I cannot wait. Um, I just, I don't know. I just keep thinking like Brad Pitt's going to be like the seasoned assassin. Like, who else are they going to get in this one? Who else are they going to get in this movie? Who else are they going to cast, you know? I mean, Neil, are there any other names besides Brad Pitt and uh, and Joey no, King? No, nobody, no actors are, are attached either than Brad Pitt and Joey King. Um, one of the producers and writers, uh, Zach Olkelwicz, 
uh, did Lights Out as well. Hmm. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't. Know. Does this does this does this get you excited? Does it just the premise get you excited? Yeah, I'd love a good action movie on a train. I, I think it could be a lot of fun. Five different assassins, all like almost like paper, rock, scissors of assassins going each having different targets and going after each other while others are going after them. I think there could be this could be a lot of fun. Some of my favorite movies take place on a train. Throw Mama from the train. <laughs> money train do you remember money train with wesley, oh God. wesley i saw money train i saw money train with wesley snipes and woody harrelson in the theater i was like i had to see this i had to see this in the theater i fucking love the chemistry between those two guys and white men can't jump and i was like i gotta see this in the fucking theater and so i saw money train in the theater fucking uh Oh, Snowpiercer was fantastic. That movie was fantastic. I love anything on a train. Tom, I'll watch Thomas the Train for crying out loud. I don't give a fuck. George Carlin was in that shit. Thomas the Train. <laughs> <laughs> news, news, news from comicbook.com. Who's the boss sequel starring Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano in development? We teased Jake. You teased this earlier, sir. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Who's the boss is the latest 1980s. Hit TV series getting a modern sequel series. Both Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano returning to star. Deadline reports that the new series will take place 30 years after the events of the original series. Centered around former Major League Baseball player, retired housekeeper Tony Maselli, and his relationship with his daughter Samantha Maselli. She is now a single mother living in the house the original series was set in. Thematically, the show will explore generational differences as well as opposing worldviews and parenting styles within the dynamic of a modern family in 2020. Additional original cast members, Judith Light, who played Angela, and Danny Pintara, who played Jonathan, are said to be supportive of the new series, and there is some indication that the sequel series could find ways to bring them back down the line. Sadly, Mona died last year so the actress that uh, played uh, Mona Catherine Hellman she died last year um and for those people that yeah okay fuck it I'll get it out of the way Angela Samantha That's what I was waiting for <laughs> Mona I was waiting for that shit <laughs> Jonathan there you go there you go um but I I I have Angela Samantha Mona <laughs> Jonathan, um, I, oh, shit. I am so ready. I'm ready for this. I love, I, dude, I want to fucking, I want a Family Matters revival show so bad. I want to see like, I want to see like Laura and Urkel have kids and I want that show so fucking badly. We're getting a Saved by the Bell show and oh my God, but this anyway, fucking, uh, who's the boss sequel series? I don't know where it's going to air. I, I don't know if it's going to go to like, you know, Peacock or whatever, uh, fucking network or whatever. I have no idea where this is going to go, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, I'll watch it. I will definitely be watching this one. I, I love who's the boss. Um, it may, it's weird though, that we know that Tony Danza is going to be in the series. Didn't Angela played by Judith light, Judith light. Didn't she get, d didn't her and Tony get married? 
in real life? No, no, no. On the show. <laughs> I don't remember it that well. Like, I, that, did that happen? Well, they started the dating episode? and I felt like they got married. They, like, as the show progressed, like, she, he was the housekeeper. They eventually started a romantic relationship, started dating. And then I feel like once the series wrapped up, they were married. So with her coming back as kind of like a supportive role, if, if she does, does that mean that they're not together anymore? It looks like they got engaged on the show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they, mm. they, they never married. Yeah, I never saw the show, so I have no fuck idea. Oh, I used to watch the fuck out of this show when I was young. The series does not end with the widely expected marriage, but more, mm. more on an ambiguous note. This was due to concerns by the network that a marriage representing a definitive ending could hurt syndication. <laughs> so maybe that could be the show. Either we find out that they did get married. So weird. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, that's like the big buildup. Like you build up to the wedding and then you keep going. Yeah, like yeah. we were talking about Frasier earlier. Like we waited for years before Daphne and Niles, you know, before, you know, Niles professed his love to Daphne. Yeah, it's kind of the sitcom way now. Like mm-hmm. we get Jim and Pam on the office and, yeah, you know, and you build up to the wedding and then you still have five more seasons. Well, like, like, like there was, bones. there was years with, well, Rachel and Ross on Friends. Rachel and Ross, another perfect example. Chandler yeah. and Monica. Leslie and Ben. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of the way it is weird to think before all that, that there was a time when a marriage just means the definitive end of a show. If she's a supportive role, I, yeah, then something happened between them too. They're not together. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That'll be a fun series to revisit. I'd love to watch old episodes of Who's the Boss. I have no idea where that's available. Roku. You can watch the first, not all the seasons, but I think at least two or three seasons are available on Roku. And I started watching it last year. Gotcha. Does Roku have an app? Do you have to have a Roku to watch Roku? You have to have a Roku to watch the Roku channel. Yeah. And you can buy a Roku. You can buy a Roku for $24.99. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth it to get another streaming you. device. It's so worth it. I love my Roku. I fucking love my Roku. But then, I don't know. Then I, fuck, they don't have HBO Max. They, like, and they don't have it. What sucks about Roku is they don't have a Twitch app either, which sucks. Cause there's stuff that I enjoy watching on Twitch, you know, but I have to, and I hate flipping between devices. I hate going to my PS4 to watch certain things and then flipping back to my Roku to watch other things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to the sequel series. I will watch it. So hopefully it doesn't suck. Hopefully, I don't know. Hope some of these revival shows, I don't know. I watched like the first two seasons of Fuller House. I did not finish that. Did anybody else finish that? I watched just the first two seasons myself. I didn't watch any of it. No. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your input. Um, I, well, I think, I think Steve's starting to level out. Yes, yeah, Steve. I think you need a few more drinks there, buddy. No, my phone's at five percent, so I'm trying to charge it. So you're on speaker, you're on speaker right now. I'm fucking speaker, <laughs> you're on speaker right now. So uh, yeah, you're talking on your phone. You're doing this on your phone. Yeah, everybody's doing it on their phone. Jesus Christ, you're on five percent. Well. 
All right? If we're like five hours in. Leave me alone. All right. <laughs> if we lose Steve here, I don't know. Could be a blessing. I don't know. Um, no, we're fucking. As long as Neil doesn't I go disagree. robot, we're good. Hello? Hello? Anybody? Anybody there? Hello? Damn it. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I love you too, Brian. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel news. Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel. Two news from Dark Horizons. Nia DaCosta, the Little Woods director. Anybody see, anybody here see Little Woods? No. no. Uh, who helms the upcoming highly anticipated revival of the Candyman franchise has been set as the uh, director for the upcoming Captain Marvel sequel at Marvel Studios. Uh, DaCosta takes over for Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Who helmed the first film, which opened last year and grossed 1.13 billion worldwide. Marvel does switch up directors on its franchises with Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, all seeing at least one change at the helm during their solo film trilogy runs. DaCosta reportedly met with Marvel Chief Kevin Feige over the weekend. Uh, Megan McDonald, who worked on the upcoming WandaVision series, is penning the script for the sequel with Brie Larson returning to star as Carol Danvers. So we have a big news here. We have a new director for Captain Marvel 2. Uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck are not returning. We're getting Nia DaCosta. That's interesting. Hard to really like know how I feel here without being familiar with any of her work at all, but... Little yeah, I didn't Woods. have any attachment to the first director. Little Woods starred uh, Tessa Thompson, Lily James, Lance Reddick. So she's she's got some experience working with some really talented people. Okay, let me look this up. I gotta look this up. If it, is this the movie? Ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is this the? I I don't know if it's the movie that I'm thinking of. Little Woods came out last year. I thought Little Woods was about. James Woods is a little boy. <laughs> God, that'd be a terrible movie. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You know what James? You know what James Woods movie I love? It's, what hard way? No, it's the it's the Lewis Gossett Jr. movie, Digstown, the boxing movie. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh my God, I love Digstown. Have you ever seen Digstown, Neil? No. Oh my god! You, you ever watch uh, Family Guy? Yeah, I you, have a Family Guy tattoo. You, you know, the 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 school that Chris and Megan go to isn't it James yeah. Woods High School? Yeah, it's James Woods High School. <laughs> James Woods. <laughs> James Woods is you know, he's an actual character in Family Guy. Yeah, it's, he's insane. <laughs> he is insane. I'm not going to get into he's that. Insane. I know he's insane. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not in a good way either. No, not like in a funny Gary Busey way. Yeah, more like a <laughs> Marty Jannetty. I'm going to beat you in the head with a brick way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah exactly that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But oh, Digstown, Jake, you like Digstown? Oh yeah, I love that movie. Oh god, guys, if you haven't watched Digstown, Lewis Gossett Jr. plays like this old fucking boxer. And he's fucking like, he's like in his fifties and shit. And he's just, he's just fighting all these younger men, like one right after the other and just kicking the shit out of him. I love that fuck. I love Digstown. I, where can you fucking stream Digstown, Jake? Yeah, I was trying to look it up. I don't even think it's available on iTunes to buy. 
Shut the fuck up. I love that movie. I want to watch Digstown right now. I wonder if I'm spelling it wrong. D-I-G-G-S. Two G's. Uh, that's what I did. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to the Just Watch app right now. And I'm going to look Anybody up. Is fucked up or is it just me? Huh? What? What the fuck are you talking about, Steve? Are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, we're like an hour five. I was like, hey, hello. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, it's a Canadian show. That's why. I don't know. I'm just trying to like confuse Brian at this point. No, they don't have. They don't even have. Digs. Oh, Digstown. Here it is. Digstown came out in yeah. 1992. It's on Hulu. Oh, for free. Yeah, you can watch it on Hulu. Everybody, you got a Hulu subscription? You can watch it on fucking Hulu. Did you see Hulu's offering like a uh, uh, an annual subscription now? Well, how much? I think it's sixty bucks. Oh wow! I just wait for Black Friday every year and get it for twelve bucks a year. I did uh, Black Friday two years ago when they offered it for ninety nine cents, and then last year they offered it for a buck ninety nine, and I did that as well. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it too. Yeah, Ooh, the hard ways on uh, Hulu too. Is it really? Yeah, with him, Woods and Michael J. Fox. I always like that movie. Oh God, yes, that's a great movie. Oh God! Watch Digstown, everybody. Do yourself a favor and watch fucking Digstown. So good, Lewis Gossett Jr. Remember? Did you watch Iron Eagle, Jake? Yes, I watched the first four, but never saw any of them after that. Oh God, I love oh, the Iron fir- Eagle. So good. I love Iron Eagle. I love Iron Eagle. Oh my God! Another franchise that had a fuck ton of sequels that I still love. I think I love. Three, at least three of them. I love. Did you ever watch Best of the Best? No, I've never seen it. <gasps> oh my god! You got to watch Best of the Best of the. Okay, Best of the Best is really good. Best of the Best Two is my favorite. I love Best of the Best Two. Oh my god! It's a martial arts movie, martial arts competition. I fucking love it. So good. Jesus Christ! Did you ever see Enemy Mine with Yes Gossett Jr. And yes, Quaid? Yes, I love yeah, Enemy Mine. Oh, I love Enemy Little Woods is, is on Hulu as well. Little Woods is on Hulu? Yeah. You know what else is on Hulu that I haven't watched? I think it's The Accountant. Have you heard of that one? It's an indie film that came out. My buddy's been telling me to watch it. And it, it came out in theaters, but it never came out here where I live. But it's called The Accountant. Oh, that it, sounds thrilling. It's, it's got the, Is that the Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck? No, it's, no, the assistant, the assistant. I apologize, the assistant. The assistant. And it's got oh. the girl from Ozark in it, the blonde girl. Oh, this sounds familiar. Hold on. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Julia Garner? Yes. You, yeah, Julia Garner. Oh, that's on my watch. It's like a, it's like a thriller. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, The Assistant. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about The Assistant. I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's on my Hulu as well. I, I, that's on my watch list because I know her from uh, The Americans. You guys know her from The Ozarks, but she's also in The Americans, and she's great. Yeah, she's so really I talented. See that. Have, you yeah. seen, have you not watched Ozark? I have. Honestly, listen, I, I get it. Like People love it, but I didn't care Like after season one because to me it's just a problem. 
answering another problem. It's just, to me, it's just, it, I didn't care for it. You've been a problem this whole fucking episode, Steve. <laughs> I thought it was a lot better than last time. You've been a whole, you've been a fucking problem this entire fucking episode, and you're still time? fucking here. That you're still, doing well. you're still fucking here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Brian. I, I, love, you I do. I I fucking I love you, and I fucking love Kova, and I love you guys, and I love and to, Kenny. Don't forget Kenny. Kenny's great too. Who's uh, Who's Kenny? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Kenny too. I love Kenny too. DC news, guys. Quick news. Patty Jenkins says she's probably done with Wonder Woman after the third film. Oh, one more though. After the third. Okay. After the third film, yeah. So we're getting Good. Wonder Woman 1984, and then she's like, "I'm going to do Wonder Woman three. and she said she's pro- quote probably done with Wonder Woman after the third film. I think that all comes down to like uh, how the number two performs, how number three performs, and then how much money you know Warner Brothers is. Well, how many offer. bags of money they're going to throw at that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I would say that she's banking on Wonder Woman two being any good. Dude, I'm I'm super worried about Wonder Woman two. I'm super worried about this movie. Yeah, but what? But has she done anything in between? Like, what has she done between Wonder Woman one and two? Like, can we expect? Like, I want to see her do something else. Look at you! You're so demanding. <laughs> demanding. It sounds like Warner you are demanding, and that's why we're getting the shitty like, like Wonder Woman two. Like you're expecting bad shit. And, what if like, you? She's a great director. Oh well, okay. Uh, the only reason I'm expecting bad shit is because of the leaks that have, you know, been uh, that were dropped on 4chan, which have been uploaded to Reddit, which mm. before the trailers came out, Steve. Everything that was leaked in these – and what it was, it was people that had actually seen the first two uh, screenings, private screenings. Like let's say you know, you're know you walking around a mall and somebody says, hey, we've got a movie that we're going to show you a screener for. We, it's, it's an action fantasy movie. Would you be interested in seeing it? And you're like, oh, what movie is it? And like, oh, we can't tell you right now. Uh, you know, are you, you know, but, but, and then, and then you go and you go into the movie and then all of a sudden this guy goes at the front of the theaters like, ah, you guys are going to be one of the first audiences to see Wonder Woman 1984. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And you have to sign an NDA and talk about how you're never going to talk about it. And then all of a sudden you're a fucking prick and you get on fucking Reddit and you fucking leak the whole fucking movie. Right. Okay. That's. That it's that happened. Process. It's happened. It's happened. Those leaks are out there. They're on Reddit. And, um, I've read, Jake, you've read it too. And Jake, we, 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 we read these leaks. And then all of a sudden these, these Wonder Woman trailers come out. And Jake did or did not these fucking trailers line up with everything that they brought up in these fucking leaks. Oh yeah, hundred percent. One to the point where it's impossible to not just believe those leaks are verbatim. Yeah, yeah. So, and the movie does. I mean, every from everything Bullshit. from everything that I've read, like the it it does the, the movie does not sound as good as the first film, which. So I I am a little worried about the second okay. film. So um okay, but uh, you know. 
you're, you're here. You are saying, "What the fuck else have you done, Patty Jenkins? What, what else? What else are you working <laughs> you didn't on? Have time to make a movie in between? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know. Like, well, does she want? But like, the, is she contracted? Like, can she do other stuff? Like, it'd be interesting to see what else she can do. No, well, she I'm was sure. a producer and director on uh, This Is the Night, or what the fuck is that called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, oh, the, was the, that? That I was, am the night. I am the night, which was the TNT series, which starred Chris Pine. Oh, I didn't see that. Was that good? I watched the first I couple episodes. That. I heard that it was. I heard that it continued to be good. I, I I just I didn't finish it, sadly. Okay. But um, you know, I mean, I, yeah, like Taika Waititi, like that guy works on stuff in between Thor, you know, and uh, Ryan Johnson works on stuff in between Star Wars. Look at you know Knives Out and things like that. Taika Waititi's doing this this soccer movie. Um, well, he just did a Jojo Rabbit too, and he did Jojo I'm Rabbit. Not saying yeah. it's a negative, I'm just like, what else does she want to do? Like, I'm sure she wants to do other things. Like, is she so balled up with like Wonder Woman that she's not able to do other things? Like, it just it sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> get over it, Steve. <laughs> you're right. I'm done. Uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't know it why seems- you're. Coming down on her about this. Man. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like stall the podcast over this. <laughs> I was just trying to like be like, "Hey, conversation." Everything that you try not to do, you 100 percent succeed in doing. <laughs> All right, I'll just stop. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, Steve. I still. I fucking love you. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, We're at that point, Steve. Okay, got it. We're done. Oh my god! I need. I, I looking. Go ahead, go Looking ahead. Looking at her IMDb page, she doesn't do all that much directing. She's only got 13 credits since 2001. Mm. Like she She's did now Neil's bagging on her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Jesus I'm not, Christ. I'm not, I'm not making a character judgment here. I'm just saying Leave Neil alone. Like she doesn't do stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, my God. An episode of Arrested Development. She did a couple episodes of Entourage. A couple of episodes of The Killing, but it doesn't seem like she's got that same drive that a lot of directors have to constantly be working on new stuff. It seems like she picks and chooses what she wants to do sporadically, almost. Yes, Steve. Okay. So, so Neil understands. Thank you, Neil. Oh, she's just not. Sure. She's just not as motivated as you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. How oh, this is true, but thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty drunk, so I hope that's true. <laughs> Maybe she is too. You never know. <laughs> hey. Yeah, they don't call her Patty Jenkins. They call her Party Jenkins because she is just <laughs> constantly getting drunk and fucked up. Um, <laughs> James <laughs> Party Jenkins. <laughs> James Gunn recently replied to a fan on Twitter. I love, you know what I love about James Gunn is he does not let bullshit slide, man. He fucking like, if fucking, uh, who got this covered fucking puts out a bullshit story, he's gonna fucking call him out on it. And he fucking, and what I love about James Gunn too is he's a hundred percent truthful. He's a hundred percent truthful in my opinion. I don't at think all he, times. at all times, I don't think he's one of these directors that bullshit people. Like I, I, I do think that James Gunn 
is a hundred percent truthful when it comes to like, uh, uh, you know, uh, when people ask him a question, if he does decide to answer it, he's a hundred percent truthful. He's not like the Russo brothers. I, I like, I want to call the Russo brothers the Russo brothers because they, it's a ruse. <laughs> It's a, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't play those games. He doesn't he play answers those. the question at yeah. all. He he gives you a very blunt, honest answer. I yeah, I too when James Gunn was gone from Twitter for, for that year, he was highly missed by me. He was recently asked, Can you confirm and he was asked about Suicide Squad, his Suicide Squad coming out with you know for DC, can you confirm the film will be one hundred percent you? And no meddling from the studio, to which he replied, I can confirm the Suicide Squad is 100%. Zero interference. No holds barred me. And again, I can't wait for you guys to get a glimpse of it at DC Fandom. Yes, I'm pimping DC Fandom a lot, but that's because (laughs) I know how exciting it's going to be for my film and other stuff too. So... Yeah, yeah, it looks like DC Fandom, which if you're not familiar with this, we, I've talked about it on the show before. I talked about it a few episodes ago. It's going to be a uh, 24 hour immersive virtual fan experience, which is going to bring the DC universe to life. And it features stars, filmmakers and creators who are associated with its films, TV series, games and comics. And, um, some of the names that have been announced. Are Aquaman, the Batman, Batwoman, Black Adam, Black Lightning, DC Superhero Girls, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, DC Stargirl, Doom Patrol, The Flash, Harley Quinn, The Snyder Cut of Justice League, Lucifer, Pennyworth, Shazam, The Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, Teen Titans Go, Titans, Watchmen, Young Justice Outsiders, and Wonder Woman 1984. So DC Fandom, I honestly am more excited for DC Fandom than I am or was excited for San Diego Comic-Con this year. Yeah, of course. I I agree with you. Oh, God. Um, I mean, San Diego Comic-Con online could have been cool, but it, it was basically a shit show. Like, they just didn't have any of the exclusives or footage or stories to really make it actually feel like a legit comic con where I feel like there's going to be so much news coming out of this DC event. Well, the DC event, they've already confirmed that Batman director, Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson are going to be there. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are going to be there. Uh, the flash director, Andy Muschietti and Ezra Miller, who stars as Barry Allen, the flash are going to be there. The rock Dwayne Johnson, Black Adam star is going to be there. James Gunn is going to be there. And James Gunn confirmed that we're going to see footage. Um, Aquaman director James Wan is going to be there. So we're going to get some Aquaman, possibly, possibly Aquaman 2 updates, possibly the trench. Maybe are we going to get like footage from the trench? Have they shot anything? I don't know. Or are we going to get just a producer or is he directing that too? He's producing it. He's producing it. But my, we, we could get concept art. Things like that from the trench. Um, Shazam star Zachary Levi, uh, Zack Snyder will be there. And then they said Val Kilmer, former Batman, is going to be there. So <laughs> what else is he doing? I don't know. Poor guy. Like I read an article today about like his tracheotomy and all that stuff. That's sad. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. That's 
fucking sad. Yeah, he's kind of had a fucked up life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in spite of all the fame and fortune and everything, he's, he's, he's had a hard life. Steve, did you find anything new about DC fandom? Did that ever, that stuff that you talked about, did that ever get resolved? Uh, yeah, no, nothing, uh, confirmed with that. Right. We're talking about. Okay. I read this funny story from comicbook.com and I wanted to share this. The Batman star, Robert Pattinson, admits he tried and failed to lie to his tenant director, Christopher Nolan, when auditioning to be the new Cape Crusader, much like the next Batman, where the 34-year-old Pattinson replaces the 47-year-old Ben Affleck as a less experienced costumed crime fighter. Nolan's latest is shrouded in secrecy. The Dark Knight trilogy filmmaker has clarified that Tenet is not a time travel film, saying instead that his twisty espionage thriller deals with time. This clandestine operation involves Pattinson's enigmatic character who joins an unnamed and just as mysterious protagonist, John David Washington, armed with a time reversal tactic known as inversion to stave off World War III. And then they go on to this quote that Pattinson had with the Irish Times. He said, it's funny because Chris is so secretive about everything to do with his movies. And then I had to be really secretive about Batman stuff. So I had to lie to Chris about having to go for a screen test. I said, (laughs) I said I had a family emergency. And as soon as I said it, it's a family emergency, he said. You're doing the Batman audition, aren't you? (laughs) 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 He knew, he he knew, he knew immediately what he was doing. (laughs) I I think it's hilarious. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) He's just like, he's like Chris, he's Chris from Family, like, what? Did you guys saw uh, oh, uh, Good Time, right? I did. Neil, I watched Good Time. Um, it was one of those things where like I I could watch it. I could have watched it for weeks. It was on Canopy. I think Canopy had it. And I just kept putting it off. And then like it was that week that I had off where I where I took the mm-hmm. show off. I was like, oh my God, Neil talked about Good Time. And it's a Safety Brothers movie, and it's on Netflix now, and I watched it. Neil, that movie is fucking incredible, dude. Right? Yes. Oh, and he is so goddamn good in that movie. He's really good. Oh, my God. He's so he's good. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jake, I highly recommend watching Good Time on Netflix. Have you seen it, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I've actually recommended it a couple of times on my podcast especially when he was announced as Batman, I was like, listen, it just came on Netflix because it's been on Netflix a couple of times. I was like, mm-hmm. like watch it because like, it, it's not like his character is not great, but like, if you need to understand why he can do Bruce Wayne, watch this movie. He's a creeper in this, but like, you know, this is like, this is not twilight bullshit. So well, look uh, at, look at, look know, at, look yeah. at Christian Bale doing American psycho. Well, yeah, but Christian Bale is like, he was, by the time he got to Batman, that was a whole different story. He was already doing, 
Christian Bale, Empire by the Sun, he was like, what, nine, ten years old? He was really so, like, young, he, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing this since the beginning. Like, uh, what's his face that's doing it with Twilight? Like, he's done a lot since then. And for me, like, if you need a reason, just watch Good Time. Like, it's not a great movie. Like, the movies, the, the title is the exact, yeah, the title is the exact opposite of what it is. But shit. That's true. Well, like, they, like they, he, he proves that he can go above and beyond what you expect. And I would love to see him play Bruce. The title comes up in the movie. Somebody says good time in the movie. So it's kind of like that family guy thing where it's like <laughs> the title yeah. of the movie. <laughs> so, um, but like I would say watch good time. And then um, if you want another great Robert Pattinson movie, watch high life. If you have not seen High Life, and I think High Life is streaming somewhere now, maybe Amazon. Yeah, that, that weird Australian movie was really good. I haven't seen High Life, but he was also in the the Z movie with um Charlie, uh, uh, what's his face, um Zed. That yeah, Charlie Hunnam, the Zed movie, Lost City of Z. Yeah, Lost the Lost. I City have of not Zed seen that, Z. but I have heard so many good things about that fucking movie. Yeah, and I talked. The movie's about not that, that great, episode. but he is. I, I talked about the same episode in that same episode, The Rover, uh, which was which which is with Guy Pierce as the star and him as a secondary character, and Scoot McNally. Scoot McNally. <laughs> Scoot McNally. Yeah, I honestly, I think The Rover. I haven't seen that yet, but you're right. I heard that's great as well. The movie itself isn't great. But it's it, it's a, he does a really 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 good job in that movie. You know who's underrated is fucking Guy Pierce. Like mm-hmm. that guy, oh, yeah, Guy is That great. guy instantly Agreed. makes yeah. any fucking movie that much better. Like it doesn't matter what movie he's in, he instantly makes it better. Like I think like if you look LA at L.A. Confidential, L.A. Confidential, uh, fucking here. Hold on, let me throw this out there. He brings a certain sense, and I'm going to say this with a straight fucking face. He brings. Gravitas to bloodshot. Go fuck yourself. He does. Huh. He does. He does. Yeah. No, you're right. He does. He plays that scientist, that fucking, that mastermind, that brilliant genius. I mean, he brings a certain sense of gravitas to that fucking character in bloodshot. He's a good part of the movie. Yeah. No, right. that's a fucking great movie. It's a fun movie. You're out of your goddamn mind. That is a fun fucking movie. It's all right. And it's got a fun twist in it. And it, that movie is way better than it should be. That movie is way better than it should be. I, I will a, say it's not horrible, but yeah, like the way people talk about it, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as people say. Like it is good for what it is. I, I tupper with the fuck out of that movie. I fucking love it, I Steve. I fucking love it. I know. I fuck, I love that movie so much. I like it so much better than your fucking appearance on this fucking episode, you son of a fuck. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, motherfucker. Cause guess what? Cause my, my comedy bullshit is how you are with drama and action bullshit, like Jurassic World and all that shit. Fuck that. That's good. Uh, fuck that. Dude, dude, dude. Jurassic World's not good. Dude. Thank dude. you. Oh, I, it doesn't matter what you say. It really doesn't matter what you say about Jurassic World. I love you, Brian. That, that's all I want to hear. Like, yes, you're right. It's, it's all we matter. It doesn't matter what you say about Jurassic World because at the end of the day, 
I still love that movie so much. I love right. it so much. I love it so much. Uh, you're wrong, but yes, oh, I God. love you. That's why. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Like I, like I, I like if it came down to like me choosing like that movie. Don't you say it. Don't you fucking say it, you asshole. Don't no, 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 no. Through my house right now. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say like if it came down to Jurassic World, are you ever existing as a human being? It's Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like I thought, I thought it was gonna be worse. No, no, it's basically like I'm writing you out of existence so I can enjoy that movie. Oh, is that it? Yes, okay. that's it. Like you don't, like you don't exist as a person. Oh, that's why I love you so much. Like, yeah, like this whole conversation yeah, that we're having right, right now would yeah. not happen because I'm enjoying fucking i'm enjoying bryce dallas howard and you know chris pratt and like all the <sighs> all the shenanigans that's going on on you know <sighs> i'm a nublar right now on Jurassic the only World. Good, no the only good thing about that movie is when that person gets eaten up because they get bit up and they get they go into the water and they get eaten again it's like yeah that makes sense everything else like jesus christ who cares Oh my god! I hope, I hope Colin Trevorrow has a great job with whatever the fuck he has idea for the third one because Star Wars is like fuck you. So you know, give us something good, Colin Trevorrow. But Jesus Christ, the first two, Lost World, Lost World Two, wherever the fuck it was. Oh, have you seen Fallen Kingdom? Yeah, fuck it, Fallen like franchise. You know what I'm saying? But I do know shit. what you're saying, Steve. Oh, I hate that shit. So bad. <laughs> so bad. I'm oh sorry, Brian. You like that shit, but then again, I love the, like, I didn't love, I really enjoyed the Men in Black International. You hated it, so like, there we are. We're just like, we're so, what the fuck? I don't really, dude, we're like, there should be a sitcom where like, we live together. We're like the odd couple, like, oh, like, oh my gosh. Dude, that, that would be good. That would be yeah. a pretty good show, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, we are the polar opposite. I wouldn't perfectly. watch it. How dare you, Neil? You know, fuck you. I like you until right now. <laughs> oh man! Oh, have Whoa, you guys seen? That? Have you seen the Colin Trevorrow movie um, "Safety Not Guaranteed"? Oh, no. Yeah, no. What the fuck? It came out. I saw. I saw this one in the theater. It came out in 2012. I know. I think it's streaming right now somewhere. I think it's. I think it might be on Netflix, but I could be wrong. But it's. Um, it's. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass, and Jake Johnson. And it was based on a, um, it's basically, it's a movie that they, that they based on a real, um, classified ad where a guy, there's a classified ad where a guy said, I have built a time machine and, um, I'm looking for a companion for time travel, safety not guaranteed. And so, like, that was a real story. So, like, this was written, like, this whole movie was written about that one real classified ad. And so... You can rent it on uh, Prime for two ninety nine. There you go. Well, I saw recently that, like, it's going to drop somewhere very soon, like, this month. I think it's going to drop somewhere for nice. free this month. I think it's going to hit Netflix for free this month. I was, you know, like, every month I click on, uh, if you go to, like, Google, do a Google search, like, you know, what's coming to Netflix in August of 2020? What's coming to Hulu in August of 2020? It'll show you a list of movies. I know it's going to be streaming somewhere this month for free. 
one of those services it's going to hit. So, yeah, safety not guaranteed. I saw it in the theater. It's fucking fantastic. Great science fiction movie. Really funny, too. Funny and quirky. So I dig it. Um, oh, did you see that um, Tenant is going to have less than 300 special effects in it? Wow, that is that is crazy. Yeah, this uh this I read this on Dark Horizons. I know we're in DC News, but this kind of like fits because like Pattinson's in Tenet. I thought this was interesting. <laughs> nah, the, fuck it. Christopher Nolan directed Batman movies. Well, Christopher Nolan, he okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking he directed the Batman movies, but those actually had more special effects in them than Tenet. Oh yeah, cool. definitely. If it's just three hundred, those the, movies are nothing but special effects. Just well, by nature. Segue. Well, the, he okay. Christopher Nolan. This is what the article says. Filmmaker Christopher Nolan is known for wanting to shoot practical wherever possible, trying to avoid the use of green screen and CG. As a result, his blockbuster films often boast a visual effects count in the hundreds rather than thousands. So, if we're talking about thousands, if you're looking at Avengers Endgame, that had. 2,700 shots of VFX in the movie. And The Dark Knight had 700. Batman Begins had 620. His movie Inception had around 500. And The Dark Knight Rises had 450. Tenet, which Nolan has dubbed his ambitious, most ambitious movie to date, goes even lower. Editor Jennifer Lame spoke with ICG Magazine recently and revealed that there are less than 300 visual effects shot in the entire movie. Quote, the visual side of this film is huge in scale, but our VFX shot count is probably lower than most romantic comedies. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, I mean, but what, what he does is usually just such a trend setting thing. Like, right. Like how many times have we seen the inception thing done since inception where we're like, Oh, there's the inception effect, you know? Well, the, like just the, the music, the music. Oh. Blah, blah. Yeah. And blah. then <laughs> Steve, are you still here? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 when it comes to Steve, the only sound that I'm hearing this episode is But that is all I have this week, gentlemen. Was that it? That's it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, Steve. I didn't want to interrupt Steve. I was waiting for Steve to get his part in. Oh my god. I've had enough. <laughs> Steve, you are poggers. <laughs> I'm having a great time tonight, guys. Is no one else having a great time? Fucking party. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, uh, good time, guys. Good time. That's a great movie. Good time. Watch good time. time. Watch good time on Netflix and then watch Digstown on Hulu. Oh my. I want, yeah, you fuckers that haven't seen Digstown, watch fucking Digstown. Jesus, it's a fucking good movie. Yeah. Dickstown is not free on Hulu, by the way. You have to have the Cinemax bundle to be able to watch it. Oh, oh fucking A. Are you serious? The Cinemax bundle? Yeah, I looked it up because I was like, eh, I, I wouldn't mind watching that again sometime. It's just filler TV while I was doing something else. And nope, nope, nope. You got to have the Cinemax bundle with your Hulu. I got, I got, I do the, I do the Showtime with my Hulu because I got a deal on it. 
But I don't do the yeah. Cinemax. Cinemax, I don't know. There's just not enough on Cinemax for me. No, Cinemax has no original programming, really, and it's just they do fifteen plus. They years do, ago. but it's not the original programming that I that I care about. There's nothing that I care about uh, in Cinemax for original programming. Only Cinemax, and then you know. I'll just fucking I'll go to Pornhub. Exactly. I don't yeah, fucking I don't care what a manual's doing in fucking 2020. I'll just go to Pornhub. <laughs> You know, I don't give a shit. For sure, so hey, a, man, a manual's on there too. Well, it was a man. Is it? I mean, they're like all the Marvel movies are on Pornhub. Well, versions what? of them. No, like the real movies are pirated on Pornhub. Right, so we all know where Neil found the movies. Yeah, we know. We know how Neil's gonna watch Mulan. He was like three years from now. I finally saw Mulan for, on Pornhub. It was fantastic. <laughs> they have like falling fucking movies on there. It's crazy. Oh, they definitely have full fucking movies on there. <laughs> I've never watched it. I've never watched one. I've never watched one in entirety on there. I I don't last that long. But yeah. uh, Brian, you worry about me. Uh, uh-huh. Oh God, Steve, you're still here. Yeah, yeah. we have to end this episode before <laughs> Steve embarrasses himself more. <laughs> I love you. I, I am gonna. I'm, I love you too, Steve. Oh my yeah. God, Steve, I just I want to. I'm gonna go on Amazon right now and buy you a gravity blanket, and I just wanted hey. to. I wanted to smother your drunk ass and just like cradle you in bed so you can sleep off your fucking little, your drunken, your. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is like, if you miss out on whatever the hell happened in February, this is the aftermath. What I was. Uh huh. What happened in February? I don't know. Like everybody was in like Chicago for that thing. C2 E2. Oh yeah. We all went to C2E2. I wasn't there. So I'm the aftermath. Like, hey. Uh huh. You should have come. I know. Listen, don't don't remind me. I'm pissed off because I was like next year, and then a fucking pandemic oh, happened. Man. I was like, wow, yeah. fuck me. Okay, you missed great. it. It was like it, it was, was like it, a, yeah, the it, last good thing this year. Yeah, uh, don't remind me. I'm so pissed off over that. It was amazing. C two E two was amazing. Uh, I was so close to going to that one. I was like, eh, next year because I I have two weddings I have to go to. This year, but then that's probably postponed. Yeah. Hey, Neil, I wanted to ask you, because we didn't talk about it in Good Pop, Bad Pop, but I know that you watched the Umbrella Academy season two. I am doing an Umbrella Academy season one rewatch. I'm through five episodes, and mm-hmm. I plan on finishing the rest of the first. I've seen the first season before. I just feel like I wasn't ready to watch Umbrella Academy season two right now because I, I, I felt like I – Forgot. You wanted to reprep. Yeah, I wanted to reprep. Now, but you watched Umbrella Academy season two. What did you think? Yeah. I fucking loved it. Uh, I tried to spread it out over a few days. Um, and it was hard to do that because it was so goddamn good that I wanted to just keep, I, I wanted to like get all, I, I just wanted to finish it. Because it was so amazing, but then I also really wanted to enjoy it. So yeah. I was trying to parcel it out over a few days, and right. it, I lasted three days um, to, to to watch all the episodes. It was great, um, and everything you love about the first season yeah. is is there. But it, it takes more of a departure from what I've read about the from the comics. 
so it's more of its own thing than the first season was, uh, which which I I like when uh, a comic based property is is utilized effectively, but then done by the creators of the TV show or movie or whatever uh, in their own version of it, and they did it so goddamn good. Mm. Um, I'm going to rewatch it very soon. Mm. Um, you know, what I mean, I, you know, you know that I'm a huge Robert Sheehan fan yeah. uh, from Misfits, and he's he's incredible in this. Everybody is really, 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 really goddamn good. Yeah. Um, the story is you never know what's going to come next. That's one of the things I really, really like about the show is that even if you've read the comics, you don't actually know what's going to happen next because they are departing from it. And they're just, they're just using the comics as a baseline to expound upon. And it, it, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it is absolutely fucking fantastic. I, I have one question because I'm five episodes into season two. Is there uh, anything past the apocalypse? Cause as of right now, it's very similar to season one with the actual like, like quote unquote deadline or like, like, you know, we have to deal with this bullshit. Like, it's the same, like, it's very similar to season one where it's like, you just have the apocalypse again. So you know, just... you know what, you know what bullshit I've had to deal with? Is... <laughs> Alright, if you want to bring me up, I don't need to hear it, Brian. The Steve Apocalypse. Is there anything, is there anything good with how it ends? Is there anything different? No. No, the whole episode, all, the whole episode. You're ruining this. So, Steve, Steve, the thing that I realized over these two seasons of the Umbrella Academy is the apocalypse is irrelevant at all times. Okay. Uh, it's just the motivating factor for the characters, but it does not actually play into the future of the TV show as a whole. I mean, yes, it, it plays in, it, it, it affects how the characters operate and it affects the plot lines, but there's, I, it feels like there's always going to be an apocalypse that they have to try and avert, and it's how they do it. And how they change as people trying to do it, that's the point. Okay. Rather, Neil, rather like, than you, averting the apocalypse itself. Right. You, you, you read, you read comics, right, Neil? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, that's why, like, that, that makes me feel better because, like, you understand, like, th- this is the, the Umbrella Academy itself is very, like, comic book central. Like, it's, it follows well, yeah. the tropes of it all. So, like, well, if you're saying that, then I, pre- then, like, I-, I look forward to the end of season two then. Oh, yeah. The end is great. I mean, it, the, the twist at the very end is fucking phenomenal. Oh, man. Um, okay. I mean, it, it, the, the first season from, I haven't read, I have never read an Umbrella Academy comic. Um, yeah, I have not either. What I've read is that the first season was very close to the, first run of the comics, whereas the second season takes elements of the second run of, like, the second storyline of the comics and does its own thing with those elements rather than following the comic storyline itself. Mm, okay. I heard and, he, and he's still writing it, too, though, so it's, it's his yeah. adaptation either way, so yeah, that, Gerard, that's cool. Gerard Way is writing a, another another storyline. He, he is super fucking, on board with them the doing fuck? their own thing with the show. What the fuck? How fucking talented is this motherfucker? 
Yeah, right? That's pretty so good. Talented. I fucking hate people yeah. that are that fucking talented. I fucking hate yeah. him. I've, he's like, he's a, my chemical romance, he's fucking uh, successful there. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to dip my fucking toes into comic books and just dominate there, too. Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then you've got yeah, fucking, Netflix. and then, and then you got Christ. Steve on this podcast who's like just fucking <laughs> failing Spoiler it. Steve. Spoiler uh, Steve. Spoiler Steve. Failing at everything. Everything. Just a failure <laughs> at everything. Dropping his Twitter tag there. <laughs> I, see, I, I disagree completely, but thanks, thanks for bringing that back up. It's, it's the Spoiler Steve at you know, at these posts, hashtag so failure at everything. <laughs> the, first time, the first time you did it, no one could hear you because you did it right in the middle of Brian talking. So it was just a complete failure. We don't know. We don't know, Jake. If anything, they didn't hear it. it's at the spoiler, Steve. Give me a follow. Yeah, I'm and sure, you I'm know sure what? Everyone hit their 15 second back button. Honestly, I think like at this at this point, I think Steve has actually lost followers. Well, possibly. He's, he's, yeah, he's making right. this, this grand announcement to gain them, and he's actually losing them, Jake, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, Ryan. You just reminded me, I'm following this fucking junkie. Unfollow. Are you guys? Are you guys no. looking forward to what? What is what, what? What's going on here? They're doing a they're doing a fucking uh, Night Rider film now. Are you kidding me? Uh, is it is it James Wan? Is James Wan doing the Night Rider film? Producing why? it? He'd be perfect for it. That'd be awesome. Did you remember? Do you remember the night the Night Rider uh, revival TV show that was terrible? It was so bad. I love Knight Rider. You can watch the, I think four seasons of Knight Rider are on stars. If you want to watch the original Knight Rider with, uh, David Hasselhoff, they're on stars. I, that, that's where I watch, that's where I watch, I go to stars and they got like all the Jefferson's episodes. They got different, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, they got different strokes. I fucking was going through different strokes and watching different strokes of stars. Oh my God. Benson, everybody. Benson on Roku channel. Starring two Star Trek actors. On what? On what? Benson. On Ben. Oh yeah, they uh the fucking Odo is on that shit. Odo and also Doctor Flox from Enterprise. Oh no shit! I don't remember that. That's cool. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Uh, but, uh um um uh Caroline. I think her name's Caroline McWilliams. Like it was Michael Keaton's uh wife at one time. Mm-hmm. His uh wife, Michael Keaton's, I don't know, wife at one time, I don't know if his first wife or whatever, but she's on that show. She died like 10 years ago. Huh. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Oh, she's really funny. She's really funny in it. Yeah, they were married up until like 1990. I don't know. Like, that's weird because it's like they were married for like, I think like from like 82 to 90 or something. And it's like, that's like right after he got like superstardom from Batman. Like what happened there? What happened there? What happened there? Sort of fucking a bunch of young girls, probably. What? Why are you saying this about Michael Keaton? <laughs> Damn, Neil. Damn, dude. Neil just turned happened, into the right? sun. I didn't even say that. <laughs> Damn. You know, he turned into fucking uh, Slade Wilson's wife in Deathstroke D- Dragons and Knights or some shit. Like, why are you going to Col- you, Michael Keaton. Why are you going to Columbia and fucking these Colombian women? 
Well, she wouldn't do the mission or the uh, the, the cowgirl position, apparently. Oh, so my God. Do the weird splayed out Deathstroke. Dude, that was a weird sexual position. <laughs> that was so weird. Like, dude, he should have been like, wouldn't it be cool if he would have been like, like, I don't know, rocking some doggy style on her? But instead he does like this fucking like, it looked like a fucking like uh, military low crawl or some shit on her. <laughs> <laughs> the next Kama Sutra entry in the milk. The Berlanti. <laughs> the Berlanti. <laughs> oh man. I wanna you know what? I wanna we're we're done. I wanna thank I wanna thank Neil for being on this episode. Thank you for having me. It's, and it's been good talking to you guys again. That's as far as I'll go. Aww. <laughs> I'm in the Steve category. <laughs> 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 Wow. Wow. Uh, Jake, you were here. Yes, I'll take it. I, t- I operated my mute button very well, too. No, Jake, Jake, I want to thank you for joining us every week. And I also want to thank you for, and I want, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I want to thank you for like watching a bunch of shit this week. I, I noticed. I noticed. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You did a a great job. It felt like, Jake, I'm going to tell you this right now. The episodes are always better when you watch the things and you talk about the things because you know what? You know what, you son of a bitch? You have good input, unlike other people that were on the same episode. So thank you. All right, all right. Now I'm liking the gym of this. <laughs> you know, speaking of, speaking of other people on the same episode, I was going to unfollow Steve, but then I saw how few followers he had, and I felt guilty. <laughs> you know, Jay, I was really about to say to you, I just want you to know that all of PopQuest Club says all the, all the episodes are better with you on it, but if you're going to be that way, then... All right, fine. Then we're, we're at a sailmate. Oh, 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 You know, you know, you know, you know what I just saw pop up on mildly vaginas right now. Damn it, that's my face. <laughs> not people following you on Twitter. I saw a picture of Steve pop up on growing and growing. Yeah, I saw a picture of Steve pop up on mildly vagina right now. Wow! And it, it actually it just and under the, the 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 title is full blown out pussy is what it says. That's, that's, that's not true. <laughs> hey, Steve. Steve, where can people listen to more of you, sir? Yes, uh, no, if, if you, if you actually enjoyed what you heard, please check out Scenic Movie Reviews, uh, known as Scenic Cast for the artist, but the, uh, the channel is Scenic Movie Reviews. I also have Tied to the MCU, which has a lot of leftover army members joining us where we, uh, review all the, uh, the Marvel movies from when we, you know, we recap when we saw it. Originally to now, and we are caught up to Endgame is the next one. But yeah, movie reviews. That'll be the next. Uh, next episode will be Tax Collector, Vivarium, and Spotlight. So uh, we'll be talking about that. Not only do we talk about spoiler reviews of new releases, we also talk about like uh, throwbacks as well. So check us out. 
Thank you, Brian. I highly no, I highly recommend everybody subscribe uh, to to seen it uh, movie reviews. Like I, I I enjoy. I'm gonna be on later this month, so um, yeah. definitely subscribe. I was just on. There you go. There you go. Like, uh, no, I love this community. I love reaching out to other podcasts and I love, I love fucking doing this with you people. Steve, you're fucking fantastic. I love, you know what? I love, you lifted up your dress and you grabbed your vagina this week and you stood up to me. You stood up to me, sir. You know what I mean? You that know. means a lot. Thank you so much, Brian. You that did. You did. You fucking, you know what I mean? You, I'm going to stand up to him. I'm going to. You know, it's been shit for too long. But the Brian, Brian, Brian's been Brian's been stepping on me for too long. I've had it. I've had it up to here. I'm gonna Brian's a meanie. <laughs> Fuck him. A meanie. He's a meanie pants. <laughs> no, Steve. Thank you for joining us. Neil, thanks for joining us. Jake, thank you. You did a fucking fantastic job this week, Jake. I'm not gonna let that go unnoticed. Thank you. I, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Steve talked about that movie. They're going to be talking about Spotlight. I'm shining a spotlight on you. <sighs> there was a lot of stuff this week that I really wasn't looking forward to watching that ended up being a lot of really great shit. That's every fucking week, dude. Even the bad shit we can talk shit about. Like, but I'm glad that you, you really, you really, you put in the time this week, sir. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I looked at the description of America's Most Wanted and was like, no. Yeah. It, 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 dude, dude, I, I almost was, did the same thing. I was, I gave it a shot. Yeah. I highly, dude, what's fucked up is I highly recommend that, 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 that remembering that, uh, fucking cleaning. What's it? What did I say? Cleaning up the, cleaning up the, the Ghostbusters, cleaning up the town. Cleaning up the town. Watch that. It is so good. It is. I'm only. You have to check that out. It, it was better than the Josh Gad thing, which I really didn't much didn't care for. Yeah, and then I was like, and then I was looking up um, other documentaries and stuff, and there's another one called Turtle Power, which is like the definitive Ooh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. I'm gonna watch that you next. My attention, sir. Yeah, it's called Turtle yeah. Power, and it's like, uh, I guess this came out in 2014. It's like the definitive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fucking documentary. What's this on? I think it's also on Crackle or Popcorn Flicks. It's on one of those, so I'm going to be watching Damn, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Let me see this set. Turtle Power, everybody. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode. Oh my God, Jake, there is so much coming out next week. So Start much. For real? Yes. Next week is huge. Hold on. Let me. Let me let everybody know. This is just a tease of what's coming out next week. I'm going to be announcing a new contest for PCL so you can win something new from us. Uh, So a new contest that you cannot um, uh, participate in and leave us hanging. I'm excited to win more shit. Uh, there's a, a new show coming out with uh, Ethan Hawke. It actually comes out tomorrow. It's called The Good Lord Bird on Showtime. Yeah. Oh, I've heard about this. Oh, yes. I can't see this. Yes. Uh, Jason Sudeikis stars in a new Apple TV show called Ted Lasso. That comes out mm-hmm. on the 14th. Project Power, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie on Netflix. Um, we Hunt Together on Showtime. Uh, world's toughest race on Amazon. Jake, this is something you're going to want to watch. It's kind of like it, rem- it's a competition show, maybe kind of like along the lines of, uh, um, uh, amazing the amazing race. race. Yeah. 
Uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters comes out on Netflix. Um, so there's a lot coming out next week that, uh, we're going to be covering. So 345 is going to be way better than this episode because, um, of <laughs> that. And Steve will not be here. So I am so <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah, I was going to say it by name. I was just going to say we never have back to back guests. Just in case if you want to hear me, like, just don't worry. I have Tax Collector, Vivarium, and Spotlight in Uh, movie reviews. So go check us out. Scene movie reviews. You'll love us. Oh man, he's still, he's still fucking, he's like a carnival barker, still talking about his fucking podcast, Jake. Still here. Give this guy a follow on Twitter at the spoiler Steve. He he really needs it. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Please do. And and Jake, just so you know, I, I was an, I was a guest on, on multiple back to back episodes for about a three week period. Oh yeah, the dark times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh yeah the, the, we don't talk about that anymore <laughs> that's been yeah, stricken that's, from the record that was not a canon that's mm-hmm. like Star Wars like expanded year that's like drawn shit a, yeah the holiday special <laughs> yeah, yeah since it, it was the holiday special <laughs> I am the holiday special of, of PCL guests yes, <laughs> you are the B. Arthur of PCL <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Take it. Uh, awesome. Guys, just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushed over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it?
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.